This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, like every episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, is brought to you by our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, you can kind of see what we have on offer. Uh, this episode, very special thanks to Steven Reichenbach, who sponsored this episode specifically. Uh, that is one of the uh, awards that we have for people who give us a lot of support. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Steven. Thanks, everybody else. And if you want to join them or if you want to take a look and see what we have on offer, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thanks. Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Bayonetta, which is a character action game developed by Platinum Games and published by Sega and or Nintendo for the Xbox 360, PS3, PC, Wii U, and Switch in 2009. Yes, it didn't come out on all those platforms in 2009, obviously, but uh, the Switch was was later. Yes. Yeah, originally a, uh, a Wii U. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, this is a backer uh, demand. This is a patron chosen game. Uh, so thank you very much to uh, Steven Reichenbach. Yeah. For, thank for you. Choosing this. this is a yeah. game that had been on my radar to cover for a while. I quite enjoy it. I'm happy to have finished it. Um, yeah. So let's see how it goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm way more Luke Cold on it yeah. uh, than you are. Like I uh, this this drained a lot of my goodwill uh, mm-hmm. that it initially gained. Um, but. I think that I learned a little bit about life, learned a little <laughs> bit about love, learned a little bit about myself in kind of analyzing why this stopped working for me as hard as it did when it did and mm-hmm. and the things it did to do so. So yeah. it's uh, there's going to be a lot of in this episode, and this is a warning for you, Cole, as much as it is for people listening, <laughs> like of me, uh, because I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time, you know, reacting to this naturally and then researching and interfacing with people, you know, on Twitter and kind of examining myself and what I don't like about it. So there's going to be a lot of kind of like uh, ass covering of like, I just, you know, there's a, there's a thing that we, we do that we run into Mm -hmm. and we can't win one way or another where we try to say our opinion and we want to make sure that we under it's understood that we're not saying other people have other opinions are wrong. Right. Um, So I'd encourage people who are really big fans of this game, which are a lot of people like this is a really renowned well-loved game mm-hmm. 
take this as uh, similar for me as like the Ikaruga episode where it's like part of this is definitely this. And I like I like this genre, but like part of it is a certain level of hardcoreness of this genre not being for me. Mm-hmm. And just as a kind of a thought experiment, you can hear what it is, what a perspective on this would be like. You know? Yeah. So so I don't, I don't I'm not necessarily try to convince anybody with my problems with this, mm-hmm. uh, which, are, which are myriad. Like there are things I like about it, like a lot of things I like about it. My, my opinion on this game is mixed. Yeah. Lots of things I like. But the things I have problems with, I'm not necessarily trying to convince people. I understand that people have other experiences with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I also, in turn, I'm not looking to be convinced. Like there are, my, my point just being that like I'm not trying to convince anybody. I've read the arguments mm-hmm. to the opposite as well. Yes. You know? Yeah, um, and that's always fraught when we play a game that is as loved as this one is. Uh, I think Ikaruga is actually a pretty good comparison. Um, I wouldn't have naturally made it because uh, maybe something about this game came a little bit more naturally to me. I do have problems with this in like a structural and especially like a pacing kind of way. Yes. Um, yeah. That That is where this really sticks out and gets prickly for me. But like the things that it leads with, and I think a lot of the things that people express such joy over are also the things that I get that, that they, that bring me joy about it. Right. It, that was me for much of my playthrough. Mm-hmm. Like I was, uh, so like this is, this is going all over the notes, but I just also think it's, it's kind of more zoomed out. So it's, it's worth, we're talking about like we can go into these things more detail as we get to them in the notes, but like the things that this game that I think make it so beloved, uh, I think there's two. There's two things that are they're very special about this game that like make this unique thing. And one is the core gameplay. Like you just have to be be there for this flavor of character action. Right. And that's probably the place where it fell down for me the most. Mm-hmm. Like other expressions of character action games, even by the same developer. Or the same, you know, the same people. I like a lot more. Look, even at something um, that is superficially similar to this, like uh, Metal Gear Revengeance. Um, yes. that's a closer comparison than something like God Hand, which is you know from a different perspective and also just kind of has kind of a different pace. I, I, you, you, you at some point said that Revengeance works better for you than this does. Right? Much better. Yeah. Like I like I like Revengeance a lot more than I like this. Yeah. Um. You know, and I and I I like like God Hand tons. You know, the later Devil May Cries I've not played. So that I think – my understanding, that's the closest comparison. Mm -hmm. So it is not a question of like just not liking the genre. It's this kind of expression of the genre, which I understand Mm -hmm. for people of the genre. Like this is a very like apex predator for Mm -hmm. that. So that's one thing. Um, So if if that that kind of the core gameplay of this didn't hold me for as long as it needed to, Mm -hmm. which kind of plays in that structural thing, that pacing thing, you know, fighting the same bosses, same monsters in hour eight that you end up fighting in hour four like got to me, right? Um, you know, not that there's no change. They, like, they, you, they, you, they, you, you fight them from different positions and stuff like that, but it is sometimes. like visu- visually yeah. the same, visually the same thing. And oftentimes a lot of the same moveset. Yeah. Like it's not always exact, exactly the same. Sometimes they're recontextualized bosses. There are a lot of repeated boss fights. Yes. Um, and a lot of repeated boss uh, battles. The other thing is the kind of, uh, and this, this will, I'm going to try not to overuse this word during the session, but like maximalism of the game, mm-hmm. the, the outlandishness of it, which I started out really being down for and eventually became extremely fatigued by. Yeah. So much so that by the end, I couldn't give less of a shit about <laughs> the playing ping pong with a satellite in space. Right. I was like, yes, that's big, you know, but it's at some point, like if there's nothing to compare it to, mm-hmm. if there's no grounding, just having everything be, you know, it'd be, it's like, um, like it loses its zero point. 
Yeah. You know, if, if that makes sense, like it's the way that like if you if uh, uh, you're, you're chasing like a like a high mm-hmm. and you have to keep having more and more and more like there just wasn't more. What's the it. point of getting drunk if you're never sober? Exactly. Perfect. That's how I feel about this game. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it needed to. And it, it has narrative repercussions. There are parts this game, which is way more story heavy than I expected. <laughs> it's it's so be, convoluted. It's very convoluted and wants you to care. Uh-huh. Like, this game does try to touch your heart. You're right. If I believe that my protagonist, like, you know, something bad would happen to my character or the nerd that she owns. <laughs> and the, uh, her nerd. If something was going to happen to that guy. Yeah. It very easily could have been like, oh, this actually is real, or I'm just going to see a cut scene where my character does something impossible to save him. Mm-hmm. Both are equally possible, so there are literally no stakes. Right. There can't be stakes. It's a function of the the character and, and the type of game it wants to tell, and I just got so bored with it. Right. Like, so more bored than I am like, with boring games. <laughs> you know, games that like seem like they're boring. Like, I'm more bored with this than I did driving in L.A. Noir mm. at points. You know, just because it's like, yes, you can keep showing me things, but there's no, again, what's the point of getting drunk if you're never sober? Like, mm-hmm. I haven't been sober for 12 hours. This is all just up and up and up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. So big. Yeah. I, that it, like, I got fatigued from being surprised. Like, if every day was a surprise party, <laughs> you know, is what this game is like. Right, right. Um, so I've got two 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 things to say to it to, to not to address those, but to uh, kind of kind of ping pong off of them. One of which is to say, if you're out there slamming on your steering wheel, saying Bayonetta two fixes this, I know Bayonetta two is very good. <laughs> that, that's my understanding. <laughs> right, right. I don't know that I'm going to go there based on my my how much goodwill this drained. Right, from, uh, but I might enough be uh, other, this. You would not be the first person to tell me that. I guess would would be what I would say to people who are going to at me about it. Right, right. Uh, that, so that was a straw man that I made who was slamming on that steering steering wheel. I'm a couple of chapters into Bayonetta too, and it's very good. Um, ha, uh, the, the 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 second part is I would say that the maximalism is a huge part is a, is a huge part of the aesthetic. I, I would say that the thing people love about this isn't so much that aspect of it, but just how strongly stated the aesthetic is in general with the maximalism being kind of a major, a major chunk of that. Right. I mean, like kinda, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's a really major chunk of it. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can separate those two things. Mm. Like, I don't think that there is, you couldn't have this just aesthetic. So as far as these character designs and world design and such, and the bandit of the character herself, Mm You, you, you could have the, you could have the first the first half of the game, not the back half where you're playing where you're steering a god into the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so much of the game is just that mm-hmm. escalating series of of bigness. Yeah. Like I don't I don't see them as separate things. Okay. Like I don't think that there are people who like one without liking. I mean, I not I'm not saying there aren't people. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it is it is the common experience that people like one and not the other. Yeah. And and I not doing this to pull authority. Or anything, because there are definitely those people. There are exceptions mm-hmm. to everything. But I've spent a lot of time, when this first started falling flat for me, reading about accounts for people who it doesn't fall flat for. Mm-hmm. And generally, the response to that kind of, like, well, what's what's bigger than a god? Let's fight that. Mm-hmm. Perspective is, that's awesome. Right, right. You know, and that's, that's purely awesome. Like, why wouldn't I want to do the biggest, most outlandish thing at any given point? Mm-hmm. You know? If, if the answer should always be yes to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know if the answer is always yes for me. I appreciated uh, a lot of the times when it got outrageous. So I, I, I think for, for, for me, that manifests as liking those two things separately from each other. It's it. it I liked it for a, a while, mm-hmm. you know, for, for enough for what's kind of interesting is comparing this to um, uh, 
I was talking to to Maya in our Slack mm-hmm. about it, and we were we were talking about it, and um, like she's she's not a big fan mm-hmm. of this, and one of the things she she talked about, she made a comparison to Michael Bay, which like Michael Bayonetta, hey, mm-hmm. um, but she she uh, she compared a comparison to Michael Michael Bay, and like I can like a big dumb action thing like mm-hmm. a movie, you know, but it's like two hours. Yeah, you know, this just asks me to be that turned on for twelve hours. Yeah, that keyed up that big, and then also invested. Mm-hmm. You know, like we'll we'll get into the narrative parts of this, but like I have a real problem with that. Um, but there are there are things that I like about it quite a bit. Yeah, as I yeah. mentioned, I've just been, uh, bat you know, batting a proverbial satellite back and forth on Twitter. Yeah, uh, you know, during this ex- this experience, and I'm anticipating doing more of it. Um, yeah. and I just want to make it clear that like it's not. I'm not shitting on anybody. I get what's special and unique about this. Yeah. And and I'm if you're not, it's great. If you're angry about this, if you're angry about this after having listened to this right now, I might discourage you from listening further because that might make your day a little bit worse. Because I mean even even for my for, for, for my stance, which is more in the pro side than the con side that Gary has staked out on, the game made me smile all the way through. I just started smiling less and less frequently. <laughs> as a as you just kind of get numb to it so i yeah, i understand it, where you're coming from right yeah and i'm not also not trying to turn this into like a me versus cole thing or anything we didn't no. talk about this before we started recording i also don't mean to blindside you with like you thought this was going to be a super fun love fest like the last episode and it, it's more complicated than that but i i have very complicated feelings on on this game i think after seven years when when i'm playing a game i can look at the, i can look at this and say oh boy uh gary's not gonna like that <laughs> <laughs> did you get motion sickness during the missile riding uh space carrier section no I had a real cold moment. Every time I had to dodge, I wanted to puke. And oh. I had to dodge constantly because it's, you know, because it's the game it is. Yeah. Kind of like, man, it made me want to puke. So yeah. I, I thought about that, but I, I, I missed, I missed pinged your, your motion sickness. Yeah. So let's get into this point by point. There's going to be a lot more of that and it's not all negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also if you do decide to keep uh, listening, you know, to Cole's point, like um, what the things that are, that you might expect to be negative might surprise you too. Mm-hmm. Cause I was expecting to be a lot more skeeved out than I was. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll get to that as well. So yes. let, let's get into the point. Let's actually like dive into it, but I do want to put that as a disclaimer for you. And then also for people listening, uh, just that it is something I've got well-considered problems that you very well may not share. Yep. Um, so yeah, Round I was one. Looking, and Fight. I also didn't go, didn't go into it thinking that either. Yeah. I went into this like I really wanted to play this. I like Revengeance a lot. Like I like this genre. Uh-huh. I was mad at myself for having not played this and was planning to pick it up now that it's on Switch and as a combo pack. Like uh-huh. I really wanted to like this a lot more than I did. Yeah, like sincerely and truly. Like it is not something I came in with an agenda. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, anyway, um, let's get into it. Round one. Uh, basics here Uh, in this game you play as a witch named Bayonetta and she kind of goes on this warpath through the holy city of Vigrid uh, looking for an artifact from her past yes like a a vaguely uh, like a a false European city like a fake city in Europe (laughs) that gives Uh, way to like this crazy Japanese metropolis (laughs) it's you know and then just gives way to whatever like I don't you know where are we or what are we doing is this all one city (laughs) It's it's not a game with a sense of place or grounding right. at any point, which is actually a problem. It doesn't actually matter that much. I understand why it doesn't matter to some people. Um, it's not a thing that is in the game. So mm-hmm. there's ways that this will resist our usual treatment. Yeah. Um, so this is the game and the character itself are a brainchild of Hideki Kamiya, uh, who is formerly of Capcom and Clover, um, who is known for these games. Yes. Um, and thus the gameplay is uh, you know very similar to Devil May Cry. It is a combo based third person 
character action game in the genre. Very flashy. Yes. Uh, this. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're mixing it up with crowds of enemies, you know, mixing your long range and short range, stuff like that. And kind of as you progress, you get different weapons uh, to use with Bayonetta that she can equip either on her hands or her feet. Yes, and they do they do make a a big difference. Um, the uh, the the thing with this this combat is it's extremely deep. Yeah. So when we say that it's a uh, combo based, like this has the kind of you know frame jab kind of thing that we talk about with fighting games. Yeah, like if you do not understand the idea of like um, oh gosh, like dodge cancels or animation cancels, this game will teach you about that. <laughs> it, no, it won't. It no? won't teach you. It will expect you to know about that. <laughs> it. Will, it will game... expect you to develop that compensatory muscle. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There, there is nothing this game actually <laughs> teaches. You you'll, you'll, is... you will come out the other side with that. Yeah. Yes. It is. It is not a game that tutorializes. No. Um. So uh, the primary gameplay hook, the big gimmick of this is a, this dodge system that incorporates something called witch time. Um. So you can dodge. You have a dodge with iframes, um, which is very common for these type of games. Um. But if you do so at the very last moment uh, before an attack, the game will go into slow mo. Uh, with most attacks, not all. Right. Um, and this is your chance to get in a lot of damage. Uh, yeah. Enemies are practically frozen, and you can uh, – this bypasses uh, the poise of a lot of enemies, which is a big part of this combat system. Um, yeah. Enemies have different tiers. That gives them different kind of stagger thresholds um, with enemies that are bigger than the basic enemies being unstaggerable uh, by most combos. So this is how you're going to get the time to input all of these things without – if you don't want to actually learn about um, – the, the phrase is escaping me, like dodge storing. Like mm -hmm. the, there is a way to use dodges to freeze points of combos. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I never got good at it. Uh, I pulled it off a couple times to do it, but could never really do it in the heat of combat. But it mm -hmm. is an, like a intermediate to advanced technique that is important to this game. Yeah. Um, and this it, is how you, if you want to do the combos without doing that, this is how you do it. Yes. Um, and this is the way that you can turn the tide in a battle um, and activating which time is always satisfying. Uh, yeah. I always feel good when I when I nail this much in the same way, you know, like in Revengeance, when you nail the uh, like the the full heels and that you just feel like a god. Well, it's also um, one of the things that is kind of friendly about this is that when you don't get this, you still usually dodged. Uh -huh. So the penalty for failing this is not damage. Right. The, the, the penalty is a lack of opportunity to do damage, you know, thus not like advancing the fight as much as you might want. Mm -hmm. But uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't actually hurt you to kind of counteract that. There is a uh, hard limit on your your dodges. You cannot spam dodge. Right. Um, after five of them, you go into a kind of super dodge that has a very long, uh, vulnerable recovery animation. Mm -hmm. um, so if you do this five times without triggering uh, which time or interrupting it with attacks with, again, kind of an advanced or intermediate technique. I'm going to say advanced techniques. Mm -hmm. um, I just I don't want to hear from people saying, like, that's actually very basic. The advanced techniques are to ultra climax you know, plat mega platinum, everything like uh, yeah. it's still pretty advanced. But please, um, please understand the level we're coming at. Also, uh, if you're the kind of person who says you didn't play it, at, you didn't play it on hard. So you didn't actually see the game. I'm sorry. I can't help you. Yeah. I just, that's just not going to be, yes. Like it is, you know, similar. There's again, I feel like a lot of similarity to the Garuga where like, if you are masters of the genre, it is a different game. Mm -hmm. However, I refuse to believe that like this game is just not, you know, made for me to enjoy, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm not that. Right. You know, I think that I think that there is something where, you know, a game can have that kind of entry level, yeah. you know, ness to it. Um, and both those both those games are a really similar thing. We'll talk about it a little bit later um, with what they choose to do with difficulty options. Yeah. In this, that is, I think, communicates a, a philosophy that I don't like. Right. Uh, which we'll, I want to talk about later. But the uh, anywho, 
um, you can't just sp- sp- uh, d- spam that dodge, but you do get multiple tries before you're penalized. Mm-hmm. Is my point. like it is something that it feels good when you do, doesn't feel bad when you don't do. Right. You know, it's not like uh, parries in in Dark Souls necessarily, where the penalty is damage. Right. Yeah. Um. And also, like you're doing you you're doing the dodge stores and things like that, and also using your uh rapid fire button, using your you know your projectile attack to keep your combo going while you're closing distance. But the idea is gonna make this ballet across the battlefield always be fighting somebody. Yes. Yeah. And when when it works, like it is, it is very beautiful to behold. Right. Right. You know, there there are stretches of this where it clicked for me, and I was pulling off things that felt very impressive and very good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like this combat system is not something that totally doesn't work for me. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it about half works. Yeah. And when that half that worked was awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, so as you attack enemies without being hit, uh, you build up your magic meter, uh, which powers your torture attacks. Basically when it's full, you get little QT prompts, uh, which uh, cause you to activate your power, summon a, to summon a torture device using your hair um <laughs> to uh we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about the character later so that will make, for people who who don't know this game at all like right that doesn't make any sense but it will right right so you use your hair to summon in this uh you know kind of demonic torture uh, uh implement kind of things and you do a button mash to basically cause as much damage as possible these are often finishers uh but oftentimes you can just do a bunch of damage with them um if they don't clear them out yes um this is uh this is consistently surprising and good throughout the game. Yep. <laughs> like, and they introduced new ones. Yeah. Like surprisingly late as well. <laughs> so I was seeing ones that I hadn't seen in the last level, which was really cool. Um, you know, maybe that they're unique to the enemies and I just hadn't done one on that enemy. Yeah. Um, it does give you a, I like when they're, you know, we, we talked about scoring systems a lot in games. Um, scoring systems are bad. Um, you know, similar to Colorado's like a scoring system is not something that's going to make me care having this magic meter tied to your combo does make me care. Yeah. Um, and it, it, there's this other side to that, which is when you get hit, um, you will lose your magic meter. Yeah. So you're incentivized, not just in, you know, because if you're keeping score and you want that good trophy at the end of each stage, you're also incentivized just from like a play efficiency and player expression mm-hmm. perspective to keep that magic meter up. Yes. Um, uh, and that's very elegant and good. Yeah. And as a, as an element of expression, you can, you know, if you have this magic meter up, you can basically decide, okay, uh, I'm looking at the field of enemies. Which one of these guys do I want to take off the take off the board? Right. Yes. Yep. Um, not all enemies are susceptible to this at all times. Right. Um, again, they have those different classes, as I mentioned before, that ties into their poise. Um, but uh, if you, the more magic you have, I believe, the bigger enemy you can do this to, or the greater amount of health that you can, the threshold that you can start this. Yeah. At. Um, there are a couple of different animal transformations um, that you can become uh, in this. These are things that you, one of which is unlocked through the main play. The other one is part of the upgrade system where you buy things. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are uh, rarely used in puzzles, but for the most part are um, conveniences or conveyances or just kind of adding extra verbs Yes, uh, to these. Yeah. So the, the one you get, you, everyone gets is the Panther transformation. <laughs> and you make Panther dot, you make Cougar dot wave. Uh, when yes, you created yeah. that, it's very you funny. You do the Ratatat song, the uh, <laughs> Wildcat. So. Um, and this lets you uh, uh, run very fast and also clear bigger jumps. Like, this is the this is the one that's in puzzles, right? Yeah, uh, because, it's like the wolf jump from Symphony of the Night. Yes. Um, the one that is most useful in combat, I love, is the bats. Um, mm-hmm. This actually, like, weirdly, it extends your dodge time. So if you just barely dodge but still take damage... If you dodge within that window, 
you'll disperse into a cloud of bats and come together at the end of your dodge and you will not lose as much health. So it's like, oh, you didn't dodge exactly in time, but here's a consolation prize. It, yeah, it mitigates that. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, there is a crow transformation, which I, I got, um, but I mostly used it to bypass jumping puzzles in the end. Yes. Of the game. Um, <laughs> I did not use it in combat. There are a couple of combat abilities you can get for it yeah. um, that seem like they would start off an encounter mm-hmm. would be the idea. Um, this game is mostly arena combat, however. Um, it, it, I don't think there are situations where you see an enemy and then can kind of plan an approach. Right. Um, you know, usually just enemies disappear. And this game loves to do a thing where it has a cutscene and then the enemy starts its attack before the end of the cutscene. Um, <sighs> yeah. Which I, boy, <laughs> like, did I get mad about that? Like, and mm-hmm. again, I, like, I just know people probably love it. It'll but, like, start off boss fights. <laughs> It starts out, you start off most boss fights getting hit, and yeah. that definitely communicates. Like, this game is communicating something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the the crow seemed like it would be useful for that, but I, I still was very grateful I had it because I hated those jumping puzzles at the end of the game. Yeah. So being able to bypass those was very, very useful. Yeah. So all these parts that we mentioned add together into an experience of play that is pretty frantic, at least visually so. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there's a lot of action on the screen. Uh, cause everything is amped up to 11. Like we said, the problem with this and what I think sets up a little bit of like a, like a tension in the game is that it, it's two things that the game is definitely about visual noise and kind of this combo precision. And I think they get in the way of each other. I, I 100% think so. Like that, that's very much like when I was playing this and I was like, there's a, this is the reason that I love God hand more than this. You know, and even Revengeance, which you do some kind of crowd control stuff in Revengeance, but there are more one-on-one encounters yeah. in Revengeance. Um, and I, I never beat Revengeance. Like, I know we'll do it for the show at some point. So I, I stopped playing it because you, I didn't. You probably got closer to beating Revengeance than you think. It is it is a video game for, story. like, three levels, and then it is, like, boss fight, boss fight, done. Okay. Yeah, so it, it's totally possible I did, actually. Yeah. Um, but I, I stopped consciously. But my memory of that and, and the time I spent with it was there were more one-on-one fights. Yeah. Um, this is like the character action genre and like the soul genre has some DNA together, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about like Bloodborne and a little bit Dark Souls three, the primary difference I think is that one-on-oneness versus being in a fairly constrained space with a lot of enemies. Yeah. And there were many times where, uh, I just really couldn't see what was going on, you know, like, like being able to read the attacks, like I've never... You, I control my camera angle. Like, I know I can control my field of vision. I get that. Um, enemies overlap mm-hmm. a lot of the time, and that got in my way yeah. of seeing, you know, the, the kind of just, like, particle effect uh, explosion of, of this stuff, which is very aesthetic. Right. It's very much a part of the aesthetic. Everything has to explode all the time in colors and violence and, and everything. Um it got really in the way of me getting good at reading a lot of these attacks. Yeah. Um, a lot of enemies, even the first time you run into them, are introduced in pairs. Um, specifically, I'm talking about those cat guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I didn't have a chance to, like, learn them because every single time it was, like, starting with, you know, with with uh, both uh, gargoyles. Mm-hmm. You know, like, having to keep both of them on. And it's everything moves about ten times as fast as, you know, Bloodborne does even. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just I that this guy became a major problem with me with the game and probably the main thing that shunts character action games I like into and character action games I don't like very much. Yeah. So so for like 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 for me, things blocking the field of view that never gets better. 
<laughs> like that is that is impossible to read through. I started out feeling very overwhelmed and underwater with it. Eventually, like I felt myself learning how to read it. And the game does make an effort to communicate when something is coming at you. Like things for as fast as they move do tend to have animation kind of telegraphs that they do, um, you know, that you can, that you can look out for, but it never stopped being a problem. Yeah. Well, there, there's an audio cue as well mm -hmm. that I appreciate and would work in lower key things. Right. It just didn't scale for me. Yeah. So like initially when I was fighting, you know, a, a couple basic scrubs, like the uh, I could rely on the audio cues. Mm -hmm. The music is blasting, there my impact hits as well. Mm -hmm. Like just the amount of noise in every sense is what ended up kind of doing it in for me. Mm -hmm. You know, so it ended up even being even late in the game. The the enjoyment of the combat was directly related to how many things I was fighting. Yeah. And if that answer was a thousand I almost was never having fun. Inversely proportional. It. Inversely proportional. Like, and that's a style thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like some people like this, that's great. They want to feel cool because they're dodging a thousand attacks from a thousand different things. Mm -hmm. That hurt the experience a lot for me. Yeah. Um, so uh, that that's probably the biggest issue I have with the combat in this game mm -hmm. is that I just, I really would have, you know, I prefer like having a locked camera and being able to see everything directly. Yeah. You know, um, that's what I like about these games. I want to read, read the enemy and learn their patterns. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm saying I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, you get a currency in this game, which are halos. They look exactly like Sonic rings and that's intentional. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're awarded halos at the end of each level where you are graded because of platinum. Um, you can use these to exchange for items, abilities, uh, new weapons, accessories that change things quite a bit. Yeah. Um, these are expensive. I saw more things that I could buy. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of these, uh, especially probably about 60% through the game, maybe two thirds through the game, I started to really have to lean on consumables. Yeah, same. Uh, because I thought it was really hard. And that's where most of my money went. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of good that you, you scale that. If you have those consumables, they make a big difference. I wish I just started using them earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, but the, the game does penalize you for them. And, and I don't care about score, but I wanted those. <laughs> I wanted to buy the new shiny things, you know? Yeah. So since it's directly tied into your money, um, it starts feeling. I want to do stuff. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's the way they incentivize you by making you feel bad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you also get these special items called arcade bullets that you can use in this angel killer mini game. Um, picture a very clunkily controlling uh, shooting gallery. Um, but you shoot these angels and uh, you get more money for halos. So, yeah, it's what you've been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 17 times. Like, it's what you've been waiting for. I have not been waiting for it. Oh, no. I got to tell you, I, I I can't skip it. Huh? Yeah, you can skip it. You just have to you immediately exchange everything. Oh, OK. Yeah. It, it's confusingly uh, it's labeled as cancel. Huh. So you cancel it. Weird. Um, we talk about the score based thing. So you are encouraged to play these levels over and over and over to raise your rating. Mm -hmm. um, each verse with it, which is within a chapter there, there's chapter and verse. Um, you get a medal. The chapter nets you a trophy. It kind of adds up the average of all your medals. There are incredibly in-depth facts in YouTube's about getting the maximum platinum, the pure platinum rating, mm -hmm. which is the highest rating you can get um, on the ultimate difficulty. Um, so that's that's a thing you can do. That is a, a very high uh, skill ceiling uh, that this game has. Yeah. So generally, I rocked a real bronze trophy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I dealt with bad Joe Pesci, model <laughs> Joe Pesci, a lot. Yeah. Um, what a game. Not, what what a day uh occasionally 
Um, and it was kind of funny. It was just weird because I felt in individual encounters, mm-hmm. um, I did at least in the first half of the game, got a lot of silver and golds, Yeah, you know, which, which those, I'm not opposed to those words. That doesn't make me feel bad, but at the end I would almost always get the bronze, uh, thing. Yeah. So I don't, I wasn't actually playing for points. That's what, that's what it was. I was playing for success and, and to engage with the combat, not to engage with the, you know, getting a higher score necessarily. Like those yeah. things never quite got married in my mind the way that I think they were intended to. I think the people at Adobe could uh, hook up their computers to my Bayonetta game um, and establish mm-hmm. what a perfect gradient between uh, gold and stone looks like uh, yeah. by looking at it because it starts out like, you know, silver, 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 bronze, 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 stone, stone, yep. stone, stone, stone. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. What a day. Yeah. What's uh, what's funny is, so you, one of the medals you get is pure platinum. That was the name of like the nice strip club in Columbus that everybody wanted to go to oh. in high school. So cool. I saw that. I was like, "Ooh, yeah, ew. <laughs> Brody, man." The, um, yeah, that's probably uh, you know this. This is, uh, and we're going to get to it here in a little bit. But the, the creators of this game definitely have boners, um, and that could have been related. No, this so. this was in like 2005, huh? so who, they were still making God Hand. Ah, uh, young boner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my boner child. Hey, Gary, don't say don't say young boner. Uh, the boner is young, not the person who owns it. Oh, uh, okay. So. <laughs> It's, it's it's a nascent. How about pupil boner? Mm, okay, is that better? Yeah, just barely. I, I don't You're just getting by, Butterfield. <laughs> yeah, I think it's worse. Let's <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about the, these challenge levels, these difficulties, yeah. which is something that I wanted to I wanted to bring up earlier. As well. Yeah, yeah. So you have normal and easy mode available at the start. I never tried easy mode. I know I know you did. Normal's fine. Again, if you're not pleased that somebody only played on normal is talking about this. I'm sorry. Uh, tell me about easy. Um, so I, I played up through chapter 14. So I only switched to easy for chapter 15 and 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I wanted the game to be done very much. Yep. Um, and I, the game had done enough repeated encounters that I knew that I wasn't going to be shown new things other than the bosses. Um, so I did the, the, you know, the, the, the big boss fight that everyone loves. Yeah. I did that in normal mm-hmm. um, just before anybody asked me. Um, but the, uh, the issue I have with this is that, um, on easy, um, they, they give you a item that makes you invincible mm-hmm. uh, or makes you, or I'm sorry, makes you attack automatically. You just press a button and do it. Is that easy the, or very easy? That's regular easy. Oh, wow. Um, I never went to very easy. I, I shudder to think what very easy is and easy. I instantly went from getting stone medals to platinuming everything. Oh, Jesus. There's no gradient between those two things. And the fact that they give you like the baby item that lets you play automatically for going below normal really communicates something to me that I don't like. It's like the that uh, feels very disdainful. Like the dog collar you get in Ninja Gaiden or something. Yes. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Or or the chicken hat. You know, it, it feels like a very intentional fuck you hmm. kind of thing. And it meant that the game went from you know more challenging than I felt like uh, dealing with. Um, you know, because I mean, the level that leads up to that, that boss fight that everyone loves too, is like, I hate that level so much. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I was just like, again, just ready to be done. So it was quicker, which I liked, but just the fact that I went from the bottom of scoring pretty much mm-hmm. there when the game was hard to the absolute top with one difficulty thing yeah. just makes me think that to them, it's like, it's, you're not playing the game at all. Yeah. If you're doing that, like, that's not real. There's no, there's no space for you between, I just want to see the the story and the the Harrogolm's crotch mm-hmm. 
and I want to be really, really good, really good at this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it communicated something disdainful to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't read interviews. I have nothing to back that up. It's just what it felt like. I mean, it would it would be in line with the genre. <laughs> I think. Yes. The, the the emphasis that it plays on, you know, on on difficulty, especially. Um, yes. it's, you know, that, that is frustrating that there's daylight there. Right. That there could be something that there could be sl- some something slotted in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just it really felt like if you were going to make a gradient, uh, that would be the thing. The other thing I want to mention about difficulty is that you can only you can change it between chapters, which I like. Mm-hmm. These chapters are wildly and this kind of speaks to the pacing thing are wildly different in lengths. Um, so much so that like there is a weird random boss rush you kind of do, you know, about three fourths the way through the game. Mm hmm. Uh, that I really wanted to be able to just, there's one encounter that I found extremely hard. And I was just like, if I wasn't playing for the show, I'd quit. Like I'm died a bunch of times. I hate this mm-hmm. after that. It got easier. Like it was an uneven difficulty thing. And I just, I really would love to put out like a call, like, man, make your difficulty adjustable anytime. Yeah. If you're going to do it. Like the, the, the example I came up with on Twitter, like, can you imagine how much like kind of like stronger as an experience final fantasy tactics would be if you could turn the difficulty down just for the Weegroff fight? You know, like it'd be mm-hmm. better if there was no Weegraph fight that that articulated the way it does. But if you could just like flip it down so you didn't have to cheat and break the game and like run around yelling at yourself, <laughs> do this, you know, outlandish thing to win. Right. You know, or or go into a certain build. If you could just like turn a little knob, mm-hmm. you know, and then you just get past it and turn it back up and you're back to the regular game. Yeah. You know, it just it's I don't see the disadvantage to doing it. And I, I think it would be a great advantage. Yeah. So I mean, like, if, if, if there are leaderboards, a score is a factor, you know, disqualify that score. Uh, sure. chances are the person who's doing that, uh, is like us and does not, uh, does not care about the score. They just want to see what is beyond this, uh, yeah, just, and, and engage get... with it fairly if it, if it will engage with us fairly. And I did get past it, uh-huh. you know, so I, I did do the thing that they want me to do. Like the, the counterpoint to that, the philosophical perspective that you might have is like, no, the game designers are designing experience. You have to get past that, mm-hmm. um, on their terms. And like, I'm very sympathetic to that generally, uh, I think that you can take it too far, though. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that the the again, you know, I've, I've stood on the soapbox before. Like, it's not a question of you either uh, get the easy mode or you experience the game the way the developers want. Usually, mm-hmm. it's you experience the game the developers want, or you just go quit and play another game. Yep. You know, it is very easy just to go and do any number of these things that uh, yeah. are demanding my attention. You know, as, so as 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 the player, every yeah, every single player's final bargaining chip is getting up from the table and walking away. Yes. And I win. Like, I get that, you know, like, I mean, I guess they win because they already have my money. But like the, 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 uh, you know, I just in, in an artistic sense, in a principle sense, (laughs) I have a lot of power because I can just stop playing your game if you're going to try to strong army. Yeah. You know, and, and this just this just felt felt like that. So one, I, they really need to be something between easy and normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't even know what very easy would be. Um, and then two, uh, I wish they would let me change it whenever I want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they get harder than that. Um, Harder and harder in ways you might predict, except uh, until you get to, like, a nonstop climax, which takes away witch time, mm-hmm. um, which is just absolutely, you know, out there for me to think about, <laughs> like, what this game would be like without that. And I'm just, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely not I, my thing. I, I cannot put myself in the head, uh, in the headspace where I look at witch time and say, ugh, man, that that makes things That's too easy. easy. Like, every, yeah. like, like, making that thing fire was difficult, and also it felt good every time. I don't want to get rid of that. Yeah, I just don't, uh, you know, the 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 challenge, you know, mm-hmm. the the conflation of like challenge and uh, or not conflation, but the relationship between challenge and and fun, mm-hmm. you know, just like my my conception of that does not go that far. Bonfireside.chat. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just crazy to think about. This made me think about like Dark Souls a lot. Uh-huh. You know, and that that point, like it, many many things about this game made me think about Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even just down to that particle thing. Like when when I was, you know, like oh, like it is the big beast fights that are full of particle effects are harder to fight in Bloodborne because mm-hmm. they're harder to read. This game, every level is made of beast hair. Like beast hair is everything. <laughs> you are made whole, of beast hair. I am made of beast hair. <laughs> like, we, we are all made your, of beast hair. You bring your beast hair with you. So every fight has that same Bloodborne thing of just like your your vision being obscured at all points, mm-hmm. you know? It's just there. there's a lot of that kind of shared uh, thing that to me is a flaw, like something that, or not, you know, if flaw is a word that people don't like hearing about it, is something that works doesn't work for me. Right. So, um Let's talk about uh, – well, so I, you have a note here about the challenge things. Did you did you do a lot of these? I did like two of them, and I was like, oh, yeah. I get it. <laughs> Same thing with me. I, I thought the rewards would scale up. Yeah. Um, they're heart containers and magic containers. Yeah. So you don't get a lot for these. These are um, – there are these places called Alfheim. Uh, you can go to these challenge levels, and these are uh, little challenge modes. You go into, uh, into a zone, and they say, like, uh, enemies can only be hurt by um, – Wicked Weaves, yeah. which are generally your combo finishers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these enemies can only be hurt during bullet time or which time, etc. So they give you restrictions on these and just give you an arena to fight. These can only work during bullet witch time. So you have to go get your Xbox 360, fire yeah. up the flop game bullet witch, and then yeah. you can damage these enemies. <laughs> yeah, it has to be running in the same room. Right. Well, no. <laughs> um. Also, you need to have your connect on and point it at the other Xbox. <laughs> Like your connect is playing it. Yeah. You just, you just, t- just take that weird wand, like that, the connect, like, you know, vibrating wand thing and just place it next to the, uh, the controller. We know. We know. Yeah. We... yeah. Um, um, like all of these. So that, that that's the optional thing. There's also an optional boss fight against Rodan. Oh, well. I didn't know. Yeah. 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 R- R- Rodan is like, he is a fallen angel who is more powerful than the, than the end boss. Like in the in the story of the of the lore, you buy the platinum ticket, okay, and then you're able to fight him. It's like a like a super super challenge boss. I did not do that. Yeah, um, which I, like, you I, know, I knew oh, of it. I didn't do it, but I knew of it. Yeah, that that was not what I was looking for. No, so I I, I did not do that, but I I did not know about that. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. back to uh the other thing. So we've addressed the uh, we've addressed the play. The other thing people really kind of uh remember about this and remark on is it's very strong aesthetic statement um you can read strong either as like qualitatively like hey big thumbs up or strong in terms of like uh like just literal strength like it is here this is a game that leans on its aesthetic as hard or harder than any other game i've played like a hundred percent of the time yes like there's there's not and this is something that you know I think it is laudable and neat. Like yeah. there's not other than just, again, that over the topness, like it is everything in this game is to a point, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it is 100% of a piece and, and feels like it has a unified direction to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a very strong sense. Yeah. And for me, like 80% of the time I am 100% on board, I guess. Like I am, I'm, I'm along for the ride on a lot of this because you know, at its best, you know, it comes across as this really kind of joyful expression. Um, mm-hmm. This is like a, like, you know, camp is a word that is thrown around for this. And I think that is appropriate. Um, it's, you know, it's a very campy game, but like it, it is obviously made as an expression of, you know, something positive in a weird way. Yeah. 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 It It is celebratory. Yeah. In a lot of ways. You are supposed to like Bayonetta. Um, you are, you are supposed to, and I do. Yes. You know, so I, I, that sounded like I was going to say it like, 
you know, you, yeah. you were supposed to do that, but I didn't, yeah. but no, like I do, like, I, I think this is a winning character. Um, you are the, the direction and the actual choreography of the cutscene stuff that happens is meant to, uh, charm or, and impress, yes. uh, and dazzle, you know? So when I say that the, the maximalism got to me, it wasn't this aspect of it so much. I still feel like these are married. Like I'll stand by that, yep. but it was more like what was happening. Yeah. That was losing me, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of that, like the actual, you know, every single time when I was torture attacks hired, every single time I did the, uh, the climax thing and got a, uh, a, a new hair monster. Mm-hmm. I was into that. Yeah. You know, I think, I think those are really fun and cool. Um, and, and liked those a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and the game commits and commits hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's I guess what I'm separating out, I guess, is like the aesthetic versus the the actual narrative yeah. of it, you know, which, again, you spend a surprising amount of time on. Like, we'll, we'll get to that as well. Um, I was expecting that to be much less important than it was. So the things that actually happened, I was less into the kind of way that articulated I was more into. Yeah, like the, the, the expression was was fantastic, even if what the expression worked toward ended up falling flat. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the character. Let's get into let's get into Bayonetta. We should um, because it, it, she is a, the problematic fave, according to like because I, I, <laughs> everything I did a lot of piece. Research. Yeah, yes, I, I I did a lot of like looking into this because I didn't want to step on toes, right? Like, uh-huh. yeah, Bayonetta, you know, two straight white dudes or sis don't have, you know, we're not going to add tons of this conversation. <laughs> no, I'm I'm, uh, I'm happy that she said that because otherwise I, I I would have. It's like neither of us are here to render the final judgment on Bayonetta. I can only. I can only relate what I know and a little bit of like how, how I personally felt. Yeah. Like I have a perception of it. Like I, I definitely felt a way. I just want to make sure that it's clear to people who are listening. Like we're not authorities on this. No. Um, I've also, I feel like, I mean, I haven't done, I haven't read and watched everything. I put a lot of work into finding people smarter than me who have looked at this and studied it. You know, and there'll be some links in the show notes. Like I spent a lot of time doing that. So I was very conscious of like, just like, hey, this is a queer icon. I don't want to step on any toes for this. And this is something that like, and when I say queer icon, it's also not universal. Mm -hmm. Tons of people actually do have a real serious problem with this. Like it is, it is a controversial Mm -hmm. icon in the, in the true sense of the word. Um, And we can add to that conversation a little bit, but we're not here to overwrite it or to be the authority on it at all yeah. and when we say controversial we don't just mean hey this is an, a good product that is otherwise like marred for some people by the representation of sexuality here that when we say controversial well, what i mean is like i have heard equally strong embraces and rejections of yes. of, of, of her from from every single corner Whenever, yes. whenever it comes up from different perspectives, it, you know, she is, she is polarizing probably more so, you know, than, than most other characters that we've encountered or talked about. Right. I, I will, I would go as far as to say any character yeah. that we've talked about, you know, maybe not in all of video game dumb, but mm-hmm. any character we've talked about, this is the most controversial in terms of that. And this is not just uh, controversial as if, you know, some stuffy old white guy is a professor and saying, you know, oh, this is objectifies women. Like this no. is, you know. Uh, queer people and people from, you know, women, queer people, people from uh, the the groups in question mm-hmm. who have this, who are divided, yes. who are not a monolithic block on this and tends to be very polarizing. Like, not only are they not monolithic, it's very rare that people who have a stake in this game are looking at Bayonetta and going, eh, 
Right. You know, like I, I can see it either way. <laughs> you know, for the most part, people have a very strong opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I spent a lot of the last couple of days reading those opinions. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. Uh-huh. It's really interesting. I could see the arguments for both. Like, there, I don't think there's a right answer here. No. Uh, which makes it pretty fascinating. You know, like people, when we did that God hand thing and people were like, oh, I can't believe those SJW cucks spent, you know, 45 minutes talking about the spanking scene. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, like, you mean four? <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if that, you know, like 90 seconds on that spanking, you know, but that's, that's what they said. Right. That's what right. the, we're, we're accusing us of. Like. This is much more gray area than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I'm mostly basing that on people who are smarter than I am, like reading about it. Yeah. You know, it, and, and writing about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, a I, lot of things for, for, in the water with it. Yeah. For, and for me personally, like I want to approach this with humility. Yeah, absolutely. Like, again, like I had a take, you know, mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a feeling, I had feelings that I had while playing it, mm-hmm. you know, like just because I am a straight white cis dude doesn't mean that I can't react to right. things that are like sexually provocative, you know, or things that are trying to provoke me. Right. Uh, I get a reaction, and part of the show is that I get to talk about my reaction. I just want to make sure that it's not the be all end all. Yeah. So we should talk about the character and get to get to some of the brass tacks about this. So yes. um the process of designing Bayonetta took about a year. Um she was designed by uh, a designer who worked at Platinum, uh Mari Shimazaki, uh, and she worked mm-hmm. kind of hand in hand with Hideki Kamiya. And they kind of sweated over every single detail with the idea being to take kind of this traditional representation of a witch, you know, the, uh, the, the, the pointy hat, the long robes, uh, so, you know, the certain ways they cast spells and stuff like that and kind of crank them up to be hypersexual and kind of hyperviolent. And, and that sexuality came from, comes from folklore. Yes. You know, witches have sex with the devil. That is part of, in some folklore legends. Yep. So that kind of sexual aspect, that seduction aspect was what was there. And that's mm-hmm. what they decided to element, yeah. uh, elevate. When we talk about the, the waters being gray on whether this is exploitive or empowering, one of the data points there is that, you know, one of the designers was a woman. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's important. That doesn't change the direction. Nope. You know, which we'll talk about. Um, we, you know, the camera. Yeah. <laughs> which we, we will get to, but the actual designer was a woman, which is an important kind of data point in the discussion. Yes. On the other side of that, though, you have Hideki Kamiya going out and saying, yeah, I pretty much designed my dream woman. Ah. There, there's literally no chance that's not like the the main the best talk about this um, that I saw, which was it's from uh, Gamer X. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like Gita Jackson and uh, Maddie Myers and Catherine Cross and another gentleman whose name I can't remember. But mm-hmm. they did uh, essentially just about the controversy. Yep you know, about this thing, did a, a talk that will be in the show notes as well recommended. And they, you know, appreciate that part of it because it's honest, but there is no doubt that this is dude's fetish. Yeah. Like there, there's literally, there's no gray area that this was not, and he's been really upfront about it. Like mm-hmm. I made the thing that turns me on every element of this turns me on and gives me a boner mm-hmm. Um, where it got complicated and, and has been kind of co-opted by, by some of these people is that like, he went so far into it that this actually the the presumed audience for this, which is like the straight whale, might straight whale. Hi, <laughs> I'm the straight whale. <laughs> Hello, I'm a sperm whale. I'm not a not an over whale. Um, but the uh, the uh, the the straight male white audience that is, this is presumed for, not necessarily white, but straight male right. audience that this is presumed for. It goes so far that it is off putting. Yeah, to them often, like, and the idea of being aroused by this blows my mind like i can, I cannot 
think think of this as sexy in any way, shape, or form. I I I recognize. So it's it's kind of strange. I never noticed. I never I never noticed dancing or fashion at all. Like it's just not really a thing that I appreciate unless it you know is is, is right up there. You know, in in in, in front. You know, it, has, it takes a special effort. The way that I internalized the, like the sexuality or the sexiness of this came down to like really appreciating those aspects of the way she moved, of the way everything kind of like worked with the music, of the way her costume kind of like accentuated the action. And then also, again, on this, again, intellectually understanding sexuality, like, oh, it looks like she's having fun and sex should be fun and funny. <laughs> like, yes. that, like that, 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 that is the level at which I engage with that part of it. Even more than just like looks like you don't have to uh intuit anything no like it's you know the the final like she makes orgasm noises when she does the climax attack yeah like it is it is super liminal there's no subtext (laughs) join the navy join the navy like there 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 is literally no subtext here Mm -hmm. it is all ultra text no you know so it's those signifiers it's how fun it is but it just tells you as well Mm -hmm. yeah you know yeah, so I I also cannot see having my dick move from this. We are two, I think, kind of notoriously prudish voices in this. Um, so that take take all of that with a grain of salt. So so that's true. I want to you know, but the one of the things that was a recurring element in kind of the like the bayonetta studies that I, I've been reading is that like it is that is a fairly universal thing. Like hmm. straight dudes are not finding this as sexy as intended. Right. You know, uh, across the board and my understanding, and I'm not speaking speaking for anybody. These are just things that I have read and sources mm-hmm. and stuff. And many of these will be in the show notes is that part of the the appeal for people who are not straight dudes mm-hmm. of this is more identification based as opposed to like a lore based. Yeah. You know, like this is a strong character who has absolute control over her sexuality, controls when people touch her, control when, you know, the terms mm-hmm. of, of her sexuality. And that is the appeal. It's yeah. not necessarily, which is so weird because so much of the camera and so much of the actual <laughs> direction of the game is uh, attempting to unbirth right. the camera. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, I, I call it gusset cam because, like, <laughs> the camera is absolutely in love with Bayonetta's taint. Like, it is pretty much always, it, like, jammed up there. It, it's amazing the amount of vagina content in this game <laughs> yeah. as far as just – because I'm so used to TNA uh-huh. as, like, a signifier and stuff. But this is all crotch, and it happens uh, at, a, at a steady clip where she will just turn towards the camera – like spread her legs and thrust and then something will happen. Like it is so <laughs> vagina based. And, like, and I, I love it. It's so fun. It's, like, it's very like, like, it's very funny. And it, it, the outlandishness of it works like where uh-huh. it is just kind of like, wow, you don't see this every fucking day, man. Like, <laughs> you know, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of my, one of my favorite jokes in all of Aquid, I'll just say it because nobody's going to go read Aquid. Uh, one of the characters starts designing baseball cards for all of the other characters. And one of the key stats for the guy characters is, are they an ass man or a breast man? That's a running joke mm-hmm. from the, from, from, from the comic. Uh, but when they get to Lyle, um, they, <laughs> they say like ass man 1972 to 1979, breast man 79 to 2004, uh, whole man 2004 to present. <laughs> <laughs> whole man whole man yep and this is a game for whole man (laughs) yep it is yes it is i mean if it wasn't you know a a 10 foot tall hair golem right like there's there's an element of like unrealness and exaggerated monsterism that i Uh think also interferes with this as far as finding it allure Mm -hmm. you know so it's the kind of thing where i during it i thought um when i realized how hard this was and it's like i didn't go in this blind like i knew this was part of the game but when i went into it and realized how hard uh it was trying to tug my dick and how much it tugged the director the creator's dick Mm -hmm. uh 
the thought I had was, I bet you I could find a, a Bayonetta cosplayer incredibly hot. Yep. You know, but it, but actual the actual Bayonetta, not not remotely. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of uh, you know strictly allure. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so the, the, that dichotomy should be re-expressed. You know, in the midst of all the whole man talk or whatever, the you know. <laughs> there is a tension between how empowering this comes across versus the intention of getting out there, the, 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 the apparent and, you know, somewhat stated intention of just kind of putting that camera right up in there and seeing them gully works. Yes. So, you know, and, and intention only kind of matters. It's interesting. You know, it's, it's worth considering. Um, it doesn't, it's not the be all end all. I'm not trying to, un, when we say that, we're not undoing anyone who has claimed this. No, God you know, no. I think we made that clear I, at the top. I, I wanna, just want to make so, that super clear. I want to celebrate people who have claimed it. <laughs> you yeah, know, if, like, like that's... If, if this is empowering to you, that's great. Mm-hmm. If you're skeeved out by it, also great. And I understand both, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like where I landed with it was that it's, I, it's a game I don't like that much. Like that is <laughs> what I feel like I can bring to it more than I yeah. can bring what this character means sociologically yeah you know so that that's when i say that it might surprise you i think that there probably were people because of their reputation that we have as prudes which mm-hmm. is semi-earned like i don't like sex and games generally mm-hmm. um is that that was going to be the biggest sticking point for this nah, and no. i was surprised where like the sticking point was too many vehicle sections and repeated boss fights like <laughs> you know i was more interested in it as a game than i was as and part of that was just being beaten into submission like the first time she looks at the camera like winks with her eyes and there is an implied wink with, with her, with her crotch, like, ding ding th- th- where'd the other ding come from like, you know the first time that happens but i just got wore down by it like where it does even that which like is something that you know i appreciated like got less special as it never stopped happening right right you know yeah so yeah so um you came away from this saying oh this is a game i don't like very much i came away from this particular aspect thinking huh that's fun yeah pretty, pretty much in that exact voice yeah, it's it's and it comes down. It's more than just the the sex thing. The, these signifiers, these these feminine signifiers. Like one of the data points in that argument um, is you know whether this is a strong character. And one of the arguments for uh, this mm-hmm. being a good representation is that Bayonetta, while being violent and uh, torturous, you know, and she, she's a, essentially like a dominatrix. Yeah, um, is that she is explicitly feminine? Like a lot of times, the argument I saw again and again that is very good. Uh, or at least very compelling and well-constructed. Again, I don't mm-hmm. have necessarily a point on it, is that um, unlike most traditional strong female characters, most of the time they're considered strong because they lack feminine signifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they become, you know, stripped of that. Like, if you yeah. look at Laura Croft, especially in the new ones, like, she just, you know, all of that things that are like, you know, lipstick, things that are traditionally feminine are all stripped away. Yeah. And that is what makes her a strong character. Bayonetta is only those things. Yeah. Down Bayonetta to the point where has, she bleeds rose petals. Absolutely. Yeah. Bleeds rose petals. You kill the, you know, one of the final bosses you kill by shooting lipstick mm-hmm. at it. You know, it is all those signifiers. So yeah. Bayonetta has many things. She is extremely feminine mm-hmm. at she, any given point. Extre- extremely feminine and almost, pre- you know, not almost. She is super, extremely feminine, supernaturally in control. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that is that is the crux of that side of the argument. And then the other side of the argument is she's constantly sticking her crotch in the camera. Yeah, the, 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 the other side of the argument is male gaze. Order. Yeah. Yes. The male gaze is is incredibly on display here, you know. And and there's there's litigation to be to be done between like if she's in on the joke, if that's something that like is okay because of who she is. Like there's arguments. Yeah. They had. Um. There's more to the aesthetic than just Bayonetta. Or I guess I guess also just real quick, like I came away from this character this game really liking the character. Oh yeah. 
like I, th- I think that she's uh, you know she has this very sophisticated like kind of posh British a- British accent, mm-hmm. and she is uh, like witty is not really the the right word, but she <laughs> is so kind of snarkily in control. Mm-hmm. of things in a way that feels very confident that like I kind of came away really liking the character and wanting her in a game with a comprehensible plot. Yes. Like uh, I wanted to care about her stakes and origin and that never, this game doesn't do that. Yep. And again, um, the person slammed their steering wheel saying Bayonetta two. I, we know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, you, you, again, you're not the first person to, to tell me. That. And if they, if they wanted me to play Bayonetta two, they wouldn't have done that missile segment. <laughs> um, he <laughs> starts with one of those. Yeah, you you fucked it up. Like I'm telling you, fucked it up. You wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have had it last ten thousand years. You blew it. Um, and then yeah, also, and you wouldn't have been unapologetic about it. Yeah, and just and just loving it so much. Like you wouldn't have done these vehicle segments if you wanted me to. You wouldn't have had uh, so many QTEs that were instant fails that are just switch gameplay modes with no warning. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted me to play Bayonetta two, so you fucked it. But <laughs> the the actual like seeing her like I w- I want to play her in Smash. Yeah. You know, like, I like the character. I might watch the fucking anime <laughs> that there is. Like, I like the character. I just don't like the game very much. Yeah, like, it's, 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 a, it's saying a lot, man. I know. Like, that's it's, why it's, I it's laughed on, like I did. Yeah. No, it's all it's all on YouTube. And it, it like, just a fictionalized, a fictionalized version of this uh-huh. might be good. Yeah. You know, it, it, it'll depend on if it, if it takes, like, the platonic ideal of the story or if it bases itself on the, uh, the nerd nuggets you can find. Mm. throughout this which somehow managed to be like some of the most boring codex injury stuff that i've ever read yeah it, it, it quickly turns into wallpaper it's incredible like yeah. how can how can the game go that far into the in, into bland yeah you know like, just like oh man okay this is this is this city and this this section of the angel stuff like and i love nerd nuggets man yeah so we've talked this whole month we've been talking about nerd nuggets <laughs> so um, yeah the nerd nuggets here fall fall flat mostly because even though they are written from a viewpoint they are not written with a voice yes they're like tyson nerd nuggets as opposed like you know you you come home with mcnuggets and then your neighbor has like some some heated up tyson as, you as know a, boneless animal strips yeah, as opposed to the the good ones eight bucks yeah 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 exactly yeah um uh, so like, like you, were, you were leading into uh bayonetta herself the, the is visual- not the Okay. grander visual design yeah like the uh it's not just you know bayonetta which we, we talked about there's also a uh a design to the locations which falls a little bit flat for me but the monsters which i think are all really cool oh the monsters are uh, great <laughs> you're mostly fighting angels uh but they are angels who uh two things like one they're angels based in the tradition i'm always going to be here for traditional <sighs> like angels as described in the bible i love it so much do you just like, hey guess what guess what's coming down from up above a gigantic unholy ring or oh, super holy <laughs> ring okay yes. yeah. yeah with like faces where you don't expect that are all like uh operational uh-huh. you know, functional faces yeah. you know like this thing has functional faces for knees yeah um you know just very surreal looking things and one of the things that's really interesting is that you beat them down you kind of rip off this exterior and they become demonic mm-hmm. and grotesque yeah um you know which is which ties into the theme and is also cool to see yeah uh, and yeah. there's a wide variety of them and they all look pretty cool this extends to the bosses as well um the bosses are all pretty interesting there are a couple real duds like that fucking <laughs> spear i think that thing's stupid but there's a couple of them that are pretty cool looking yeah so yeah it's just great that you know it, it shows the angels as being demonic underneath this veneer under the paneling or the trim that just says like haha i'm heavily aren't i well actually no it's uh yeah. it is it, it is a very good and strong statement um not about like anything in particular, but again, just an aesthetic statement more than anything. Yeah. Um, I also love the music in this game. It's really mm-hmm. good. It's like almost entirely this, this upbeat pop leaning heavily on like piano and kind of choirs. 
things like that whenever it's not trying to be moody uh but you know when you are in your frenzy and it's playing the uh the really fast piano pop i am all there specifically um they keep using this motif of this cover of fly me to the moon mm -hmm. uh, which is the, the like the arc music yeah. in it to use a tv tropes song and that cover is really winning yeah um i don't is this my edit or your edit this is your edit okay so it's definitely the song at the beginning of the episode oh yeah because that, that is the most iconic you know piece of music in this mm -hmm. by far um yeah it's good um this game was a huge success so not only is it you know we talked a little bit about its success kind of like with the fans but it was also extremely popular and sold really well mm -hmm. um, this was the best-selling game when platinum came out but still didn't quite meet expectations so a success in terms of just kind of grand number not necessarily what they wanted right and also in terms of like the kind of greater impact they made outside of just the game itself like this yeah. quickly became like a you know like a new mascot right yeah yeah this is a hugely popular character yeah. Um, and it got a sequel. Uh, they were going to make the sequel uh, there with um, with the, the original company and lost funding yeah. uh, partway through. That's when Nintendo uh, Sega said, hey, we are going to have a bad year. Um, we have to cut some projects. So they ended up with the game being half done. Mm -hmm. um, they moved over to Nintendo. Nintendo bought it. Uh, and it's actually kind of an interesting story because, one, the fans freaked out because they don't like system exclu exclusivity right. um, for Bayonetta 2. Two, um, they were like, oh, Nintendo's going to censor the hell out of it. Nope. Nintendo did the exact opposite. Yeah, they sent them a version. So the, the Nintendo versions have uh, costumes for Bayonetta that... Um, this blew my mind. Yeah, so they sent over, I, like, we don't want anything rejected. Uh, let me let's yeah. send over a link. And it was very conservative. They said, no, like, make this more, more revealing. Show, show some tit because it needs to be in character for Bayonetta. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> people at Nintendo were bigger fans of the character than they were of like of their, nintendo right like the, then they were like the party line you know uh -huh. um not that nintendo hasn't gotten less you know that's that's definitely like a, a nes thing mm -hmm. era more thing, you know thing more than anything yeah but the uh i was just very surprised they're like no take our take princess beach mm -hmm. the character that we want kids to buy amiibos of and give us somebody <laughs> like sexually dressed up as princess peach licking a gun yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like okay yeah. uh incredibly surprised <laughs> so yeah um, that, that, that is very funny. And they also had that, uh, that, that expectation when she moved over to, uh, smash, but she was only like lightly censored in that. Like there's, yeah. there's no, no moaning. And I think that there's like less, they're like, just, they removed the sexual aspect of the torture stuff. Yeah. There's still torture stuff, but you just, nobody orgasms from it. <laughs> right. See, um, it's, it's all dry runs. <laughs> the, um, the, I was, uh, those, those costumes, did you mess around with the Nintendo costumes very much? Not very much. No. I did a, a little bit. They changed the way things play a lot. Oh, um, I was really surprised. Like they have very different modes of play. Hmm. Um, so it feels like there's, you know, one of the watchwords for this and one of the, the things that got litigated in my head of me, like my self-examination of why I didn't like this very much is a real classic, like watch out for fireballs trope, which is that depth versus breath yeah. uh, thing, you know, and for people who are like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play the same levels of elite beat agents over and over and over and over. Uh, to get master scores like this has so much depth and so much content for people like that. And those yeah. costumes were an impressive part of that, mm -hmm. you know, like four or three different modes of play. Like the two princesses play very similar to each other, yeah. um, but like three different extra modes of play that are pretty different. Yeah. So, can you can you explain like one of them, how it gets different? Um, I played uh, as uh, uh, so it changes all the signifiers for one, which isn't part of the how it plays different, but it's kind of fun. Like you collect mm -hmm. coins. Yeah. And stuff, but Link, um, as Link, like you have a sword and shield, hmm. and you can you can do a parry. You can press towards the enemy right before it attacks to actually parry. 
Oh, nice. Um, with it, and then the uh, the Samus suit, which I spent a very small amount of time. But the Samus suit, um, you actually uh, have a lot more ranged options. Hmm. Because um, shooting is an option in this game, but you, it's a combo maintainer more than a damage doer. Right. Uh, in this, and it is much more of a uh, an offensive thing as Samus. Nice. Um, Princess Peach plays pretty similarly, other than that, instead of hair, you summon Bowser from a dimension. <laughs> so it's gigantic Bowser fists and such. Nice. Which is fun to see. Yeah. Um, so you also can't talk about this game without talking about the fact that it kind of became this benchmark game for people who obsess over performance. Mm-hmm. Um, for for far longer than you would expect, this kind of became um, the thing that you would compare a bunch of stuff to in order to see, like, is this like a well-tuned, you know, non-choppy kind of, kind of, kind of uh, experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, specifically, you know, with these different ports. So the 360 version of the original kind of ports on the console is considered the best one. The PS3 version was done by the in-house uh, team at Sega mm-hmm. and is apparently very shitty. Yes. Uh, real choppy. The colors are very muted. Um, it is not as good. Right. The uh, Right now, the Switch and Wii U versions are the best ones on console. Um, they have lower resolutions, but... Um, they run you know, very they solidly. Great. Yeah. Yep. I played on Switch. Mm-hmm. Ran great. Yeah. I played on Switch, both uh, portable and docked. Uh, we're fantastic in both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> one thing about the uh, about the Nintendo versions, who are those touch controls for, Gary? They're for, um, they have to be for the same people for whom very easy mode is made. Like you put it on easy and then you just touch the enemy to watch it die because yeah. you just want to be along for the ride. Yeah. If, if you you're know? listening and that is the way that you experience this or that it, it feels like that was made for you, please write in, even if it is past the... Uh, past the uh, deadline for this episode, uh, for this month's listener response. I'm just curious. I'm but, also curious if there's a way to in- integrate it into the high-level play, which <laughs> I'd be incredibly surprised by, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe yeah. that is actually a, you do some kind of crab claw grip and you can do, you know, extra frame cancels and, and dodge stores and stuff. Yeah. So. Who knows? Who knows? Um, and then the PC version of it is highly regarded because you can actually just really go crazy and pump up the visual mm-hmm. visuals on it. Yeah. Um. That and all these games from that generation especially should be brought over to PC so they don't just go away. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Agreed. So let's uh, let's actually get into it. Let's do it. Um, and similar to Doom and Call of Juarez, like there's something to the individual encounters in this, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not going to hit them all because a lot of times, um, especially you know, this happens as the game moves on. But a level will be a corridor, and then every once in a while, walls just come up and you fight. Yeah. yeah. So if you think we're gonna, we're not going to talk about the mix-ups in every single one of those, we're going to hit kind of broader strokes as we generally do. Yeah. But I want to put a, a disclaimer out there, similar to the Doom episode, where like. Yes, there's design involved in those. Yes, those mix-ups are intentional. There's just a lot to remember uh, with them, and that is maybe a little bit more zoomed out. Like, you need, you know, uh, like, crotch fireside chat or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's not a redhead. Come on. 
I guess I was gonna say bonbon fireside chat, and then I, then immediately I was like, "That's sexist." And then immediately I was like, "No, no, no!" Like liking bonbons is an extremely like man out of thing, and she loves candy. You're, and I just, you're I got, two in your I went head. Too circles. Yeah, I, I couldn't. So you're you're wrapped around the axle. Joke. And what I settled on to not be sexist is sit crotch. So <laughs> sit crotch, can, bro. You can <laughs> sit crotch. This is another episode of sick. That should be the name of that show. Sick crotch, bro. Um, it is. Uh, so that's where just letting you know that the, the trying to be a good ally and feminist and talking about this game is extremely difficult. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, I'm trying though. I'm trying. Folks. Uh, Lord knows I'm trying. Uh, oh man. Uh, so this opens up with a, uh, short little text introduction in a universe of light and dark where perception is reality kind of setting up the setting as we cut to Bayonetta, uh, and someone who we learn later is named Jean, uh, are mm-hmm. kind of standing on top of this plummeting clock tower, fighting off angels as exposition happens. So it's we don't cut to them doing it; we do it. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is a interactive cutscene where you are not uh, you don't know thing one right. necessarily. It's not hard. I'm no. not saying like oh you know they do it, but it is kind of communicate. So one of the the issues I have with this game is the the lack of tutorializing, mm-hmm. um, especially for any concept above the very basics. And this kind of plays into that um, philosophy, right? you know, I think where it's just kind of like, well, just let them play. Yeah. You know, not that I wanted to necessarily just watch a slow text crawl without anything uh, to do, but you just kind of are, are playing this fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fighting and, off these, these angels. Yeah. Fighting off angels on this plummeting clock tower. Like it definitely starts, it starts a tone, right? Starts yes. with a tone. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, as again, there's the history of the conflict, the Umbra Witches and Lumen Sages. There's only one Umbra Witch left. Yeah. Uh, then we switch to these kind of motion graphics segments, which are the use film reels, yeah. um, which is something that like he's uh, been doing since Beautiful Joe. Like this is this is a, a trope yeah. of, uh, of this developer. Um, as Bayonetta watches a group of these pointy hatted sages, uh, pointy hatted sages cut their own throats. Yes. Um, this is a kind of a flashback. We're going to get a lot, you know, because we are playing as a uh, amnesiac character, uh, kind yes. of those glimpses of her past form a good deal of the, uh, you know, the movement of the story. Um, yes. the, the, so the motion graphic section, uh, sections like the film strips sections, and then also the sections where they don't have, so it's in engine and the characters just do like key pose to key pose yeah. where, where they're not like spending a lot of money on, um, uh, uh, yeah, like li- li- like lip sync and stuff like that. I really like that economy. I think that is a good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, uh, you know, it was it was good. It was good. <laughs> I, you know, it it didn't impress me. Like I didn't yeah. it didn't bother me. But I was also just like, I I don't like the story in this game. I don't mm. I I can't I don't like the dialogue other than Bayonetta being sassy. Yeah. Every time Jean showed up and it got serious, um, I didn't like it. Yeah. And I, I don't actually like the mythology of this game very much. Mm. I don't think it's very interesting. Yeah. So I was bored during a lot of those scenes because the those the motion graphic parts tend to correspond with the heavy scenes. Mm-hmm. The fun scenes tend to be an Full, animated cutscene. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I just I like I like the uh the, 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 the choice to say like, yeah, we don't need everything to move here. Maybe that's just the animation project director inside me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so be. Maybe. I don't I, I don't know. Uh but this gets us to the prologue. Uh, which is the vestibule. This is where we get kind of the small amount of uh, uh, kind of tutorialization that we're going to get. Like you cut to this mm-hmm. red void and it says like, press, press X to attack. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. And they, they kind of, one of the things I actually like a lot in the game is that loading screens have a tutorial. Yeah. They have a big list of combos you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty slick. Yeah. I, th- I think that's really clever. Um, 
so this this oh, this opening scene man um <laughs> So we're getting these credits. Uh, there is a the, this guy is a Joe Pesci. Yes, like it is very Joe Pesci, uh, <laughs> pissing on on the director's grave, on Hideki's grave, mm-hmm. uh, on his name here. Um, and he is kind of uh, he's at this this graveyard. He, there's clearly a funeral going on. He's kind of like nagging this woman in white who yeah. is dressed as a sexy nun. <laughs> you know, a little clue as her identity. <laughs> Wait a minute, they're, they're a, non-sexy nuns. A very skin, well, like a skin tight nun, (laughs) you know, the, the sexy, the unsexy nuns are the nuns on the run Mm. and several members of sister act. (laughs) So not all, not all nuns are sexy. I like the idea. I think I'd want naked pictures of Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) I I like the idea of the sister act is not necessarily a movie. It is an ongoing production that just wanders from town to town (laughs) that you could be a member of. Hey, I'm not meaning to give you the sister act here, but (laughs) You know, it's just like the place was a real sister act. Let's get out of here. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's he, you know he's bugging her, and you know he's grousing like, oh, we're giving the last rites to old Humpty Dumpty. They're burying somebody named Eggman. It is never explained who he is. It's, it's a Doctor Robotnik, I think. Okay, like that's the reference. Like I think that they are literally burying Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> so like in the you lore. Know, oh, he fell into the Mean Bee Machine. <laughs> it's just a casket full of bricks. I warned him when he bought that. <laughs> this thing will be your grave. You should have bought the genial bean machine. <laughs> Gene bean machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, he's 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 you know being confident mobster. Hey, it's 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 my birthday. The kids are making me a birthday cake tonight. Cute little fuckers, I tell you. <laughs> uh, talking, you know, uh, and then uh, Bayonetta as the nun is praying, and it calls down these affinity angels. Yeah. Um, which, and he's like, oh Christ, they're here. And not again, you know, I don't like this. He doesn't like it. She jumps up through a portal <clears throat> doing this kind of fake out thing. Like you think that she's there to welcome them, but she starts fighting them. The music kicks in and it, the, the tone is again set. Yes. It starts up that, uh, starts up the, the song, the, uh, fly me to the moon cover that they do. And yep. you are just kind of beating, beating asses. Uh, these affinity angels are kind of just your basic monsters. They come in a couple of different, couple of different weapons. Um, they're mostly person size. I love the ones who are running around with gigantic tubules, like they're members of Roots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. The, uh, those guys are, those are really good. These are like, these basic enemies are real good. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't happen yet. We still have the, the we're still in cutscene mode, but this, these are the guys we're going to tutorialize with. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. So um, Pesci notably here, and this is something that is very poorly explained because it has to do with the cosmology. Pesci, he can't see what's happening. And, yes, know, everything he, is just kind of falling down around him. They try to hint at it by him, him saying he smells them. Yeah. You know, but like that doesn't imply that you can't see them. Um, one almost hits his dick. There's a callback to this at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't say I like the, this, this character very much. And I also <laughs> thought he was going to be part of the game and he's yeah. not. No. Um, he disappears chapter two and that's it. Uh, but um, he's, uh, you know, then another big demon dude appears. This is Rodan, uh, who is a big black dude, big bald black dude. Yep. Uh, and he and, he owns a bar called the Gates of Hell, and he also uh, goes to hell, beats demons to death, and then turns them into guns for Bayonetta. Yes, guns and other weapons. Yeah, uh, for Bayonetta, um, he's going to be your merchant. As we go through, we find out later. Yeah. Um, as you are flying up and fighting these things, your clothes get cut off as you do three orgasms, as all of your erogenous <laughs> zones are stripped. <laughs> all three of uh, them. All three. All three of the main erogenous zones, <laughs> uh, not the number one erogenous zone the brain um and the <laughs> kids and uh you do your your transformation into the the bayonetta costume yes um, um so bayo is fighting but you know roden is throwing ridiculous quantity quantities of guns at her 
um, as she then uh, uses an iron fence post, a baseball hit two of the angels out of the park. Yeah, the 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 fact that this is a cartoon is set up from from point one. It's Looney Tunes you know, AF. It is yeah, very Looney Tunes. You do a you do a suplex of all of them in a row, like you're the guy pushing shopping carts together. Yeah, yeah, That's like a, it's, it's like Bart's uh, <laughs> Bart's megaphones. Yes, you know, and you, you suplex all of them at once. Um, you know, again, just you know, again, real over the top action. And at this point, like I'm real into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think this is real fun. Um, as long as there's you know, music, I'll keep dancing. Where'd that spotlight come from? Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, you keep getting thrown guns. Mm-hmm. You know, and she keeps guns, guns, and it keeps <laughs> it goes, happens faster and faster. Real fun scene. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when you get your tutorial. Uh, against the actual the regular angels which we mentioned um have the kind of basic attacks they're fairly slow they have three speeds mm-hmm. of them that's i think worth noting as as kind of a game design thing for you know so these are not hollows no uh you know these are not the first enemies in that kind of like these already have three different attack speeds um and they're the most basic enemy in the game right so uh, they're doing a lot you know and one of those is the delayed attack mm-hmm. so they're introducing those kinds of advanced uh kind of systems quicker than you would in a Souls game, like that, that very clearly signals that this is character action. This is gonna be quicker, yeah, faster. Um, also, the little flying orb angels, uh, which generally are there to teach you uh, about long range, just shooting, attacking, which again, like falls out of use and is mostly useful, I think, for keeping combos up. Yeah, specifically these flying orb angels, they never present a challenge, but they're often like bridges between two enemies. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, one of these things picks up Enzo and drops him onto his car, ruining it. He's very sad. Very yeah. bad day for Enzo. Yeah, it's the car from Tommy Boy. Yeah. But this ultimately gives way to another uh, kind of exposition dump as, you know, Bayo and Enzo are driving into the city. Um, You know, 20 years ago, Bayonetta woke up in this casket at about the bottom of a lake. You know, she knows that she's a witch. Uh, Why do I have these powers? Okay, witch powers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And kind of part of her deal is she has to she has to kill angels every day or she gets dragged down to hell because of this this uh, this kind of uh, pact that she made um as this is you know his car is falling apart she finds a, a tracker uh on enzo and they're doing banter yeah during this part uh a plane kind of comes out of nowhere uh about to crash them and nearly kills them more angels show up that you fight along with uh john yep you fight um this is uh when i talk about this game not doing good tutorializing this is a, you know one of the early examples what it wants you to do, um, this is teaching you about your magic meter. Mm-hmm. That's the point of this half of the tutorial. Um, you have to do a certain number of torture attacks before the plane crashes. Right. Um, one, those events are unconnected. That has bad adventure <laughs> game logic where, like, I, you know, doing a torture attack is not going to make a plane not crash. Mm-hmm. You know, it is arbitrary. Uh, but two, it tells you, you know, that you can do torture attacks and that it fills up your magic gauge. Getting hit loses your magic gauge. The specifics of that within that are much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Like your magic gauge does not go to zero when you get hit. Um, something this game does a lot is it gives you a button prompt when you have to do something special. So it'll tell you to press uh, two buttons at once. It's the A and, and X buttons um, to do a torture attack. But they only flash when you are facing. Right. So they can flash really quick and you don't know exactly like I had a frustration. I died on this at like the first time I did it and I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I don't know what I did wrong. I just crashed into a building. You know, there's a there's a clock counting down Mm -hmm. to tell you when that's going to happen. But I didn't realize the connection between the two events. It's uh, it's poorly communicated. And this is the end of tutorials. Like we get one more tutorial for a time stopping uh, thing that disappears 
partway through the game anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's it for the game telling you how to do things. There, There's a codex. You can read about this stuff mm-hmm. if you want to. But there's something to this genre. And one of the ways this reminds me a lot of Bullet Hells is that every time I've kind of been like, man, this doesn't really tell you how to play it. <clears throat> somebody on, on uh, one of the things I read made a point about Platinum Games I think is really interesting is that almost all Platinum Games almost just act as sequels to each other, but with different characters. Like there is an implied familiarity as these this studio builds games that build off of themselves. Mm-hmm. So I just think there's a lot of assumed knowledge. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I don't like that as a design perspective or philosophy. I think that you can still have that kind of high skill ceiling while still ramping things up for new players. That certainly lines up. You know, it seems like there is definitely a meta <laughs> for like mm-hmm. to, to, to phrase it in a weird way. Like, oh, like we we, we just play we play this one now. <laughs> yeah and we're going to move on to the next one when it comes out et cetera, et cetera. it's like if you, if you have not been been walking that path it's very hard to jump in halfway through and and again like I, I i don't feel like it's wrong for me to want to dip in and be like like a lot of things in this genre feel like they're discouraging me from being from liking them even though i do mm-hmm. and want to you know i want to be able to jump in every once in a while and really dig a, a revengeance or a god hand yeah you know, without this kind of uh, like hostility, you know, it, it goes with that difficulty option. Like if I kept dying in there and I was like, oh, I'm going to turn this on to easy. And then immediately you can't actually lose. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a hostility there between the developer that I think is really, really condescending and shitty. Yeah. You know, I don't like. So I won't bring that up over and over and over again. But this is one place where it even even when they're doing a tutorial, I don't think they do it well enough. Yeah. And they stop doing it. So after the, these advanced things like that you're going to be doing later are buried in like submenu after submenu. Like if you want to learn how to store your your combos mm-hmm. in in dodges and stuff, like it's there, but they don't they don't give it to you, and nothing about actually playing teaches that part to you either. Yeah, you know, so very frustrating to me. Agreed. Um, so you're doing this thing to do your magic meter and torture attacks. We already talked about what those are. Um, you you don't hit the building. <laughs> if you're not me, uh, Bayo saves Enzo by kind of warping back and you have this flashback um, to this, uh, again, these kind of these halls, uh, obviously the same place where we saw the monks slit their own throats. Um, and she recognizes uh, Jean. Yes. Um, the whole time I kept thinking Jean is evil Bayonetta. More or less. <laughs> I, for, um, for some reason, I, I thought her name was Celeste, which oh. that's not anywhere close to anything. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Her name isn't Celeste. Nope. Um, I mean, it's a real grandpa it move. As, it's just straight up John too. Yeah. Like they don't do. They don't. They don't put any French spin on yeah. it. So he just sounds like everyone's talking about John. Yeah. They don't give any English. Where's John at? Yeah. Oh, that blonde woman. Okay. Hi, John. Yeah. The the, the two most strong characters in fiction: John Wick and John Wick Two. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. But yeah, you go back to Rodin's. Uh, and, you know, he starts giving more exposition about kind of the cosmology. Uh, this cribs from Dante. You have Paradiso, Purgatorio, Inferno. Um, and kind of Purgatorio is the realm between everything where you're doing all this fighting, right? So yes. that's, that's why Enzo and kind of anybody else who is human and not which can't see you is because you're just kind of adjacent to them in a space, spatial sense, which gets yes. confusing because both of those worlds look the same. <laughs> Even though like Enzo can as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, again, I don't, when I talk about not liking the cosmology of this, I don't mm-hmm. think this is that interesting. Yeah. Um, as a setup and that we spend a lot of time on it and it becomes a part of a lot of this game. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Rodan gives you, uh, some proper guns. You leave to go do your thing. Um, you get your first angel attack. Yeah. Uh, game. The yeah. one thing I like about angel attack, um, which I generally like was not super into, but I like how getting more bullets for it is 
a meaningful collectible. Yeah. You can find levels like this falls down a little bit as the levels become less about exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably about two thirds away through the game, but early on when you're still in city spaces, like smashing pots and stuff, this may give me a good reason to do so. Yeah. So I liked that. Yeah. So this takes, takes us to uh, chapter one, the angels metropolis. So Enzo is kind of this informant. He is not a demon, but he is demon adjacent. He's been looking around and he found some whale in Europe, the, the white whale, or, or mm-hmm. sorry, the straight whale. Or, yeah, sorry, sorry, uh, the sperm whale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a rich guy in Europe is trying to fence this gem called the right eye. Uh, the, circum- the circumstances are suspicious. It seems like what Bayonetta is looking for. Again, this piece of her past. So they need to get to this uh, fictional city, the city of Vigrid. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you do that. You arrive there on a train. Um, and as you are walking around, you hear a strange voice, um, speaking to you, speaking to you as a daughter. Yeah. There. Hello, Bayonetta. I'm Ziggy Stardust. I mean, your dad. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, this is a, this is a weird game where it, it, it does feel like, um, when I first started getting the, the parenthood uh-huh. tropes in this, I was like, you know, everyone, we, we have all this confluence of, of, and there's a huge backlash against like sad dad games. Uh-huh. Uh, is this a sad mom game? And then it turns out just to be a bunch of weird nonsense. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's just it's just garbage. Like, <laughs> and there's there's stuff there. Like there is, you know, people do talk about it with thematic depth, and it's mm-hmm. you know, oh, this is about Bayonetta becoming a woman and stuff like that. Like, I just I feel like that's bringing a lot of yourself to this. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the text very much, or that the, the text is a, a cogent story. Yeah. Um. So I was hoping for a sad mom game. It's it's. I don't think that it is. <laughs> it, um, it, it it is a sad the kid game. Yeah, 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 a sad uh, little girl game. Yeah. Um, so you walk around. This this is kind of the early pacing where there are these kind of walking around city parts. You're mm-hmm. walking around the city. Um, it's populated by these ghosts, which are real people mm-hmm. um, who can't see you. Yeah. So you're in your world. They're in the other world. And what's kind of interesting is if you shoot, they can hear things. <laughs> so you can alarm them, but they can't actually interact with you. No, no. They're yeah. just kind of these swimmy, watery areas. Um, yeah. Uh, this introduces some doors that you have to attack. Um, and this quickly turns into uh, not so much puzzles, but just tasks you have to do, like almost like timing challenges. Yeah, uh, which... I to figure out how to describe these things. Like, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I was trying to think of like at first I was like, it's weird that they stopped doing puzzles in this game, mm-hmm. and I was like, they're not they're not really puzzles. Like, no, it's just this weird. They're like elaborate locks. Yeah, you know elaborate I mean? locks is a good is a good way to say it. So like the you know there are these doors that are made up of these magical cubes. Some of them you attack and you can just walk right through. Some of them reform too quickly, so you have to find a way to freeze time, basically to enter into this extended witch time to get through. To do that, you have to defeat enemies so you can reassemble these witch statues. They're always paired with a lumen sage statue. Um, this starts like a little like you 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 carry a charge, a charge and a countdown. And then you have to dodge the lightning that, that that will strike you at the last moment to enter slow-mo so you can't either cross a bridge or go through a door, etc. Most of the time, it just becomes like, how do I close this distance on the time limit so I can activate this? And they're, they're really easy. Yeah. You know, when we talk, we talk about it, it's not really a puzzle. Like, they tend to be very easy, and the timing on this lightning is the easiest dodge timing in the world. <laughs> right. They give you – they give you a, it doesn't function as a tutorial or anything like that because it is a way more generous – wind up mm-hmm. and steady wind up than anything else in the game yeah yeah um, it gives you a 10 second countdown and then it also shows you like a uh converging circle yeah to, to get the exact timing yeah yep, yep yep yeah so as you uh you continue to walk forward um at a certain point as you're walking along these flowers begin to grow 
Um, this heralds the arrival of uh, the Applaud Angels. Um, so these are the guys with horns. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned we, these are the bigger guys with horns. Yes. Um, That'll shoot beams out of them at you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, horn um, beams. You can pick most if you do a uh, – we didn't really talk about these, the Wicked Weave attacks because they're – I call them combo finishers. Mm-hmm. There's something to work towards. Yeah. Um, they do – they have a couple of special properties, um, one of which is that they'll make enemies drop their weapon. Yeah. Um, which then you can pick up. There's kind of a wide variety of weapons you can pick up, um, most of which – and they have limited health bars. Yeah. So it's very much like a beat-em-up. It's like picking up a pipe in Final Fight. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're strong, but uh, you can only use them for a limited time. They have limited durability. Open up new, open up uh, new kind of uh, movements as well, new attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for like, you grab the pole arm, which of course it's a pole. You're going to do a pole dance around it and do like spin kicks and clear an area. I tended not to grab these because I liked, you know, power aside, I liked the general uh, like motion, the move set that I had. I. Th- I was similar, except I'd always grab um, horns and bows because I use them to clear out like a, a guy or two out of the fight okay. and then would, would join the fight. So like if you were fighting a mob, having the, the bow and arrow and being able to one shot a couple guys and just like thin it out was really useful. Yeah. Um, then we get a, 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 bo- a mini boss fight here. There's this big baby angel. <laughs> shows up. It's a uh, it's it's a flashback, which is kind of. Oh, fun. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like you, you walk through to this uh, over this the, this overlook, um, and then it goes back. You, you're in a different costume. You're with other witches, and you're trying to take down this kind of large angelic dragon, whose body is an upside down face, and the dragon's heads are actually like two arms. This stuff gets very hard to describe, so <laughs> I'm sorry if that's confusing. It kind of is, even when you look at it. Luckily, we're going to get conservatively 12 attempts. <laughs> you fight this thing so many fucking times. Yeah. Um, so shortly after that, uh, you know, as, as we mentioned, you do that thing. Um, once you get through here, you return to the, the gates of hell. Um, you found a, an LP there. You collect records mm-hmm. in this. And these are the things you give to Rodan in order to get new weapons. Yeah. Uh, the first one is a set of shotguns or the Onyx Roses. Yeah. Uh, this gives you a little bit more punch. On your combo yep. finishers, I equipped them on my feet mm-hmm. until I got the claws to put on my feet. Yeah, we did. We did not uh, mention that you have guns in your high heels because, yep. again, really, really succinct <laughs> expression of what Bayonetta is. Yes, <laughs> you know, as this mix of, of feminine iconography and violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, you try to cross the bridge of the worthy, and an angel statue attacks. You know, and you fight him while you're standing standing on this bridge segment that it's swinging around. Something the game does that is pretty impressive is kind of having you move and act on moving geometry like this. Like, it is a trick that it opens up with, it uses frequently, uh, and Mm -hmm. it is often used to good effect like this. Yeah, yeah. Reviews at the time made a bunch of comparisons to Mario Galaxy, Mm -hmm. which is a little bit outlandish because it's such a different game. Yeah. But you do, this is what they're talking about Yeah. uh, here. And this is really neat. As a thing. Yeah. Especially yeah. like there's a fight later where the guy's holding you up on a platform and uh, like knocking away pieces of it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, and then that kind of stuff, it kind of plays into when it when it intersects with boss fights, it loses me a little bit because what it's doing is switching between modes of play very quickly. Yeah. In a way that uh, sometimes the penalty for being in that new mode of play is is death if you fail the the QTE or what it wants you to do. Um, you just kind of have to pick up through, through not necessarily reading, you just kind of have to intuit what the next thing is to do. 
So I, I like this always when it is a set piece thing. I like it less when it is integrated into boss fights. Yeah. Um, so, and I can intuit it most times, but not every time. It's one of those things where like, even if I can intuit it four out of five times, that fifth time, it like pissed me off pretty good. Yeah. Cause I just, I was like, oh, you just switched to a, oh, like a building was coming at me. Like, and it, <laughs> that, that flexible reality means I don't know if I'm going to, uh, I don't know what button press I'm going to need to press. I don't know the, the timing on the, the QTE it gives you because it's yeah. not a QTE. Like you just have to tap it. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's a timed tap. Sometimes it just hit the button within the, the time. Sometimes if you hit the wrong button, you fail. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. You know, it is, it is not consistent. And then, and the next yeah. thing that will be asked of you will not necessarily follow. Usually won't. It feels like, you know, and that is uh, something that is, is frustrating to me. Um, so anywho, uh, you have these things, the angel attacks, uh, you fight him, as we mentioned, uh, the second stage of the fight, second stage of the fight uh, starts on the staircase <laughs> and uh, he starts pulling it down. You have to run away. Yeah. Uh, there are retreat as you, as you go. I like that. I do too. Yep. Taking you to chapter two, the grid of the city of deja vu, perhaps referencing the the flashbacks that you're having. Perhaps. Perhaps. This yeah. is where you grew up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this huge wad of angels falls from the sky. Gross. I cannot, I can't, <laughs> I cannot think of another word to describe this agglomeration of angels. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. and you know, Jean kind of follows behind them, you know, to, to grind them up with her motorcycle. Yes. Jean has a motorcycle and she cannot be separated from it. Yes. Um, so the, the exchange that you have when, when, she, when she lands here kind of taunts you, she kind of taunts you until you realize that, uh, Jean took the eye gem from her chest. Um, then she gives it back, explaining that the eyes of the world are these two overseers. Yeah. Um, this is going to be kind of things that people talk about, you know, the eyes of the world keep coming up yeah. without saying exactly what they are until pretty late in the game. Um, we get a little bit more of this flashback uh, where Jean is getting ready to take her trial uh, to take over the Umbra clan. She gets to choose whoever she wants to face and she chooses to face the outcast, which turns out to be you. You know, the leaders say she's of unpure blood. It, you can't challenge her. She says, I get to challenge whoever I want. And then you have a fight in the, the flashback. Yes. Um, the added twist here uh, is that this int introduces witch walking. So when the moon is up, you can walk on walls. Yes. You know, so um, this fight takes place around the four sides of this room. And what this feels like a real missed opportunity to me because it's not something that you like adds depth to your, your, your control of the fight. No. The way this articulated for me was that I would fight Jean until Jean went to one of the walls where she would kind of wait for me to just go over there. Yeah. It felt very artificial to me. And mm -hmm. this gets repeated later in the penalty or the ultimate fight with her yeah. where it just felt very artificial. Uh, now it's time to go on the wall. Like if, if it were like, I wanted the weapon of choice video <laughs> for this where it was very smooth and it just didn't happen that way for me. Yeah. So God, just do me a favor as a friend, please make more references to the weapon of choice video. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very germane here, yeah. <laughs> especially the way that uh, walking keeps like spreading his legs, thrusting towards the camera and then winking at me. <laughs> so. It's unlike this because he often walks without rhythm to not attract the worm. Bayonetta That's always true. walks with rhythm. Yeah. Chris, we're walking without rhythm. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, fighting Jean, you're going to do this several times, which is kind of a recurring <laughs> proto man. Uh, boss fight for this mm -hmm. uh her moveset is very similar to yours which makes sense because you know she is also a witch mm -hmm. uh and you're pretty evenly matched i generally like the challenge she provides when she pops up as a fight yeah i i do too i by the time it happened with the ultimate fight i think that fight is too long mm. like i i lost it a little bit um but it is 
when it happens up until that point. Like if it wasn't repeated quite as many times, I think mm-hmm. it would have been unqualified win. As is, I dig it. Yeah, I just didn't dig it as much as I felt like I could. So, um, good, but not my favorite thing in the world. Right. Um, so this is this is you doing this flashback to remember an ability because you have to actually do this witch walking to proceed. Um, as you as you kind of go up this wall and these new angels come in. Um, these angels get these really cool title cards mm-hmm. where it shows their kind of their their. It's almost like a tarot card uh, where it shows their their name yeah. and everything. It shows kind of what circle they're in, which roughly corresponds to power mm-hmm. if they have one of these. And these are the deer and decorations. I think decorations might actually be uh, an autocorrect. That doesn't make sense to me. Oh. Is it deer yeah, and I, desperation? I yeah. It could be. It could be desperation. I, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah the, uh, apologies for that. Yeah. The, uh, I will do what I can to look this up. Describe describe this mini boss fight. So uh, it is it is one big angel. He brought He brought ads. Uh, with him there and i can't describe the boss fight because you fight so many bosses that are actually pretty similar <laughs> like i yeah. would ha- i have to look these up actually to refresh my memory like yeah. some of the big set piece ones where you are fighting uh something in the center of the screen i remember very well some of these early ones that you're fighting on the ground i remember a lot less yeah uh, because they, they don't actually play that differently than like a big enemy does right right so you know? it, it is it is deer and decorations which makes little sense except it's like a you know so it's a bearded a bearded head surrounded by a ring and spikes and the decorations are the smaller winged angels that fly at you okay yeah i um and this is this is definitely like kind of just a mini boss as well yeah it doesn't this seem like it boss. pops up very much later on either no usually they do get used um quite a bit but this one does not right no yeah. Uh, so the clouds cover the moon again. This is the way that they kind of rein in your ability to just walk over every surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you pass through another one of these temporal doors and we get introduced to kind of our, um, let's say, leading man in this, our secondary lead. <sighs> Boy, this guy. Luca. He is the nerd that Bayonetta owns. <laughs> yes. Um, he is. Uh, so this is he's, he's long haired, kind of like Leonardo DiCaprio, handsome type. Mm-hmm. Um, he recognizes your perfume, so he smells you. Right. We've established before that smells go across the veil there. Um, he is the one who planted the bud on, bug on Enzo. Yes. Yeah, there. and he's kind of introduced. He's you know running running through the streets. He's very agile, but he's human, uh, which means that he is going to be the butt of a lot of jokes and also just barely able to keep up. Yes. Like, there's a lot of, like, the turn that we're supposed to take to eventually liking this guy uh, is very weird. Like, by the end of the game, he is – Bayonetta likes him, and we are supposed to like him, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, and I, I never – I didn't get that. It, yeah. Like, I, this guy I always seemed like a dumb, dumb shitty clown, uh, <laughs> kind of kind of to me. Um, like everyone in the game does who's not Bayonetta. Right, yeah. Every, like, Rodan's every, cool. Yeah, Rodan's fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, other than that, though, like, it's all pretty much like everybody seems like garbage Yeah. Uh, to me. Yeah, I think I was a little bit um, more positive on on him than you, but I def like my affection for him didn't grow. It was just like, oh, okay, he's he's the exposition character. Cool. I think he's in an interesting situation, and in, I think in a stronger narrative, this would be interesting. Yeah, you know, his origin is interesting. The reason why he's connected with with Bayonetta is interesting. And I'm not saying like I wanted his game. Like I'm still no. glad that we're not doing that game. <laughs> I just wish this game had stronger plotting. Yeah. Um. So he his story his connection was uh, he was at this lakeside with his father. Uh, who found Bayonetta's coffin yeah. and Bayonetta in her in, you know, after waking up from the Bayo sleep, uh, woke up and killed his dad. Yeah. So he's seeking revenge. 
Um, that's kind of his whole his whole steez. Yeah, he is he, he is chasing you down. He has more reasons on top of that uh, that have to yeah. do with his father. But for right now, he is on this very ineffectual quest for revenge. That's that's what they they spend their time kind of hinting at for most of the game. Right, right. You know, and he's you know identifying like, oh, there's rosemary in your perfume. You know, no, there's not. It's demon repellent. That'd be bad. As they're arguing about this nonsense, you know, in the language well, of flowers, <laughs> which is the thing. rosemary means remembrance. That's that's oh, a, the language of flowers. Yeah, look it up. It's a it's a thing. No, oh. carnations no. mean death. No, well, I mean I understand. It's a weird phrase for yeah. something symbolizes something else. <laughs> yeah. In the language of wedding anniversaries, <laughs> silver symbolizes twenty five. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, you fight off some of those angels and, you know, the, 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 the chase is on this next street over. You get your QTE here. A streetcar overturns, comes flying, flying at you. Then this introduces the enchant angels, which are wheel shaped. Yes. They just did yep. a rescan on one of those Oni. Yeah. It's, it's pretty similar. Yeah. Um, they just kind of, it's also too, these are weirdly passive. Yeah. Like they kept kind of rolling around me in <laughs> lazy circles. It's very <laughs> listless. Yeah, it's like these these guys were sad sad boys. Um, you're not particularly fun to fight. They don't bring them back until pretty near the end of the game too. Yeah. Um, then you have a battle with two giant angels. Uh, man, like a lot of this this episode is just going to be. And then you fight yeah. two big angels or one big angel. Like <laughs> it just happens a lot. The, one of the things is they present a lot of whenever they present a new angel, they give you that title card. Uh -huh. They present a lot of things as if they're going to be significant boss fights, and they're kind of not. Right. You know, like eventually you do get more significant boss fights, but some of these are really even barely mini boss fights. They're just kind of tough enemies, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so uh, after you do this, you find another LP that allows you to create a uh, katana. Yeah. Uh, here, which I used for quite a while, actually. Yeah, this was my main weapon throughout the rest of the game. I, I use this until I use this for a long time. Then I got the whip oh. and I ended up liking the whip a lot. Um, I never got into the claws and those are all the ones I found. I felt like there were probably more LPs that I, that I missed, but. There were LPs that I that I found pieces of, but then I didn't realize I like went and looked back. Like they expect you to backtrack. Like the geometry yeah. of the level will change behind you. And I just nothing nope. about the game told me that that was going to be the way things worked. Yeah, I had no. And again, that makes sense if the game if you're playing the game uh, going over and over to the level over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. But I just that's not how I wanted to play it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this is we, we walked in this church and the little girl runs by who's going to turn out to be very important. Yes. Bayonetta says, "Hey, she looks. She looks familiar. Wait, she has brown hair, glasses, speaks in a British accent, has a has lollipops. Huh? Yeah, weird. Huh. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. um, but as she's having flashbacks, this big dragon bursts through the stained glass window, and this introduces a you know it's a, it's a boss fight. It is it is that uh, dragon headed angel again who is poking through the window and eventually rips the top of the steeple off as you're inside of it. This is I think this is for Fortitudo." Fortitudo? Okay. I think is the name of this, this, yes. this critter. Yeah, Fortitudo. Yeah. yeah. So this is when you are getting uh, your more traditional boss fights in this. Yeah. That are not just kind of one-on-one -on -one, uh, dude fights where you're fighting set pieces, essentially, um, here. Yeah. Um, you don't have a lot of space uh, here. No. And these end up being like um, kind of like the way the boss fights generally flow in this is like a combat section where they will do kind of a slam or shoot fireballs or something like that. And eventually you want to you want to activate witch time during these to get in enough damage, which then does a threshold when you usually and then you have to do something three times mm -hmm. like a little gameplay mix up. And that's generally the template of almost all the boss fights. Yes. And this is, is avoid basic attacks, 
get that witch time to get the damage in and a certain threshold do a thing three times. And the third time, sometimes they mix it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, this ends up, so I, I like the gimmick of when you're just fighting this guy, when you're in the room, um, because you have the, the one in front of you, the, uh, kind of the, the red arm that is breathing fire at you, but also you have the blue arm coming in around the side, uh, mm -hmm. kind of, uh, at a, like a weird off rhythm or staccato, um, mm -hmm you know, off of what you're, what you're looking at with the red, with the red arm in front of you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I dig it too. Like most of these big boss fights I actually liked, you know, quite a bit, you know, I, I wish I didn't fight this thing quite as many times as you do, Yeah. but I do, I do think that it's, uh, initially it's fun and you, there's usually some banter right in the beginning and, uh, making this, you know, this accidental theme month that we did, um, Bayonetta does the same thing that doom guy does <laughs> where, uh, they will start giving you haughty exposition, um, and you will cut them off, uh, oftentimes just by shooting them or throwing something at them to stop them from ex getting exposition. Yeah. Uh, uh, pretty cute. By haughty exposition, do you mean exposition toward a haughty? Uh, yes. Okay. Yep. Um, which, yeah, if, 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 if 20 <laughs> foot tall hair golems are your thing, yeah. <laughs> um, the, um, the, uh, what's kind of interesting, one of the interesting things about this is that the language, the, uh, the angels speak is an actual language of, of angels. Enoch. Yeah. 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 So that, that's kind of cool. Like it sounds like gibberish if, you know, because it's not recognizable as a modern language. It's not mm -hmm. a modern language. Yeah. It's a, it's an ancient language. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, things kind of culminate, you know, you have this QT the angel throws the building and shoots a fireball. So Bayonetta ignoring all laws of physics hops on the outside, swings the building around and then throws the building back through the fireball. It's on fire, hits the angel and it goes down temporarily. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, and this moves us on to chapter three, the burning ground. Um, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not super into, <laughs> I'm not uh, into, there's a couple of these chase sequence things that kind of break up your, or like, you know, danger sequences or what have you Yeah, that I'm not super into. No. This is one of them. I also don't like the, uh, the, the, the gimmick, like the, the, the enemy gimmick that this introduces, the idea that certain enemies will be on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when enemies are on fire, you cannot just normally attack them. You have to attack them during witch time. Right. Um, and that's, you know, kind of a bummer. Yeah. You know? Um, it's not communicated. They don't tell you this again. That, that as was well. that was my problem. It took me forever to figure out why I was just dying to this over and over again. Yeah, again, and, communication it, problem. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can decide if that if that's bad on me or not. I don't. I don't think it's bad on me. No, no. I, at first, I thought you know I, they look like they're on fire. I assume they were on a different plane or they're like phase shifted. Yeah. Somehow initially too. Um, it's pretty. I mean, you you want to accomplish which time. Mm -hmm. So like you can act, you can argue that you will accidentally stumble across the gimmick uh -huh. to these guys fairly easily. It one of the things I keep coming back to in this is that like yes, there's a way around it. No, it wouldn't be bad if they just explained it. Right, right. You know, um, well, I'm mean, just like the it's a detail that I missed in just the the visual noise. Yeah, you know, of the of the glow and pretty much everything is on fire. I'm running I'm running over stuff that's on fire. It's not hurting me. Why is this enemy hurting me when I attack it? And, you know, something being on fire necessarily, you know, like it doesn't articulate like you are being burned. Yeah. You know, it doesn't it just looks like a particle effect. Um, and the idea of you being super fast or freezing time, meaning you don't get burned, doesn't logically follow. It doesn't click like, yeah, I can run over water, but that makes more sense than, oh, I can't catch fire. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, yeah, it, it's it's. Not a, it was not a huge deal in the articulation. I feel like it is representative of, representative of like a general kind of design philosophy behind the game. Yeah, I was so. I, I was I was bummed by this section in particular. When it popped up later, I was acclimated to it, so it was fine. 
yeah. the way this is introduced, the way this city and these angels caught, you know, caught fire, um, was that, uh, you know, the huge angel wants to know who Bayonetta is, where Katuto wants to know. Um, and he's unsure, you know, how she survived this annihilation that had happened. You know, not sure how she survived these witch hunts. So she decides, hey, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sacrifice the angel. This will fulfill my quota for the day. She shoots it, which causes the entire, like, plaza and then this, this whole part of the city to erupt with lava. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so you fight a lot of those, those on-fire angels, which you mentioned. Um, then you get chased by this lava wall. <sighs> um, there's a chase sequence. And when I talk about, I mean, again, like, not repeating myself, but I do want to show examples of things I brought up in the beginning part. Yeah. When I say that there is supposed to be a sense of stakes, there's nothing to suggest that I wouldn't just, like, hop up a building, blow a kiss at the fire, and then it would just freeze. Yeah. You know, there, there's, like, nothing in – so when the game does try to have a sense of danger or something, it does not work because of that maximalism. Like, the fact that I'm actually supposed to be scared here, like, just doesn't <laughs> register. <laughs> like, Bayonetta seems so capable of surviving so many things. Why am I dying to dumb bullshit in the uh, in the course of the game? Like, things that that I would die to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, it just seems like, it, like you know, it be, should be on a different level. So, like – I never know whether the game is just going to – if this is going to hurt me, if it's going to kill me, if the game is just going to take over and just make a cutscene fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's what I kind of expected here, you know, because this this lava chase, um, this first part doesn't go on that long, right? Like you 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 get chased down by the lava um, until you turn a corner and the lava pours off. Um, there is another kind of like fire chase sequence – sequence uh, – sequence. Uh, that's a segue sequence that this does. <laughs> um, that this does that is – more annoying yeah. to me for similar reasons when you're walking on the sides of buildings. Yeah. Uh, also, I cannot, I cannot abide a Crash Bandicoot camera perspective on a chase. Shit. Yeah. That's when you're, when the demon is chasing you at the end of this. And I hate <sighs> that. Like it is, you have to slow it. And that comes later when she, when he's trying to get the little girl or is that in this level? Oh, uh, being... it probably pops up several times. Like the, 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 yeah. the first lava chase here is definitely down this long uh, alleyway. Yeah. As the lava is you... coming up behind you. And the issue with those, like, I mean, it's not people, I know people like those somehow and people like Crash Bandicoots and stuff, but like the the issue is I don't have good visual information. What you're buying with that mm-hmm. is a little bit of additional drama to see the threat behind you. Mm-hmm. What you're paying for that is a complete absence of seeing where you're going. <laughs> like there's one of these in Mario Odyssey too. Yeah. And when you're on a motorcycle and it fucking sucks. Yeah. Like you're being chased by a T-Rex on a motorcycle and they made that suck. <laughs> like it, it, you know, it, it just like I just need to be able to see where I'm going in a game. Like yeah. I need to be able to see what I'm hitting. Yeah, like me, you're, I'm going. You're expecting me to steer, but you're not giving what giving me what I need to steer. Yeah, and here yeah. you have to steer. Later, you have to actually stop and interact with the environment. Yeah, and that that part's excruciating. Don't I, care I, for I it. That. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, deposits you into a battle with this fairness angel, uh, which is this pointy alligator dog. Looks like uh, oh, what's that Dark Souls three enemy? Um, blah. Um, boredom. Bad design. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I, I can't remember the name of it. The thing on yeah. the bridge on the way to. Uh, yeah, but it's like somebody's guard dog or something. Yeah. Um, these things, so they'll stun you with their roar and they'll shoot lava balls at you. Uh, yeah. Those lava balls are kind of a blessing because they give you something to witch time uh, out of the way of on the way in, you know, on the way toward them. But that yes. roar is a bit of a problem because it lasts for quite a long time. You have to shake your way out of it. Yeah. And there's not like I shook mm-hmm. and I did not have enough time. So, yeah. Yep, yep. So these things are hey, they're, they're they're fine. They mix them up pretty well. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate this fight. I don't like generally like being stunned in this game. It just tends to result in me taking the taking the hit. Yeah. Um, but it's not a you know it's not terrible. 
Yeah. Um, after this, you know, another lava flow kind of explodes, and Infinity Angel uh, runs from it like an idiot, and you <laughs> grab onto its body and surf. <laughs> you surf on its body and do a witch walk, and this puts you up onto the side of a building. Um, yes. Yeah, and this is... And this is another running towards the camera thing, this time switching back and forth between being on the sides of buildings and walking on the ground. No, no, thank uh, you. Very clear paths, yeah. And, uh, I, I in understand. general, I, I don't like any gimmick levels in this game. Yeah. I don't like the vehicle sections. I don't like these. Like, I, I sometimes they can be good for spectacle, but I don't think that any of them are fun to play. Like, I want to engage with the combat. I don't think... I think these attempts at kind of changing the pacing are admirable, yeah. you know, so you're not just literally... You know, just doing the fights over and over, but I don't mm -hmm. think any of them are particularly fun. Bayonetta, Bayonetta, come over here, come over here. That's right. I know I have no. This is this 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 is me telling you to do something you already do. Uh, just be you. You know, people came the, here for you. People came here for the, the game that you are. You don't have to try to be something else. The real Bayonetta would would kill you for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you'd be like, hey, Bayonetta, come over here, and then it would just be immediately like you'd be. I'd be a red mist. You know, you'd, you'd be sex tortured to death. <laughs> you know, like you would be a red mist who is spraying red mist without a ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, so yeah, I, I don't like the, the section of trying to escape here. I died during most of these mm -hmm. because again, the gameplay mode just shifts. Um, you, uh, as you get back, you eventually get down to these kind of catacombs as you're, you're going, um, which are flooded with lava, the bridge around collapses, uh, and you have to pass through this portal, uh, to, to continue. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you're not still being chased. You've moved in this section, but you have to go to the, uh, Paradiso version of this, grab this hourglass that boy, did I think this was going to become like a puzzle element or something that would ever show up again. <laughs> it's used twice. It's used twice. So you go back in to repair the bridge. It's also not a puzzle or anything. You no. just grab it take it out it's so weird yeah um repair the bridge and then proceed up to the surface uh and you, you because of you shooting this demon you have burned down this city so <laughs> the a good city job, was you know. gone I, yeah and my city was gone yeah <laughs> taking you to chapter four uh the first of our kind of solely boss fight chapters they're all the cardinal virtue of so-and-so this time the cardinal virtue of fortitude and I, I think that these, when we talk about the pacing of this game, which is something I do have problems with, I do think that having chapters that are just boss fights are really good for the pacing. Yes. Like some of these chapters are wildly long. And when I looked at the chapter list, I was like, oh my God, like this is going to be a <laughs> billion years. Yeah. Um, sometimes the chapters go very quick and they're just a fight. Yeah. Which I dig. Mm -hmm. That the, 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 That is fine. These short chapters are not the problem I have with the pacing. The problem yeah. I have with the pacing is, oh, we're just going to go to Paradiso and nothing's going to matter for seven levels. Okay. Yeah, yeah, which, 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 and just, you know, it's it intersects with the issues, the narrative thing where it's just like not knowing where I am or what I'm doing for portions of it. Yeah. You know, like I, I know that I'm still on I'm on this MacGuffin and the backstory is being revealed mm -hmm. slowly. The forward story. Am I still in the city that I came here for? Like this game seems like wildly bigger in scope than just the one city that I'm Where's Enzo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, remember Enzo? that guy? He seemed like he might be a supporting character in this game. <laughs> when, when Enzo's not on the screen, I'm wondering, where's Enzo? <laughs> where's fucking Enzo? Um, so, so uh, in the this, and like, man, you're just kind of in a zone. <laughs> like, that's the other thing, too, is you just, like, you'll show a little, there's a cute little map piece thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that that little map piece would be a cute collectible if anybody sells that. Uh-huh. Um, where you move a little Bayonetta icon across a map. Um, that just kind of will just move across this weird, vaguely European map. And sometimes you just end up in zones. Yeah. Like, where, where is this? What is this? Like you end up in a Coliseum. So, uh, we went, went from the fight. We went to a Coliseum to do this boss fight, mm -hmm. you know, 
Uh, and people are going to be like, oh, you're thinking about this too much. Like you're not supposed to think about it. And it's like, well, the game spends a lot of time on this narrative yeah. and movement and stuff. Like we spend a lot of time on it. There, There's more false endings and cutscenes of this game than there are in Return of the King. <laughs> like it is, you, it goes on. So yeah. it wants me to care, you know, whether I'm supposed to or not. Like it, you know, wants me to. So um, this is where uh, we see the dragon uh, for, for to, Fortitudo? Fortitudo. Fortitudo. Again. Um, and uh, you fight him on these sections of Colosseum that are kind of moving back and forth, filling with lava and not filling with lava. Um, so yeah. similar to the last fight, he has some of the same moves, but it's mixed up. This, so this is pretty cool because it's moving back and forth in time. Like it will yeah, be, yeah. You, you know, intact, destroyed, and then you'll have to use one of those items to like restore the restore the, <laughs> the, the battlefield back to a place where you can navigate or get up and do damage to him, right? They do a weird thing, too, when you when you fall back and you have to jump. Uh, so he'll do a certain – so that happens. And then he'll do certain attacks where he busts everything up into flying rocks. Mm -hmm. And you have to make a series of jumps to make the approach. Yeah. These these never took me more than seven seconds and always had, like, two-minute-long time limits. <laughs> did you know. notice that? Yeah. Is like, that weird? Are they trying to, like uh, – did they expect me not to figure out which direction I'm supposed to push? Every single time. Like, 90 seconds. And it's just, like, there's only a couple – there's only four directions. If I tried uh -huh. them all, like – they just all happen really quick. And I'm like, this is very generous. I'm not saying I wanted that to be a, a strictly timed thing. It's just very strange. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It didn't seem to add up. It made it seem like it would be more complicated than it. Uh, than yeah, it every time is. I, yeah. Every time I got there, I was just like, Oh, that was it. Huh? Mm -hmm. I'm back. Maybe, <laughs> or like, maybe I thought I had like one grand time limit that would, I would have to keep using. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't do that either. Save your fork. There's pie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So you, so you jump up to make your approach. Um, you you can take the then and you yank it off of its ledge and slam it into the ground to get some damage. Yeah. Um. You wind it down on the ground and it gets you know essentially Tweety Birds over its head so you can you can do some do some combos on it. Yeah. Um. And you do combos until you activate the QT to rip off one of the dragon heads. Um. And like as you throw it to the ground, I, I love this effect. Like the you know any angel piece or you know the angels themselves when they're dying the like hands from hell reach up and grab it and claim it. Yeah. Yeah. And what this is, what's what's happening here to, to trigger this is you do, the, you do your climax move. Mm -hmm. So you do this, you say some magic words, all your hair you know pops off, like you do some naked poses, and your hair becomes some kind of demon. Mm -hmm. And like the the flavor of maximalism in Bayonetta that always worked for me were these hair demons. No, I love these. I think they're really cool. Um, I, I think I like seeing the new ones, and there are new ones kind of throughout the whole game. So um, it's kind of interesting that you trigger it. Like you trigger it once you get to these certain thresholds. I don't know what happens if you don't do it. You know, like, can, can the enemy then shake that off? And then does it get a, does it refill its health? Does it, how, I don't know what the penalty is for missing this cue. Yeah, I think, I think it's possible. I never, I never tried this, but I, I read that you get more points for killing an enemy in climax, which implies that you can kill an enemy out, like, without a climax. Because when you get to these climaxes, and this happens with the torture attacks as well, mm -hmm. um, you have a, like a, an interface like thing. You're either tapping a button or you're spinning a joystick to get how many megatons of damage yeah. uh, you do. And that is for points, but I also think it actually corresponds to the amount of damage you do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so you repeat. Like most of the boss <laughs> fights have that Zelda thing where you, you know, they have, you do the thing three times. Yeah. Until, you know, finally it's gone, you know. Uh, it, it is it is no longer here. It is a sacrifice to the creator, Jubileus. This is the first time we've heard this name. You know, he screams and, you know, disappears over the horizon in this explosion. Yes. Yep. Um, this, this gets us on to Chapter 5 here, The Lost Holy Grounds. So after all of this confusion, Bayonetta doesn't know where she is, and neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it's, matter. It's You're in a zone. Yep, you are in a zone. 
Uh, and you kind of start out on this platform in this big misty mountain range uh, that is surrounded by these crescent moon structures. This is like the Valley of the Moon and the Valley of the Sun uh, kind of thing. It's where the witch is trained, right? Yes. Uh, you, you find a book that, that reveals as much. This is the place where the Umber Witches and the Celestial Sages would meet during these eclipses. Yes. <laughs> um, and, ex and exchange the stuff that they left over at each other's places. Yeah, exactly. Toothbrushes, mostly. Um, <clears throat> you're introduced to, I, I, this is my least favorite uh, enemy in the game, um, which I mentioned earlier in the thing. This is the one that people are big fans like, like this because they're a skill wall. Uh, Grace and Glory. These are these kind of like armored cat gargoyle uh, things. There's there's a more explicitly sphinx or cat-like enemy that shows up, but these things mm -hmm. are kind of cat-like in that they have claws and they're hunched over Yeah, uh, here. They're elemental um, you, pairs. One is fire, one is electricity. Yes. You always fight them, uh, you know, two on one. And I just, I, I don't feel like the training on these guys is good enough. Um, mm. They have a lot of combos. These are the first enemies that have multiple hit combos. Um, where you can get sunlocked in a way that the enemy cannot, you know, so you can, you can kind of get signed up for these combos uh, pretty easily. And they're just incredibly fast and aggressive. Um, and they're also very difficult to fight in small places. Yeah. Uh, I know this is where, we, I think this might be the spot where we'll quit this game. Hmm. Uh, because I, I don't know. I find these things really, really difficult and not fun to fight. Yeah. It's a definite notch up. Um, getting locked is, is a problem and their reach is especially a problem, especially when they're kind of like, uh, it seems like they're, they funnel you together. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I know that doesn't make any sense, but like they, they, they actively work to hem you in. Yeah. And there, there's a point later when you fight these guys at, at a, at a hallway where I was looking at the screen and could not tell what or where anything was. Hmm. Like it was like I was looking at a big pile of Warframe character models. Like, what is an elbow? What's a torso? What's a neck? Like, what what even is the point of reference for this visually? And you know, I get I hate leaning on. I, it's not a card for me. It could actually be a thing that were color like these things are color differentiated in a way that I can't tell. I don't know. Yeah. But it, these things just ended up being one of the more noisy and obnoxious fights for me. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. They're definitely like a, a good a good deal of their apparent volume is uh, particle effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's a big part of it, too. Yeah, I'm sure. So like they didn't trip me up as much as they as they got you, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but they definitely did pose a problem um, just because. They often start, uh, you know, throwing them in with other things as well. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, like, uh, like uh, of the ingredients, these are the ones that are the, that are the most uh, kind of like problem causing. Yeah. 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 They, they just corresponded with a lot of things I didn't like. Yeah. Uh, with the game afterwards, um, as you're kind of going around this this zone, you find a container of your lipstick on the ground, um, and it turns out that Luca left this as bait to try to take pictures of you. But uh, in the middle of the conversation, you kind of turn this around and a, a ghostly voice kind of tells you uh, the little girl you saw is likely the key to her future. You kind mm. of distracted from your verbal sparring yeah. with Luca during this part. Yeah. Um, at a certain point during this conversation, you know, as Luca is saying, hey, you killed my dad. You know, she saves him from a collapsing bridge, uh, which is our introduction to this fearless angel, uh, which is like the watchdog angel that we fought before. Uh, but it kind of has a scorpion tail. Um mm -hmm. And these things, I forget if it holds true later on, but this is one of the enemies that will uh, light on fire in the middle of the fight. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, not, not a whole lot uh, to say about this guy. No. 
uh, personally, but yeah, he was all right. Um, after that, you find this, uh, there's a device that will change from day, day to night. Um, a ring you can kind of jump through that lets you fall across this landscape and or into another mountain. I love that. I love the idea of flying by falling horizontally. It looks neat. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but that's how you kind of like cross over to the, I guess the Umbra side of things. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, you know, this is where you get your harmony angels, which are your flying manta rays that dive down at you. Uh, they don't factor into the game very much. They're just kind of an enemy that you need to down and then combo while they're yep. while they're reachable. Once they're down, I think it, it even says um, you you do a punt. I think is your you're, you have like a, a, a prompt. <laughs> yeah, and kind of kick them at things. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love punt as a verb. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so then uh, after this, you have to stop. You have this uh, button on the ground that you have to get on get to from a great height. Um, which is subtly teaching you a thing that I didn't realize until too late to be useful. But um, if you double, Bayo Nutta can double jump. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get higher, like much higher than your double jump, which you can do by air combos, at a certain height, you will turn into kind of a meteor hmm. when you fall. And that will do a lot of damage and area effect damage. Um, like I said, I didn't realize that until way late in the game. I didn't this realize try- it until think- just now. I think this is trying to teach you that hmm. the way to teach you this would have been to have an enemy there that you damage at the same time you hit the button Yeah, to teach you that this is a combat thing. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't, um, you stop on this button <clears throat> from a height to get this, this, uh, this get into this area that the Jormungandr's <laughs> staff, Jormungandr's staff. Yeah. Which is uh, the big tower. Inter- <laughs> and we enter introduced to the, uh, Ardor angel, who has a chainsaw sword and a shield. I love these guys. This is so yeah. good. Uh, like, these are, these are interesting fights, right? Yeah, because absolutely. they do yeah, have, yeah. they do have, you know, guard and attack rhythm. I, I'm just not realizing that I'm describing a dark souls fight. So analyze that as you will. It is, it is the most soulsy, the fights in this game, I think Yeah, is fighting these things. And they also tend not to show up with a thousand other ads. Right. You know, there's like this with like two normal guys you can dispatch pretty quickly and then mm-hmm. you can concentrate on this fight. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. uh, it looks like there's no way further up the tower but you can see through the roof that this moon is visible uh, that's the way they communicate you can witch walk sometimes it's communicate clearly sometimes it's not here it is though um, and you end up running up the inside and also you have to end up like outrunning this collapsing floor uh, with like a snake demon behind it until they get to the very top yeah there's uh, sentences that I've made note of that make no sense None of this, and and it's worth noting that this is the this is similar to how I felt in the game too. Uh-huh. Like the snake that's chasing me, I didn't know who he. I just assumed it, it's some kind of angel, mm-hmm. you know. But it's just it's not there to to have a purpose or anything behind it. It's just like a here's a here's a thing chasing you, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's you're doing these things, and it is just uh, the sense of grounding has disappeared completely after you leave the city, right? Yeah. Um. So once you actually get up to the top, you fight the the, the snake. Um, this is a boss fight they're going to reuse a lot. Uh, this is this flying serpent called the Inspired Angel. Yeah, and, it just uh, goes it, on Pinterest, keeps a couple of books, just you know things that really like light yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah InspiredAngel.instagram.com. <laughs> um, it does these kind of long uh, runs, kind of towards you that yeah. you have to jump up and hit it. Uh, when it swoops down close to you yeah uh, these things are do the weird thing where they're easy but also not super exciting well they just take up a bunch fight. of time yeah yep um this is probably my least favorite like boss you know kind of coded thing no. in the game yeah i don't i don't care no. for it yeah no. um it's not considered a boss according to the wiki uh it definitely felt that way 
you know, to me a little bit, like it, it seemed like it was, it was being a boss, but it's presented here as a mini boss and it is used slightly to that effect, like in a very specialized way. Yeah. In a couple yep, of yep. times. Um, uh, at this point you found enough p- broken pieces of a record to go to back to Rodan and get uh, a weapon called Durga. Uh, these are kind of fire and lightning claws that you get off of those grace and glory. Um, and yeah. you bought before. Uh, I liked um, these on my feet, on my hands. They slowed down my attack too much. Yeah, they're really slow on the hands. And we, we, somewhere before this, too, um, you, that's where you can get the whip. Okay, explain uh, the whip, because I, I missed the whip. Um, it is a whip. Uh, it it's, 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 uh, kind of favors range. Um, it doesn't have, um, you know, the, the attacks didn't feel that appreciably different to me, other than the fact that I could do them with more distance. Mm, okay. So for me, they were very useful for controlling. Uh, things because uh, you know enemies that were able to stunlock you could stunlock them from further away. Mm-hmm. I also really like thematically like the idea of her having a whip because she is a dominatrix. Yes. So the whip was my my go to weapon for for the rest of the game, uh, except for a couple walls I ran to where I switched up weapons. Um, I felt the same way about the Durga. I never really used it. Yeah. Because uh, it was too slow. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, eventually, you find Jean, and she's kind of taking on this long, this large armored angel with tube hands. Obviously, our next boss, really tube fingers. This thing's design is so weird. Yeah. Like it's like um, they're like uh, tentacles that um, red, red uh, Omega Red would have from <laughs> yeah. the X Men. Like he's the Omega Red tentacles. Yeah. Very, very strange. You know, and she reveals, you know, in, in dialogue with you, that Bayonetta and you fought once for the jewel atop the Umbran throne. Yeah. And again, implying that it is going to be the eye. Um, and then you have another mid-boss fight with her, uh, except halfway through, you are Mario galaxying on a rock that is flying through the sky. Like you are explicitly running around on this sphere. Yeah. Yep. Thus the uh, the Mario Galaxy comparisons. Yeah. Um, after you do enough damage, she escapes by transforming into a butterfly. <laughs> uh, and kind of, again, kind of arbitrarily, this reminds you of your powers <laughs> turned to a puma. Yeah. Uh, or a panther. <laughs> um, to kind of chase after her. And she is very pleased by the idea that she can turn into a panther. This is the, bloody amazing. The the memory thing is, is, you know, it kind of shows a close-up and you get that, that rat-a-tat, wow, you know, <laughs> thing that pops up. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, so when I made these notes, I, it was before I realized, so Bayonetta is aligned with butterflies. Like she is, uh, you know, attuned to the butterfly demoness or whatever. Jean mm-hmm. is uh, with moths. So she, so she transforms into a moth. I just yeah. read, read it as a butterfly. I just... And the butterfly coating pops up in a lot of things. Like when you do the double jump, that's how is you get butterfly wings. I love that. That is such a good yeah. touch. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, but this takes you, you know, so you have your panther. You can do your running and jumping. Uh, and you go all the way to the gates of paradise, chapter six, uh, where you have to fight your way to the shrine uh, that is full of these trapped hallways. The first part of this level is mostly just fight hallways until you get to the to the spears. Yeah. Yep. Um you know, the, the, the fights are nothing particularly new, just a couple of new mix-ups. The, um, the spears are, are kind of interesting. Uh, they mix them up with these things where you, they have like buttons that only a puma can press uh-huh. and you have to hit three of them in a row. Yeah. Which is very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they mix those up with the spears. Yeah. Uh, a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, as you kind of move through this though, uh, you get to this vestibule uh, where you find the young girl, uh, you know, mini Netta, uh, being menaced by these affinity angels. You fight them off. Uh, the girl starts crying, keeps calling you mummy, and uh, you, we get to kind of start the arc, uh, what have you, of Bandada coming to terms and growing protective of this little girl. Yes. You definitely yeah. start off a little bit more off, but by this. Yeah. I mean, she she tells her the, 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 there, there are only two things in this world I don't like, uh, the sound of babies crying and cockroaches. 
Yep. So uh, v- very maternal, this Bayonetta. Yes. Um, <laughs> not that she has to be, but it's very like she's, you know, like those people who hold babies like at arm's distance, just like way out. Like they don't yeah. bring them in. Just grossed out by them. Yeah. Like Burl Hut from Willow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It actually is a very good example. It still doesn't have to be my word for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you expect me to add to that. Uh, fuck yeah, burgle cut. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, a, it's all for my cup boys, my burgle, my burgle boys out there. Shut up. Burgle cut. Yeah. Shout out to my burg boys. <laughs> now the burg boys I can get into. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> These guys. Cool, uh, man. You want to get a bunch of leather jackets with Burgle Cut's face on the back? No. And then just go cruising around town, you know? Uh, let's let's lean less into the Burgle Cut and more into just the Burg. Well, then, and then eventually I can start making adult films under the name Burgle Uncut. <laughs> <laughs> where, 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 where my, my, uh, yeah. <laughs> you were about to say what your was, penis yeah. looks yeah. like and i'm circumcised i just didn't want to imply that i wasn't <laughs> any judgment was uh was seen through right. that but uh, um, well, parents believe a man should look like his father that's all i'm saying <laughs> i don't know where i fall in the matter oh man uh so the little girl's name is cereza uh, that is spanish for cherry here uh, oh <laughs> no, it's a cerveza. <laughs> I, um, yeah. uh, so her dad sent her here, and she doesn't know where he went. This is notable. Uh, we agree to travel together because Bayonetta, even though she is a real burgle boy, um, you know, doesn't let, let let this girl come to harm. Yep. Uh, angels attack, and here's where we get there: our Crash Bandicoot throwing dumpsters at the the thing. <sighs> this sequence sucks so bad I hate it, so much. Um, it doesn't last that long i did it on the first try i'm not yeah. that mad at it other than the fact that it's just not fun and i don't want to ever run towards the camera in games no no so it's like a gigantic angel who's chasing you um Ceresa is running separately um and yeah. you know when somebody attacks she can like you know take a knee and then generate a shield around her which should really be a red flag yeah um yeah, yeah. and you have to slow the angel down by by hurling dumpsters at it yeah, and and she can die. Yeah, sorry. So, like you, you, she has a health meter, and this is going to become like another thing I didn't expect from this game. You know, other than just it being quite so narrative heavy, was how much escort stuff there is. Yeah, uh, it's a real thing. It's like a real you, platinum it, thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Like you, you spend a lot of time escorting her and having to worry about her. This is not the worst sequence of it. The worst no. sequence is water, electrified water on a ship. But this is not my favorite. Like, kind of just gameplay conceit in general. No. You know? Um, unless, you know, Resident Evil 4 with, with, uh, with your dumpsters is good. Um, this, this I was not super into. No. Um, so this is kind of interesting. You're chasing, you get to a point, uh, at the end where like a, a Bayonetta clone grabs her and runs off with her. Um, you have to chase them down, chase her down. Um, this is kind of a weird sequence. Like if you get, you can get to the end of this and by all accounts, it looked like I made it, but I actually failed. It switched to a game over screen with the uh, little girls. She has this cat doll mm-hmm. uh, with her. And I was like, I didn't know that I failed. What was I supposed to do? No. Um, it turns out the answer was just get there a little quicker. Yeah. Um, you get there quicker, you get less slowed down on this chase. And, you know, I was so angry because I was like, I don't know what I did. Why did I die? And then the game won me back because the way that you start the fight is to have like a pose off. <laughs> and it's like, that's where the game works for me. Like, it's it's yeah. silly. I think silly more than big is what I want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and this, this is very cute. Like, I thought this was very funny. Like, if you're the real me, let's see you do these cool, you know, <laughs> runway 
moves. Yeah, I thought this was very funny. Yeah, <laughs> I was way into it. Uh, I was into it after I was very confused because somebody who looks like Bayonetta picked up a little girl who looks just like younger Bayonetta, and I am Bay- Bayonetta chasing after these two Bayonettas. I, I, <laughs> I looked down to make a note on my iPad. I looked up, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? What am I seeing? I'm seeing double. Four I'm seeing six Bayonettas. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's pretty out there. And it turns out this is a, a specific kind of angel, a joy angel. Yeah. Uh, who, like, whose crotch, crotches glow and uh, shine towards the camera a lot. Yeah. Like, they're very crotch-focused uh, <laughs> angels. They don't have faces, so I, I don't think they're meant to titillate and arouse, but mm-hmm. they're definitely uh, crotch elementals. Yes. Um, and they fight, the, their moveset is, is pretty similar to Bayonetta's, except they have more, like, weapon summoning stuff. They, they do whips as well. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they have a, they have a lot of distance to them. Um, so eventually, uh, you shift to this human world. Uh, you see Luca with Cereza. Um, he's shocked that, that uh, she calls you mommy, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and, and you're just like, do I look like I have children? <laughs> no, making them, that's another story. One of the things that's interesting about that line, too, is because, like, this is such, like, a, everyone who, who has kind of, uh, and I'm using an expression that I didn't make, uh, this is not, if you're not familiar with the expression, like, queered this media. Okay. Which is, uh, which is an expression when people kind of from these marginalized groups claim something as their own, mm-hmm. you know? It's similar to the, the stuff that happens with Overwatch, where it's like, you know, there's nothing in the text, but everyone, oh, these two characters are gay and they love each other. Yeah. And then that becomes the, the kind of fan text. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the only explicitly, like, heterosexual thing mm-hmm. that, that she does. And I just, I just imagine, like, this causing controversy. Yeah. You know, she's got to mean, like, going into the bank and donating eggs. You know, it can't, it can't be sex with this dude, you know? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Well, I, I also, I also just <laughs> took it, took a darker read. I'll make as many babies. I won't have, as I want. I won't have them though. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> yeah, just, like I know just, you're against heaven, but g- good God. <laughs> yeah. The, the flagrantly, uh, not even pro-choice, just mandatory yeah. choice, yeah. <laughs> mandatory choice. Bayo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that came across like you wanted it to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, deadbeat, deadbeat dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Luca kind of has more information than you, than you do, honestly, because he's been doing all this research to get to the highest echelon of angels. You know, Luca needs to cross this thing, this thing called the prominence bridge, you know, but in the meantime, he says like, oh, you must've killed this little girl's parents too. Uh, and yeah. she's like, okay, well, if you're so angry about it, why don't you take Cereza, Luca? Yeah. Yep, there's a, there's a little bit of of her trying to redeem her name, yeah, to Luca that that's happening, and I think this is actually like some kind of good subtle characterization because Bayonetta can't care about something, no, but you can kind of see that she does a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, she yeah. never says like, hey, it bothers me that I killed your dad and that I'm not the monster that you think I am, mm-hmm. um, burn down cities aside, uh-huh. uh, but you can tell a little bit that it kind of bothers her. Yeah, she, she's laundering, caring, th- caring about other people through caring about herself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And I, yeah, I think that it's, it's some death characterization that happens with her. Yeah. Um, here. here it's revealed that Teresa can see angels across dimensions. So even though Luca can't, she is, you know, she senses the threat. Yes. Um, this moves us over to chapter seven, the cardinal virtue of temperance. Here. Which sounds like just a bodice ripper novel, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a boss fight chapter uh, where we are in a zone. We, right? we are in I, a zone. I, I, just, I don't know where we are, how we got here, or it, why. It's like an airfield, like you're on an Air Force base because necessarily – well, no, like the, the Air Force base is later too. There's so many Air Force bases. You, you, spend a, you spend more time than you might think 
in military <laughs> stuff here, like military in, in planes and on yeah. planes. So um, you're in this airfield uh, through this whirlwind, and the boss comes through uh, Temperance, which is the bot with the Omega Red Arms. Yeah. Um, you know, saying Bayonetta, you're here to fulfill. I feel like I feel like a fucking celebrity in this town. Yep. Um, these yep. angels they want to resurrect the creator and reunite the trinity of realities. Again, you've got you know uh, Paradiso, the human world, and then Inferno. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and this starts our boss fight here uh, with the, the kind of different phases. Yeah. Oh, this critter. This is the boss fight where you open up by fighting on a piece of ground that the boss is holding up with its uh, yeah. two tube fingers. And it's like knocking it away behind you as you're attacking the hands. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, its face can kind of uh, come out as well like a like a worm. <laughs> it's, like it's, it's really, really creepy. It, it's its face will extrude. Piece. Yeah. Yeah, its face definitely extrudes. Like, that's the only <laughs> word for it. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, after you do enough damage to the arms, you get to run up them. Um, this is where your your Puma form your, your takes, you know, is really great, your Panther form, because uh, you want to go up them quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, going up the, this thing, uh, little kind of hazards will come at you as you do this, but eventually you get up to the top and you take out these uh, these shield generators. Yeah. Um, like, specifically, like, once you get to the third, uh, third phase of this, we have to take out the ones kind of all over its body. Yeah, it's like knocked over backwards, but its head is completely, uh, you know, un untouchable. So you have to, you know, take out the yeah. shields to do this. Um, it's a fine boss fight. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, at the end of this, you know, the angel is just this huge floating torso. I love what the bosses are reduced to in some of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge floating, uh, <laughs> floating, a huge floating yeah. torso um, with a cherub statue pissing gasoline onto it. Yeah. Which... Earlier on, they established the they showed the uh, the you know the famous Brussels pissing lad. Yeah. Uh, thing that referenced to that, and there's a couple you know nods to it, and here it is now pissing gasoline onto it and uh, <laughs> throws it up into a gas tank that filters the piss through the statue. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and event you know tries to light a match and do it through a trail of gasoline. It doesn't work, and then just shoots it. Yeah, and blows it up. Pretty cool. Yep. And J John is looking on, saying, "Awesome." Yeah, yeah. Just like I got, give me some of that. We're moving on to one of my least favorite chapters in the game. Um, and probably roughly this is the point, I guess this is actually like halfway through. This is roughly where the game started to lose me. Mm. Um, it did, this is not all bad from here on out. Yeah. But this was my first sign that like, oh, this is not going to end up being for me. We're in I for think. a pretty rough stretch. Yeah, this is this is a bad level section of level. So yeah. chapter eight, route 666. Um, Cute. Which like, yeah, but you can make that chapter six. You know, just, <laughs> um, so you're, you're staying on this bridge. We, we uh, Luca told us about this bridge before. Mm -hmm. um, we see Luca and Sereza drive by, um, straight towards this guard outpost. Um, you manage to save them, so they, you know, they get through through this thing. Uh, you do a couple of car top battles. You're on top of a, uh, a semi truck, and you have to jump over to some cars uh, to <laughs> fight them. Until this new angel shows up called Irenic, which is a car. It's a car angel. Yep. Uh, and not not the magazine that I subscribe to. It <laughs> <laughs> shows beautiful women on top of even more beautiful cars. Um, and you grab a motorcycle uh, by flipping off the camera, sticking your middle finger into the ignition and turning it. And that uh, is the high point of this chapter. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty cute as a thing. 
And then we are on to an absolutely goddamn endless vehicle sequence. Yeah. <laughs> These never end. They're so long. Like, this is not as long as the missile one. Nope. But this just goes on for eternity. Yeah. Like, I am the one who is in Purgatorio. Like, I am the one who... <laughs> this is just me now doing this endless motorcycle segment. Like, they give you it... a little little thing that tells you how to control it uh-huh. you know whenever you go into these like explicitly different gameplay modes they give you a little control option thing and it plays music that i think is quoting the final fantasy 7 motorcycle music boop, 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 boop. i think it does a little bit of that which i think is cute mm-hmm. uh i don't have i don't think any of this is fun so i'm not wishing for these to be harder you know the, the, that particular finger should not go down on the monkey paw um these feel incredibly long and it also feels like like what am i doing well, like, yeah. what, what's the point of this? I don't feel like I can die, like, at, as long as I just, like, maybe, like, lazily list back and forth, I might get through this. It doesn't feel like I'm adding anything to it by controlling it. I just kind of put on a podcast and was like, well, I'll just dodge when I need to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm not adding anything by controlling it. I'm not really getting – I'm not engaged. Yeah. The, the answer to when you say, like, I don't want it to be harder either. Make it shorter. Yeah. You know, like, it, this is a gimmick. You know, this reminds me of when we did the Dead Space episode and we talked about the turret section there. Yeah. But the opposite problem. Like, if you're going to do something to break up gameplay like this, like, neither of them are particularly fun. The turret section in Dead Space or this. They made the mistake then of not making it long, but just making it incredibly difficult for an alternate gameplay mode. Yeah. Here, they just make it incredibly long. Alternate gameplay modes that you use to break up the pace should just be kind of short, like, refresher things. Yeah. You know, like, akin to an interactive cutscene would be better than this. Um, so you you continue to fly your dodging kind of trucks and angels, making these very janky jumps, some of which are jumps, some of which are QTEs, <laughs> um, some of which are timed QTEs, and those are ones where, like, a, a ring around the button you need to hit slowly closes in. If you hit that button before then... Uh, and all you're doing is seeing something pop up in that zone of the screen. Yeah. So like, oh, jump. Okay, I'll jump. Oh, fuck, I failed. Uh, I need to wait to jump that time. You know, just really sloppy. Um, there's some kind of fun shit you can do with alternate paths. Um, there are weird like side parts of suspension bridges. You can, if you break off the path, you can, oh, you, you can like, cycle up. You can Mario Kart over to them. It's, it's very Mario Kart. Um, and you, uh, it's very Toad's Turnpike. <laughs> and <laughs> Toad owns a series of roads. Um, and the, uh, you get, you know, you get some heart containers uh, during that, doing that, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's, but, that's fine. I, I think that this is really just meant to be like an extended, an extended quote of hang on, just like uh, the later one is supposed to be an extended quote of uh, Space Space Harrier. Yeah. Like I just, I, I, I can't see them as anything but that. Why are those things those not quotes that need to be extended? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that to you. I just I'm very frustrated by the vehicle segments in this game. No, no, I did, I just I don't feel like they don't feel like they add very much. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, where did these uh, these new angels uh, pop through? I don't know if they're new or if we've seen them before. These things called Braves, mm-hmm. which are gigantic dudes with huge hammers. Yeah. Um, oh. these guys. I, I don't know if it's so. He, this might introduce something, but it definitely pops up later. Fights where you are already in witch time, so you cannot activate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I forget if it popped up before. Definitely happens. Um, but yeah, that really screws up my battles a little bit, especially because these guys they hit very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. And at some point they start kind of freezing there. And if you let that happen, which I did, because mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was would happen. Uh, they fuse into a gigantic one. Yeah. Uh, which in some ways is kind of easier. I'd rather fight one big. I'd rather fight one of everything, anything. I made there, that. So. Yeah, I made that choice as well. I yeah. I just lured them into the into their little Ginyu pose. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, 
after you take them out, you get a chapter nine Paradiso, a remembrance of time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, and you, when you get through here, you, you, you land on this frozen, this time frozen version of the clock tower from the beginning of the game. Yeah. And, uh, that mysterious voice that we've been hearing says, Hey, fear not, fear not. You can be, we can be heroes. Um, no. yeah. So, uh, I hate these Paradiso levels. Yeah. I don't care for it one bit. I think there's like this weird little like pacing just sag that, you know, just lets all the air out of the middle of this game. It's it's really weirdly positioned because I think it's in the the next one in the Sea of Stars. It is a boss rush mm-hmm. or like a mini boss rush in the firmly in the middle of the game. Yeah. You know, it's it's a really, really strange place to put this. And it's where I th- you know, I think, you know, like if you are uh, the same way that I was with Doom, right? So I know that this is a feeling that can exist. I don't think I'm not skeptical of this approach at all. If you are just engaged by the base combat of something, mm-hmm. so engaged by it, this is going to be great mm-hmm. because it's just more of it. Yeah. For the most part, I wasn't there. Like I had fun with it, but I, it's not unlimited fun for me. It wasn't, it wasn't like the Doom combat, you know, it wasn't something I could just have fun with over and over and over. Right. So these levels where I had no idea why I was somewhere or really even where I was in the grander plot sense felt very bad, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, you know, same. Yeah. No. So um, it takes place in Paradiso. I'm not sure how we got here about how this, how this Uh fits, uh, how this fits into the overall story. We drove a ontology. Yeah. We, we we drove, we crashed the motorcycle. It was two tickets to paradise. Yeah. We, we, we uh, we last kissed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, where where can I Baby. <laughs> yeah we're dumb <laughs> I, i'm kind of impressed by how little skype lag that we have that we were able to get that in sync so yeah. uh but like most of the things are frozen in time except for these enemies and you also have this just visual clutter of angel angel feathers falling all over the place yeah. Yeah. um a lot of it is inconsequential uh yeah, inconsequential combat until at one point you start being chased down um, this spiral halo pathway by a blocky boulder that looks like something out of a 3D game. Heroes. Yeah, yeah, this this, this which will be the boss fight. Yeah. Um, you get through here. the The trick is uh, like lightning bolt will strike, so you can activate witch time. You also want to be in panther mode mm-hmm. uh, for this because at the end of it, there's they do kind of a dirty trick. If you've just been running down, you can avoid it just by doing the the lightning strikes. Mm-hmm. But at the end, there's a little straightaway and the lightning strike stops. So if you haven't been relying on panther mode, which we haven't seen for several levels, like mm-hmm. I forgot that I could turn into a panther, which yeah. I would never forget in real life. <laughs> um, I forgot that I could turn into a panther. So I died at the end of this and I was just like, man, fuck. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Where am I? Why am I doing it? Ah! <laughs> um, you know, but you, you eventually you, you run off the edge and, and get there before. Yeah. And you have to do a jump too. There's a time jump. It's not the timed QT, but it's uh, you can still fail it. Yeah. Uh, this leads yeah. to a terrible section, the town square, where you have this boulder that just kind of like drops on you at a pretty regular interval. You're going around trying to break these chests to get pieces of keys, but as you're fighting, you're all you know you're fighting some pretty tough enemies, like the the elemental like fire and lightning guys are around here. The dogs are here. They'll freeze you, and they'll freeze mm-hmm. you, and the and the boulder will drop on you. Um, yep. you know, so you're just kind of doing these little combat things with this constant threat. It's not even redeemed by the fact that when the, uh, when, when the boulder lands on you, you flatten out like a Looney Tune. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. But also it's, it's cute, but not enough. Yeah. Yep. As you kind of go around to find these different key pieces in what is also noteworthy, that this is the same town square that we've been dealing with like a lot. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. They, they reuse this environment quite a bit. 
Um, like a lot of money went into this game, it feels like, but the money was not put into that. No. Yeah. Um, so in the next area, <clears throat> after you find all those pieces, the kinship angel shows up, which is one of my other least favorite enemies oh, in this game. So much. It's been the fight with, with four of these things. You know, Get out of here, dude. Like, no. Holy shit. Like, so visually, ugh. like I, I, I love the concept of these guys. So they're, they're, they're these flying heraldic longboat kind of things that mm-hmm. shoot like missiles out of their back. And when you fight them, they're revealed not to be constructed, but actually like organic. So you knock the panels off the side and then it's just like a boat shaped scaffold full of meat. Cool. Thumbs up. Love it. Yep. Don't like yeah, fighting them boat. because homing a <laughs> meat boat. Yeah. Uh, uh, homing missiles. I don't play that. Homing, homing. Yeah. Homing missile. Don't play that. Yeah. Uh, in living color. The uh, homing <laughs> missiles uh, tracked lasers. Yeah. that overlap the two attacks like if you get hit by a homing missile you are very likely to get hit by this tracking laser that will pop out because they don't space them as a thing no um and as we as a foreshadowed in a dreadful way you eventually fight four of these things at once <laughs> yeah um i don't think that fight is mandatory i think that that is uh something that you need to like jump up along them in, in order to get a uh in order to get like a heart mm-hmm. container or something no yeah no, no, no yeah yeah i tried to do that but it doesn't open the way forward does not open. Mm. So like, and again, you know, before you at me, like at least I was, I, I tried that and I couldn't leave. Yeah. Maybe there was another way to do it. I thought that too. And I was like, I just need to get through this. I don't want to deal with these things at all. And, uh, and got the, got the heart container and then could not leave until I killed the boats. Yeah. So maybe there's something else I need to do. I don't know. Um, I, I really hate these, these, these boss fights though, or these uh, mini bosses. Yeah. No yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, but you get to the real boss fight of this, the golem, which is the blocky boulder uh, for real. You do this long run up. Um, so it quickly shifts between being a 3D game die hero's dragon um, and also this raven that will attack and kind of has this this core uh, that exposes as it's transforming or as you attack. Um, also, it will be like two big arms that will uh, try and shake you around. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so... Yeah, I don't like the the golem fight very much. Um, you can kind of it's not hard. No, like right, like it turns into those two things. You can just kind of stay like float in the middle and attacking. You don't really lose very much altitude when you're attacking. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of hit the the core very much. But I feel like it's a lazy design. Um, the best part of it is the uh, the climax for this thing, <laughs> which uh, which I think that before they do the hungry hungry hippos, I think they do the spike and set. And oh, they yeah. do the volleyball thing first, and then they land. Yeah, they they do a it becomes a they. Do a volleyball hit of the thing, <laughs> the hair golems you made. Then they do a spike, uh, and then it falls down on the ground instead of somebody, or they do a set, and mm-hmm. nobody spikes it. So it goes, <laughs> like, makes a sad noise, and then they all just hungry, hungry hippos punch it. And it's really cute. Yeah. yeah. But it knocks the shit out of it. Uh, taking us into Chapter 10, Paradiso, a sea of stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. This is the boss rush chapter, one of them anyway. You start out in this cathedral, and this is actually the the, the scene of the uh, flashbacks that you've been seeing. Like this, is where those the, the, those figures were, you know, kneeling, killing themselves. Um, mm-hmm. This is also, I think, where you fought uh, Jean uh, in the in the flashbacks, and you actually see a piece of graffiti carved into one of the walls, Jean and Cereza. Well, that's the name of the young girl. That's weird. Yeah. Boy, I wonder if that's me. <laughs> yeah, looks like me. Sounds like me. Has all my powers. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, 
this introduced these weird vine creatures that feel like they're from another game yeah. um, that you fight from time to time. Uh, this happens. Uh, they, they reach out to attack you. Uh, Bayonetta has tentacles. Why do it have to be tentacles? A little mm. wink and nod to the, the hentai fans out there. Yeah. Um, you know, not, that's not me being flippant. I think that's the joke. I thought that later, yeah. yeah that's, that's the joke. That's exactly what it is. Um, we enter those joy, joy demons come up, which are the crotch demons, if you recall, and mm. one of which has a straight up keyblade. Yeah. Uh, this introduces the kingdom hearts of this where there are keyblades now. Yeah. Um, when you fight them, you get the key. Eventually, you have to put it through a hole <clears throat> and like kind of a, a this this these weird. We've been finding these little shrines. We we talked about it. That's where you get the heart containers. Yeah. Um, these are these are little shrines you damage and they will either give you an item um, or a heart container. Uh just real quickly, just so in the interest of completionism, um, there's a crafting system in this game. Yeah. Uh, which is very strange. Like, you will kind of ambiently pick up a lot of crafting materials. I didn't don't remember finding them very often. By the time I got sick of the game and wanted to get a bunch of the invincibility items, mm-hmm. I had tons of them. Yeah. Um, so you can craft things in your item menu. You also, uh, in Rodan's Shop, we talked about consumables. Um, they limit the ones you can buy in the shop. Um, you, there's some like strong and uh, weak heals. There is an extra life, something that does a full heal when you die. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are also damage boost and invincibility mm-hmm. uh, things. If you're playing this game and you are not clicking with the combat, like I didn't, um, I would recommend investing heavily in those. And before anybody like asks me and says, I didn't get the real experience. I didn't start doing this until way late in the game. Yeah. Cause I didn't really, I didn't put it together that I would, but I wish I had done it earlier because mm-hmm. uh, it never eventually clicked for me. Um, those yellow lollipops that let you not take damage are great. Yeah. Like, I think it's the most valuable lollipop. You can get in a lot of damage when you're not taking damage. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's one of the things you can get out of these uh, these shrines. I just wanted to put it somewhere in the episode. Yeah. Um, I didn't mention the crafting thing because it feels so incidental. It doesn't. It's, it, it's it, super incidental. Yeah. It just like it just yeah. it's like a way to turn dust into something. The reason why I wanted to make sure I mentioned it is so people – I didn't want anyone to be like, you thought this was hard and you didn't take advantage of this. Right, No, right. like I did. No, I was there. It was, like, it was a way to get healing items. I was totally yep. going to do that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I forget where we were at. <laughs> uh, we, we put in – we're doing the thing where we stuck the, the keyblade into the different uh, weird kiosks. Yeah, on yeah. On the spheres, um, which create like light paths. We have to uh, to kind of go through. Yeah, the major mode of transport in Paradiso is ha- is halos. Um, yeah. This eventually gets you to the city square that you have to rotate uh, to reveal more encounters, and then finally the way out. Um, yep. Feels very similar to the Vigrade that we saw before. Nothing too notable aside from some from some mix ups. All of this is in service of getting you to the door of kind of this mini boss rush of the previous virtues. The one that is most appreciably different is uh, Fortitudo. The two-headed dragon uh, angel. I mean, I, I really want to call them demons. The two-headed dragon angel, um, who kind of acts like a souls fight, like you're fighting a big guy. You yeah, know, like he's he's walking around. You're no longer fighting him like up on platforms. Yeah, he also does. They do a cool thing here too, and they do this a couple times where if he hits you with his grab attack, that's actually a big opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Like you take damage, but you shake, and if you shake well enough, you actually do a lot of damage to him. Yeah. So, so that's cool. Um, it's the best version of that. Some of these other ones are mixed up. The degree to which they're mixed up is really minor. Um, I feel like they justify themselves only to the degree that they're mixed up. Yeah. Um, so if they are just mildly different, I don't see why we're repeating this at all. Um, and most of them are mildly different, right? Some of them are really different and those are more fun. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you about the dragon one being the best one. Um, 
the the final uh, virtue what you get there it sets uh, your your goal to uh, to spinning this thing. So you have to time your panther leap onto this massive tumbling island. When we say the goal is spinning, it's the place you need to get to. Yeah. It's an island. Uh, so you have to run and jump over to the island as it's spinning vertically towards you. This made my motion uh, sickness bad. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was a motion sickness trigger for me as well. Yeah. Um, as much as I like that kind of like weird walking on the ceiling Doctor Strange shit. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where you fight the, the multiple longboats Blech. when you go over there, which I hate. Um, I could not get over there and I could not get across, jump across them, but again, I could be wrong. Yeah. I, I could I could have made made a note incorrectly as well. So, so it's just not a, sure how that works. It's a bad scene regardless. Uh, Annoying yeah, encounter. <laughs> no good. Um, so as you're running down this walkway covered in virtue tentacles, we cut away uh, to this little cutscene with uh, Luca and Cereza. You know, you know who's crying because she's worried about her mom, right? Uh, Luca says, "Hey, you know, stop crying. Let me get, give you a lollipop." And I'm like, ooh, I like this. What is this? What is this thing you call lollipop? <laughs> yeah. What is this thing you call lolly? Yeah. And no, he also no. um, he also asked her about her cat doll and says, oh, this is Cheshire. Uh, and yes. uh, Bayonetta has been calling Luca Cheshire this entire time. Yes. So, again. Yeah. Um, and she she loves her mom. Her mom protects her from demons. And, oh, she doesn't actually do that. I got, got to break it to you, kid, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> right. Um. You get to this water set. I don't have no idea what they're doing with this. I, I don't know. So, like, what what is this? So there's a, there's an island with a couple of those statues that allow you to trigger bullet time or which time bullet which time. Ha- having a, uh, a like me when I come home and play my Xbox 360. <laughs> um, there's a there's something interesting to having a boss fight where you can trigger which time on demand, mm-hmm. and you could build a boss fight around that. They don't. You just fight a, a series of regular ass angels and then fight two of the snakes at once. Right. And you, I would go, I would do the thing where I would set up the statues to uh, set up witch time, thinking that I would need to do it for the the snakes. I don't know how many times my time just ran out mm-hmm. while the snakes were just flying harmlessly overhead. <laughs> you know, just in in loops. Like it's just like what what is the sequence? And you can't actually get through it until you actually kill them. Right. There. Um. Then you can actually make the you know, make the jump. Yeah. over to the other side and get out yeah it is such a weirdly designed little encounter yeah I'll, I'll do what people do with our show you spend approximately 45 minutes just shooting them with your guns out of the air um <laughs> see what i did yeah. there it's really yes. like five minutes but no yeah. uh you, you know you just, it's a it's a very it's a very just kind of like lazy battle as you just you know just kind of plink them down you're fighting two of them that should add texture it really doesn't those statues aren't there for the combat it doesn't seem I never no, find a way not. to work them in. No, what they're there for is for you to run across the surface of the water. That's that's been introduced. What hasn't been introduced is the idea that after a double jump, if you do it against a wall, you you, you get like a little kick to give you some extra boost. Um, this is only this is only described in a tooltip uh, that is shown to you when you are uh, when time is frozen. You're standing on top of the water and you are at the base of the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> uh, chapter chapter ten of sixteen right into the game. You've been able to do it the entire time. Yeah. Um, you know, and it could potentially be useful because again, that, that meteor strike, uh, thing you can do, you can effectively do a triple jump if it's on a wall and get that height, but the game just doesn't, isn't interested in teaching. Right. Um, you're supposed to know this. You like platinum games, right? Mm -hmm. You already know. Um, so pretty frustrating. Yeah. Uh, this, this little bit. Um, when you get across that thing, you get to the end, um, you can actually hear, uh, series of screaming for a mummy. Um, this ends that chapter. We go into chapter 11, uh, bankruptcy with peter francis dracy the cardinal virtue of justice this is also his name yeah so <laughs> so <laughs> sorry oh. that was a deep cut um yeah hey man 
<laughs> so, it was a burl cut. That's what it was. <laughs> we call our deep cuts. <laughs> so Luca and Ceresa are in this forest, you know, and they see trees coming down around them. Obviously, they're angels up to no good over in Purgatorio. Um, and Luca learns that he can actually look through Ceresa's glasses in order to see them. In fact, she pulls them off because he says, what's going on? Pulls them off, taps them, and then puts, you know, he, he puts them on and, and can, and can mm-hmm. see the angels immediately freaked out. This is, this is her, his first exposure to the idea that there are these monsters that you cannot see. Yeah. Yep. Um, we get to play Bayo fighting these angels there for a little bit in the forest, uh, however, the ground starts falling apart. Um, as this happens, Bayo uh, leaps to save Luca. They embrace in the air for a moment because uh, they, they, he's a romantic interest, kind of, um, until Bayo throws him behind her to get momentum. <laughs> yep, he Yoshi's him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, he's in sacrifice to get the hidden exit uh, on the cardinal virtue of justice. Yep. Uh, so now they're on an airfield again. <laughs> Which apparently is a different airfield. Yeah, maybe. Because I've been seeing this the little Bayo piece move across a map. Like, they are a continent away. Yeah. I know, you know you're just in a zone. Yeah. You're, like, you just go to zones. You're, you're, you're in boss zone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the boss is uh, this, the demon from whence the tentacles came. This is Eustia. Um, <laughs> you know, emerges from the ground first through two tentacles and then just this gigantic sphere of faces. Um, all with this kind of, like, baby heads. Um, and also they open their mouths and instead of having tongues, they've got these gigantic extruded baby heads that come out of the center of them. Uh, I'm more into this design than you are. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you didn't like this one. Oh no, no. I said the tentacles felt like they came from a different game, but I, I didn't say I didn't like this guy. Oh, okay. I th- I, you, you were talking, you were talking shit about the, about the one that's shaped like a sphere. I thought this is the one you were talking about. Oh no, no, no. No, I'm not measuring. That's how I <laughs> I'm not yeah. measuring my dick on this one. Yeah, yeah, listen, buddy. You don't like this. No, no. <laughs> you want I, I think this is fine. Yeah. And I actually, I think this is a fine boss fight as well. Like, I, I it's not my favorite thing in the world. It's, it's, you know, it, it's entered into a, I'd rather be doing this than a boss run through zones. Yeah. Like, man, so I was happy to see this mm-hmm. um, as a fight. So, no, I, I am into this. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, got, got another good old-fashioned three-phase boss fight on our hands. This time you're trying to rip out all of these tongues. So you're up on platforms and, you know, you've got the baby face on the tongue right in front of you trying to avoid the tentacles as they smash down around you. Yeah. And they can smash the platform you're at, which is a really weirdly like, uh, so then one of these, these plant heads will come down to grab you. If you do the dodge, um, you just go back up to another identical platform. Mm-hmm. It's weirdly consequenceless. Like there is not a, it's not a resource. You're not trying, you don't have a limited number of platforms. Yeah. To be on, it just gives you a, a quick QTE if you fall off, which is which is good. I don't want that to be death. No, no. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but as you you know stun this tongue, you get to run up it, uh, and each sequential tongue gets a little bit more elaborate by sending like rotating blades at you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then you run up and slash the kind of uh, you know the the inside of this orifice, which cuts it off. Right. Um, cuts off the tongue. <laughs> I love the way that it kind of. <laughs> Um, yeah, just ex- expels the entire armature of its tongue out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, until eventually you get to the, the, the final one, which uh, the, the, the serpent comes out, strips all the, the stone off the outside there. <laughs> um, and as, as you had, there's this huge bloody ball of meat that speaks in this child's voice. <laughs> out of the, the remaining, the last chair of base that exists. Yeah. Just dripping with blood. He says, it is just as the Lumen Sage foretold. He talks about the left and right eye joining to unleash Jubileus, the power of creation. Yeah. 
Um, as you eventually kill these things after they do their fi- get their final word in, they've been saying over and over, "May the great, may Jubileus grace you." Right. Uh, which is a little foreshadowing that you're going to fight God because video <laughs> games. Right. Um, this enters us into chapter 12, The Broken Sky. Right. Uh, which is a runner for the money for my least favorite chapter as well. I guess, I mean, after this, we do the missile chapter yeah. uh, pretty soon. But this thing with the uh, the plane that's going to fall and stuff, I don't like any of this either. No. Like, we're, we're firmly in, in Gary doesn't like territory with the exception of the, the two final bosses. Yes. Of this. So I don't like anything that's coming up. Right. Um, yeah. Except in those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Luca and Cereza, they get to the bottom of these glasses. It's not the glasses that are magic. You know, it's, it's her. That's Cereza. That's this little girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she also says like, oh, witches are strong. They help protect people, which baffles Luca, you know, who is operating under the idea that witches kill your dad. Yeah. <laughs> when you have a dad, you don't want. Dad busters. Yeah. <laughs> dad busters. Um, <laughs> So uh, Bayonetta shows up. Uh, Luca talks more about his dad. Uh, he was a journalist as well. Uh, and he chased the case of the light and dark clans. How the mm-hmm. clans were broken up by a child born between them. You know, so again, like, you know, the, the law of conservation of detail means that you people in the audience now know who this person is if you didn't already figure it out. Right, right. Um, yeah. So he's chasing after Bayonetta to get, to get revenge, but also to, to revenge, revenge. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he also wants to learn more about these clans, kind of finish his dad's life, life's work. Right. Yes. Um, yep. So, you know, the plan is to get onto this jet to get to the corporate headquarters. Now, now, the, now people in the audience are like <laughs> corporate headquarters. That is mentioned once before. Yeah. Uh, I think when you were at the other end of the bridge. However, there's a parent, there's a like a Final Fantasy S like angel tech company or something like that that is involved <laughs> yeah. with this stuff. This is such a weird left turn in terms of like what I'm doing in environment uh-huh. of this. Like this becomes a lot of military gray corridors and shit. Yeah. It's uh, s- s- Seraphimra instead of Shinra. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're never going to make it to the court, to the, the corporate headquarters. I was like, ah, corporate headquarters. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it was mentioned before. I know that, but yeah, it is yeah. very strange because we, it's not strange because of where we end up. It's strange with what was in the middle of the sandwich. Yeah. Or the beginning of the sandwich. sandwich. This is ancient, yeah. like marble work city. Yeah. It's like an English muffin. <laughs> and then you have some, some, uh, peanut butter, a piece of ham. And then a nice piece of like multi grain bread on the bottom. Like it is a sandwich, <laughs> but no part of it is of a piece. Gary, we don't talk about what is or isn't sandwiches. And the here. whole thing is inside a chalupa. Okay. You know, and the chalupa is bayonetta sexuality. Hmm. And then the crunch wrap supreme is, I, I you know, I've, I've lost a little bit of this metaphor. But I think it still stands mostly. No, no, keep going until you find it again. <laughs> <laughs> all right um, a little bit of fire sauce i think that's the sexual tension between bayonetta and herself not her yeah. younger self but her reflection in the mirror no, no, no that's that's good that's fine okay thank you yeah, yeah that was what i needed that cinched it um, so you found it again yeah uh there's also this moment between Ceresa and, and bayonetta you know she remembers this flashback and kind of asks the kid like hey is there anything that you that you love more than anything else you know, she holds up her her little her little doll at the start, but then I like, know actually she has this little piece of jewelry that really resembles Bayonetta's own kind of like chest jewelry, and Bay- mm-hmm. you know Bayonetta reaches That's up. That's not and, a euphemism, right? So. Right. I'm not, I'm not being gross, but like the the yeah. literal piece of jewelry that is over her cleavage window. That is me being gross. Okay. Uh, and she says, "Hey, <laughs> you, need, you know, she 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 reaches back, grabs a you know a ribbon out of her hair, and you know ties it, makes it into a necklace." 
uh, for mm-hmm. Ceresa saying, you know, if you love something, you have to keep it close, you know, as close to your heart as you can. Yes. Um, the runway explodes and this jet starts taking off. Uh, Luca saves Ceresa from the explosion, but she ends up being inside the jet. So you go after her. <laughs> right. Um, now we're in a jet and you, <laughs> um, you, this long corridor where, uh, things are bursting in from the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I fell out of this jet a lot. Yeah. You know, just kind of going around and then just a hole would open. I'd fall out of the jet and like, boy, um, there are a few mini bosses that we fight along the way inside the jet, but nothing new serpents that pop up and shoot like yeah. breath at you. Like, the, yep. like this feels just like perfunctory and out of nowhere and adds up, adds up to basically nothing. We spend a lot of time getting to this corporation. Yeah. <laughs> like this is not even the worst of it, but no. we spent a lot of time getting there. Yeah. Um, so as you continue on, eventually you fight uh, this final battle in this cargo bay and things start to slide down this ramp like the jet is upending. You go up to the front of the jet, uh, walk around on the out- – oh, it's not upending yet. It's coming soon. Yeah. Uh, you get out on the outside. Uh, John says, uh, back to your old self, are you? And you are now in the third fight, <laughs> which I only mentioned because it, it takes – to me, it takes away from the final fight of this quite yes. a bit. Yeah. Um, the third fight – and the next one will be in very short succession actually mm-hmm. uh, with John. Yes. Um. Yep. On top of this, on top of this jet, which fine, cool. I like the idea of fighting on top of a of a jet. I like fighting Jean. Like it's it's fun to fight somebody that you're really evenly matched with in terms of abilities. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that 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 are at your disposal. Um, but yeah, it does it does take a little bit of the uh, the specialness away it's from. Just, yeah, just, it just a, happens a lot of times. Yeah, you know, no matter how cool it is, it happens a lot. Yeah. Um, you do this. Uh, you know, you, you do this fight. Um, with John on top, the plane starts to go down. You had to leave the fight. Uh, you know, Jean says just kind of to the air, not yet. She's not ready. Um, you find uh, Cereza as the plane hits the water. And now we have this weird escort mission as electrified water uh, continues to rise. Um, previous to this, sometimes when you had Cereza, which happened like one other time, you could put her down and put her in a little shield. Mm-hmm. I know I would never got clear. and This could be my fault. I never got clear with the mechanics of this shield. I know if I put the shield down in the electric water, that was no good. <laughs> like here, yeah, it was like any, any anything that would reduce her health um, would also would also chip away at the shield. So enemies can attack the shield, right? But the shield doesn't have a health bar. She has a health bar. Okay. So I just didn't know what the. So I would try to focus fire. Like I would try to find a dry spot to put her down. I try to focus fire on the demons that were attacking the shield uh, that she was on. I just end up finding it very frustrating. The sense that yeah, I got, this. the sense that I got was that, like, regardless if an enemy was attacking her or if the water touched her, then she was, you know, she she was taking damage regardless. The water happens much quicker okay. than that because, yeah, the I know that she dies really quick in the water, and I was fighting, you know, so you you can criticize me for not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fighting some, some some demons, you know, some angel demons, uh, so I didn't notice and several times i just got a game over screen and i didn't know why yeah. like the water's rising during this too so like in each of these little arenas you have to try to find the driest highest point um there and sometimes that's very limited yeah and there i find the sequence very frustrating yeah i find um, it frustrating too yeah um but you eventually you know you eventually can witch walk like the moon comes in so you can actually walk up the side of the building you do this little chase uh, until you get up to the top um, the chapter 13, the cardinal virtue of prudence, <laughs> the sequel to mm-hmm. the cardinal virtue of temperance. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Luca arrives, he found a helicopter, um, and he's here to get Ceresa off of you. 
mm-hmm. but then the virtue, uh, Sapiencia, shows up, um, and it starts kind of giving this speech. Bayonetta decides that's enough of that, throws a piece of debris in its mouth. Um, th- th- that is a funny move. I like that when that happens. It is completely sold by her tiny fist pump that she does. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Um, he just kind of chews past it though. It yeah. says, like 500 years ago, the resurrection ritual was interrupted and that started the witch hunts. Right. Uh, and this is a boss fight chapter. Um, it is in water. Um, yep. you are surfing on a piece of plane. <laughs> yep. It's like, a, it's like a discarded piece of hull. It, it makes it a really weird fight because yeah. your movement uh, function, again, your gameplay mode has changed mm-hmm. completely. This is much less about like dodging and kind of character action stuff and much more about just kind of area of effect. Yes. Or at least the way I played it, like he would, he would uh, do his initial attacks, you know, close up, which felt kind of bayonetta-y and you could dodge and go into witch time and attack one of his feet. But mostly I would just kind of go around to the side, attack one of his feet and until he did this dive underwater, come back up thing. That you cannot, you can't, don't really witch time out of. You just kind of avoid. Yeah, you know. So uh, you keep kind of going back and forth, hitting these different different legs. Um, yeah, uh, and as you get these legs, you eventually summon this like gigantic spider demon, <laughs> uh, which hops on its back, and then you are steering the demon using the spider. Well, well, so, so no, the spider's over there. You hop onto the oh, back yeah, of yeah. this thing, use your hair to like Spider Man on, onto him, and then You're you right. and then you ratatouille him so you can pop culture reference him right into <laughs> right into the hair spider. Yes, foreshadowing something you do at the end as well. Yeah. Um, the first time this happened, I didn't uh, smack him down mm. in time because I didn't know exactly what I was like doing precisely. Like you switch perspectives, like it starts showing the spider. And I was thinking, oh, every single other time you climax, like that's kind of when, you know, oh, I have to tap a button Yeah. now. You know, this is a, this is a, a actual navigation thing. Like you're steering him, you're trying to rodeo him, you know. Uh, so I eventually got it, but it took a failure. Uh, and it's just kind of part of the general, like, let's shift into random gameplay modes every couple of minutes. I don't know what's expected of me. I don't know what to do. Like, it, yeah, it didn't tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, you know, eventually I got it. Not the biggest deal in the world. It's just an aggregate that I find them frustrating. Yeah. Um, eventually yeah. you you take him out. Yeah. Well, you take him out after he he submerges and creates kind of this vortex tunnel. And you're kind of playing a game of Tempest a yeah. little bit. Like you're you're dodging around the cylinder as you're trying to get in closer as he sends like tentacles and, you know, projectiles up at you. Eventually, you you know, you do enough damage. Uh, the spiders come, they suspend him in a web and they devour everything but his head. Yeah, <laughs> which falls over and it's about to open its mouth like it's going to do something and its jaw falls off. Yeah. Very cool. Thumbs up. Yep. Yeah, but it laughs that Bayonetta thinks that all of this is about some, you know, some stone. Like Bayonetta tried to do like a like a laburn, like, oh, this stone would have looked terrible on you anyway, far too loud. Um, yeah. Like, haha, it's a stone. <laughs> they look like yeah. stones to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then uh, we're back on the chopper. Like, oh, okay. Um, and you're heading to the central island of Vigrid, entering into my least favorite chapter in the game, um, chapter fourteen, uh, Isla de, de, del Sol. Uh, so we're in the chapter. Lucas says, hey, this is going to be dangerous. You're not going to like it. But he kept look, looking over at Ban and his boobs. Yeah. Uh, they do. A, there's one funny joke that happens with this. I love this. The so missiles much. are. This is pretty funny. The The missiles are coming. Uh, it does these panicked faces. It switches like, to, bruh, you know, Lucas. Bruh, bruh. You know, and then instead of Bayonetta's face, they just show her boobs that he was looking at. <laughs> it was pretty cute. Um, the explosion happens. Uh, Bayonetta has somehow fired the missiles from the chopper. And they're all on top of a missile. Uh, <laughs> right. And now we're on a 10 billion long year space harrier mission. I'm still playing it. 
I'm still playing it right now. I haven't put it down. I got my Switch in in handheld mode. Yeah. It just it goes again. It's very similar to the motorcycle thing where it's not that hard. I find it a little bit more frustrating because you are doing more. Uh, there are more enemies to deal with mm-hmm. than the motorcycle thing. But it's not my div- my issue with this is not necessarily that it's difficult. It's just that it doesn't end. Right. Um, well, also, like you go through so many phases, you know, you have multiple levels of just kind of Galaga patterns of enemies flying around at you. OK, whatever. But then you fight every one of the one of the virtues again in yes. their like space harrier boss form. Like, in tunnels, like, usually. Like, yeah. Pick one, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like to have and, come back, but not all four of them. I forget if it's true. all four. It's more than one uh, equal to or less than four. Yeah. And, and it just kind of, you know are these that interesting to bring back? You know, like, yes, this is a different mode of engaging with them mm-hmm. at the same time. Like it's just not an interesting thing to do yeah. in the game. Now from a set piece perspective, from a maximalism perspective there, again, you know, and I mentioned this a couple of times, like there are people who are going to see this and just be like, Oh, this is fucking awesome. You're riding a missile towards a city. Like I laughed that's, that's, like it's big. I, I was done with it by here. Yeah. Like the game is in debt. To me, <laughs> as far as frustration goes, like the the cool things it can do, just like no a gamer, longer I'm owed to this. Uh, like it owes me that. I've I put in time and frustration into this. It's just going to take longer. Yeah, to get it, it owes me a debt if it wants to get me into the positive. I guess. Yeah, like I am in a debt. I am in a negative state. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's it's like your your bank is overdrawn by eight hundred dollars. Putting a hundred dollars worth of spectacle into it doesn't do anything. Right. You know, I'm not out of the hole. Yeah. And that's where I rode for the rest of the game, excepting the the two, uh, not the next boss fight, which I just felt like was too similar to one we've done a thousand times, yeah. three times, but a lot of times, excepting the two last boss fights. Yeah. I just couldn't be impressed anymore. Yeah. You know, I was exhausted. Exhaustion uh, is you know, a good word for it. Like utterly exhausted, like just very exhausted. And it doesn't help that like we go through these outdoor and indoor sequences and it just keeps coming. <laughs> yep. you know, I know that I keep saying that, but I'm not. I mean, it's it's a very long sequence. Well, it's also they do something foolish in that they they give you the point to fix on. You know, they 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 give you the 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 tower. You know, the city <clears> off in the distance. And you think, okay, that's going to be my, my my marker for progress. It never gets bigger. Yeah, yeah. It it just feels it feels endless. Also, and I mentioned this at the very top of the episode, but when you dodge in this, you don't actually dodge. You do a barrel roll. The entire world turns upside down, and this made me very nauseous, which, like, is not going to – nauseated. It does, it's not going to happen to everybody. Um, it didn't happen to you, which surprised me. But every time I dodge, which you have to do because this is much more combat-focused than the uh, the motorcycle, mm-hmm. um, I would get a little queasy. Yeah. Like – and that could be me playing in handheld mode. That could be a number of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So yeah, I, I played this at, – at this point, I was not in bed. I was playing this on my TV, so I was not in handheld mode. That could that could be it, but to me, this is unquestionably the low point of the game. It's not it's not good. And when I said like, oh, he wasn't apologized by this about this, Camilla, when you know, in, in interviews, he said, yeah, you know, it's fine. I know people are angry about it. If it was up to me, I would have made it longer. Oh, okay. <laughs> that that guy is kind of a classic asshole. Yeah, like he does a lot of anytime uh, somebody he's real like free with blocks on Twitter, which I generally support. Yeah. But I've read a little bit like there's a lot of reputation stuff with him that is like that. Mm. Like that's very on brand for him just to be like, well, yeah, fuck you, you know, um, as a thing, which is like it's frustrating. Yeah. You know, he's he's made a bunch of stuff I like. Yep. You know, we, we didn't talk about it, but he's like he's a Resident Evil dude, too. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but I, I just that attitude is very frustrating. And the fact that he's just straight up like 
I took every fetish I have <laughs> and made it into a character. I'm unapologetically horny for this is not appealing to me. No, like that's that's part of what makes it okay for some people. To me, not apologizing for something does not you know being aware of it, lampshading something doesn't make it okay. Yeah, it doesn't make me like. And when I say okay, like it doesn't make me like it anymore. Yeah. You know, is a, is a more accurate way to put it. So that dude, like, you know, I didn't I didn't read that interview. I didn't know that he said if it was up to me, I would have made it longer. That mm-hmm. pisses me off. Like, no. not like enough. I'm going to go like smash a table or anything. No, but like, no. what a dick. Yeah, not you a know? not a good look. No, not not in particular. No. You eventually arrive at the, the building. Jean swoops in on this missile that she's also been riding, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, you know, you made it this far. That should be enough. You're back to your old self. And we get some exposition before this boss fight. Yes. As we mentioned. 500 years ago, there was a child born between dark and light. That child was banned. Was late. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the daywalker. Like, oh, no. The camera the reveals it's been played the whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so so uh, man, you really derailed me. No, that child was Bayonetta, um, yeah. and and John was the one who killed her mother. I yeah. think, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm confused. I, the story story stuff is dead to me yeah, in okay. this game at this point, like very much. And again, I'm not I'm not just trying to beat that thing, but it's why I don't remember. I right, can't help your right. I, I made I made a note, but like some of this, like initially, I thought that the person who we saw like knelt down in the cage was Bayonetta's mother, who was like being punished. For mm. you know, birthing Bayonetta, but then it's revealed that it that it is her. I don't. I, I I'm I'm confused, and nothing that I saw like in a synopsis clarified that. Here's a. Do you want to be witness to a unique thing in the world? Sure. Um, I'll let you know after I watch the anime. It'll answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. those words will never be spoken by you again. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, you heard it here. First and last, folks. <laughs> For how little you like this, I am astonished that you would. I, I like the character. Like, uh-huh. I want to see a cogent version of the story that yeah. doesn't, like, exhaust me into not caring about it. Okay. You know? Like, I, I, like, and you think I anime is the... where you're going to find something that is not exhaustion. <laughs> th- I'm not speaking qualitatively. <laughs> I'm speaking only about you and your reaction I, to that medium generally. I think it's 90 minutes long. Okay. So it's a salt movie. If there was a version of this that was not an anime, I would also watch that. Gary, how about this? Adaptation Decay. That, that's a fun, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Um, that's pretty fun. So, yeah, let's, uh, it gives me an excuse that I'm doing it for work as well, so I don't, like, have to turn in my card. Yeah. You know? Um, so. <laughs> and, and it's and it's a premium episode, so if we say something unkind about that medium, uh, then very few people can be upset at us. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a great idea. Um, so Luca arrives. Uh, he's in a troop transport. Um, I think at this point we thought he had died. Is this where he, no, he should, this is, this is, this is coming up. They're setting right, this up now. Right, right. Um, taking the, this artifact that Gene's holding, or John's holding, uh, then he drives away as he and uh, Ceres are blown up. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and then we get our boss fight. So this is uh, very similar to the, the John boss fight that we've had. Mm-hmm. There are some, there are some added tweaks to it, um, which uh, they're added, added moves and it's harder. Like, yes. she's just kind of better. Yeah, she's faster, a little bit more relentless in her attacks on yes. you. Um, and also, you're changing venue a lot. 
Yeah. Um, and, and I want to say like, that, you know, when I say that I'm not a big fan of this, I would cut one of these. I wouldn't cut this one. No, God, you know, no, this, this is great. I like this. Yeah, this is largely considered to be the best boss fight in the game. Um, I think that like, I probably agree with that. I just wish that we just, this wasn't so similar to stuff I've already done. Yeah. You know, so like, I like this being here. I just think it's weakened by not being as unique as it could be. Yeah. Um, and it is, uh, in my exhausted state, some of the maximalism stuff here gets to me, like her tossing buildings and planes and missiles at you and shit. Like, <laughs> right. I'm a little over it. Like I just, mm -hmm. you know, okay. Yep. No, you've impressed me. Yeah. I'm impressed. It's big. Yeah. You've impressed me. Okay. What's bigger than that? Oh, a planet. You'll do that next. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's big. Yep. You got it. It's big. What's bigger than that universe? Why not? Yeah. Okay. Big. You know, like it's reached a terminal velocity of over the top action for me. Yeah. So, um, but as a, as a fight goes, it's a good fight. Yeah. Um, and also like I went into this, this is when I first, I'd done a little bit, but I really started leaning on consumables because I had to, mm -hmm. um, because I was terrified they'd make me do that fucking jet thing again. If I died, <laughs> I was like, I got I'm, I'm never going to see it. I'm never going to find out. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, 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 I would, I, you know, and I, I'm not proud of this and I probably wouldn't have because this is a Patreon demanded episode. If I had to do the jet thing again, after dying on this, I might've stopped. Yeah, I've been like, that's too that's too much to ask. That's a bad decision. And I can't support this. But yeah. I used consumables and didn't have to. So generally the checkpointing in, the, in this game is fine. It puts you like back at the beginning of a verse. Yeah. 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 And a lot of times during those little QTE things that are instant fails that are set up out of nowhere, it just makes you do the QTE again. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of a weird thing. Like if you die that it doesn't even put you at the beginning of a verse. Yeah. So it's it's not a huge it's not my favorite thing, but the consequences are not rough. Right. You know. So yeah. this fight goes on for a long time. You do a lot of change of venues. You walk up the sides of buildings. You jump mm -hmm. from missile to missile, et cetera, et cetera. It's gen um, gen generally the best expression of this combat, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, as as you you beat her, um, and she has uh, tons of health bars too. Like her her health bar is a new color. Yep. And as you wear it down, it goes to color color. You're doing many many layers like a gobstopper. <laughs> um, as she lies defeated, she reveals the bayonetta holds the most uh, beloved Umbran treasure. Her chest gem is actually the left eye. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. And we get more of this kind of climactic battle, you know, from, from, from before. And, you know, somebody like turns and looks at the woman in the cage, says, uh, Stan, Cereza, you know, and then, mm -hmm. and, you know, as, as, uh, Bayonet is kind of, you know, getting, having this epiphany, realizing what's going on, Jean wheels around and shoots Bayonetta in the head, but she's unscathed. Nothing that happens to Bayonetta actually, like, marks her or leaves her yeah. looking any worse with the wear. There's never a hair out of place, except when it is a dragon. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but then missiles hit the roof, blowing Bay Bayonetta away and potentially killing Jean. Yes. Um, so Luca and Cereza show up um, in the lobby where Bayo lands. Um, they escaped that explosion. We thought they were going to explode. Yeah. It definitely implies that maybe they were gone. Uh, they were not. Right. Uh, and this switches us into chapter 15 because like what this game needs to <laughs> this, like this, that should have been the final fight in the game or at least like the lead up to the climax. But there's another like corridor level where we're fighting a lot of the same bosses. Again. Cut this, cut this. Instead of blowing me to the lobby, blow me to the top of this fucking tower. Yep. Chapter 15, a tower of truth. Um, a mysterious, you're in the lobby of mysterious voice calls down, says, uh, telling you to use the power of the eyes. Um, Cereza hears this, saying it's the voice of Daddy, uh, and she runs further into the building. Yes. So you have to kind of chase her, which is kind of the setup for this this chapter. Yeah, this is the Ithaval building, kind of the, the forces of the Lumen Sages representing light, kind of in this really unbalanced way. Yes. 
And okay. this whole level is a gigantic climb up this tower. You know, it is riddled with these combat lobbies. You know, you're in these hallways. Uh, and you get you get these uh, kind of like reduxes, these redos of virtue boss fights as they are yeah. kind of like hovering outside the window trying to take you down. Yep. Yep. Which is, you know, a turret section. It's not a bad turret section. Right. You know, it's fine. This is actually so once I got up to there, I, I did that. And it was fine. But by the time I had fought the same like mini boss again, this is the point at which I down it, you know, lower the difficulty. Yeah. So if people want the the precise moment to call me a cock, like that's where. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't again. It wasn't so hard. I did that turret section. I was okay. Mm -hmm. I just was like, we're really doing this again, huh? Yeah. Like I, I had no faith I was going to be shown anything new. Yeah. Um, when you get to the the bosses, they are new. I do like them. I played them in easy mode because I needed the game to end. Yeah. Because it's again, I'm just I'm in debt. Yep. You know, I'm in, I'm in fun debt. Um. So, fun debt is not as appealing as fun dip. Yeah, fun dip. Now, mm. now there is a even even just the the chalky sticks are good. I love the chalky time. stick. What even flavor are those? I I don't know. Necco wafer, which I yeah, also it's like, like. It's like a weird van, kind of vanilla, like yeah. a tangy vanilla, mm. like a yogurt, yogurt <laughs> stick. Um, you uh, uh you continue to to do this. You you fight encounters again and again and again. Um, <laughs> there's a part where you're doing this like witch walking up these platformers. Uh, platforms these like glowing platforms this is where i use the crow transformation to skip a lot of this same um because they, they disappear they rotate around um and this is a weird point where uh you can fall from the top um if you uh are up near the the top of this thing and get off of uh one of the walls where witch walking works mm -hmm. up until this point witch walking was never tied to a surface it was always tied to the moon kind of shining down mm -hmm. and if the moon was there if it wasn't there you know but there are places where if you walk you just fall yeah uh, here um so you can start and do the whole thing again i ended up doing it the whole thing three times i'll admit like i was you know probably not being as careful because i was rushing mm -hmm. but i still i feel like that just you know it impacted my experience yeah you get there you fight the golem again everybody's favorite <laughs> um you know not appreciably different right it's just a different arena which also is like flat and more featureless yeah it's a, yeah. It's, a it's a more boring arena <laughs> Um, and the final bit is this rematch with Prudence. This, I think, is, you know, along with the anti-aircraft, you know, section as the mm -hmm. one that's the most changed. And you're not fighting Prudence or what is it? Uh, Sapiencia. Uh, you're, mm -hmm. not, you're not fighting it um, in the water. It's actually like on this big run up um, and you are trying to fight it back as the floor behind you, like the facade behind you falls away. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. We we just did it, which, <laughs> yep. but it is it is pretty changed. Yeah, we 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 just so. fought this model. We didn't just do this fight. Yeah, exactly. Um, after you get done with that, you get to chapter sixteen, uh, the Lumen Sage. You walk into the office, and there is I. You got. I'm glad you have this in the notes. I had him in my head as David Bowie meets uh, G <laughs> from uh, from Typing of the Dead. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's David G. Bowie. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he turns around. He's David. He's David Bowie. Half of his face is covered by a mask. He even sounds a little bit like him. My my favorite detail with him as a character is that he has he's wearing just a dead swan. Yep. Like just his head is there like a full on dead swan. Well, he's bjorking it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's bjorking it hard. Yeah, um, there's Porky Pigging, which is wearing a shirt but no pants. There's yep. Bjorking it, which is wearing, you know, a swan. There's Bjorky Pigging it, which is wearing a swan but no pants. Yeah, and there's Porky Bjorking it. Which, <laughs> which is, I, I wish I, I don't know who, uh, if, if Bjork is coupled with anybody. That would have been a good place for that joke, but I don't know enough about Bjork's romance life. No. So, 
So, anywho, <laughs> uh, he reveals this is actually Balder. He's Bayonetta's dad, and he has Cereza. Yes. Uh, the obvious is revealed that the little girl is not Bayonetta's daughter. Um, it, it is actually Bayonetta herself, who has been pulled out of out of her time when she was a young child to uh, kind of run around and see all this. And most importantly, for adult Bayonetta to see her so that her memories can be restored, helping her live into her role as the left eye of the world. Yes. Um, yeah. So th this is a very long expedition dump. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Balder has the right eye. Uh, together, they're going to use this to awaken Jubileus. Uh, Luca shows up. Which like he survived, which is the the surprising thing. Mm -hmm. um, Balder and this they happens again too. Balder revealed uh, the truth of how Luca's dad died. Um, he was torn apart by angels that Luca couldn't see. Bea tried to save him but could not. Yes. Uh, and then and then Luca gets thrown out a window. Um, he tries that Luca or Bea tries to save him. Like he shoots him. Bea like deflects the bullet, etc. No. Um, but throws him out a window. Right. Uh, he makes a Bea pun too. To... He says like now that we've dealt with <laughs> we put that beyond the frame or something like that and now that luca's got the lid off it's time to to continue um so uh, <laughs> luca's no longer on the luca's on the hundredth floor second floor zeroth floor <laughs> Zero, negative tenth floor <laughs> um Bayo tries to shoot him but he can slow down time he turns the bullets around midair yeah um and then we have this boss fight yeah uh with, with balder which again i played on easy so i don't know how true this is but i still had fun i think this is a cool boss fight it's very similar to a souls fight mm -hmm. to me yeah um, well he's he's great so he's about on the same scale as jean is but he um functions very differently because he mostly hovers at a distance and uses uh kind of range attacks on you yeah um but he gets in close you know from time to time and you kind of had to beat him into doing it yeah um either by shooting him or dodging his range attacks until he gets in and then when he gets close he reminds me very soulsy mm -hmm. like a very soulsy boss i got like a king a lot well he's got that uh he's got that sword that like is is nothing when it's not activated but then it like quickly turns into this massive lightsaber kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which is really cool mm -hmm. like um you know he's trying to keep you to keep your distance you can do a lot of like dodging to get behind him mm -hmm. and stuff too like a lot of sidestepping yeah yeah. I mean, he looks great too. Like he just go, he goes full on peacock. Like he's just yeah. he's just covered with this plumage. Yep. Very yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> there, 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 a, there's a little he, bit of maximalist stuff. Like he calls down a satellite laser on you. Well, he calls it down, and if you get the prompt, you bat it back and forth, uh -huh. like uh, Agahim and and Link <laughs> um, in that boss fight. So you know, again, I just I'm exhausted. Like, okay, I guess <laughs> that's cool, but I'm I'm done. Um. You eventually you fight him until he he goes down. You deal the death blow by loading your lipstick into a gun and shooting it, and then you control the lipstick. You steer it. Uh, <laughs> you steer it as pieces of glass show up to try mm -hmm. and knock you off your 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 path. Um, you aim for his head. You hit his forehead. Uh, you say, "Don't fuck with a witch." Good, <laughs> you know, good good final line there. Um, you uh, and then you, you know you beat him. Bayo puts uh, Cereza back into her place, which closes this time loop and brings back all of her memories. Uh, oh. She collapses. Uh oh, and, <laughs> she did, uh, she did the thing. She shouldn't. Have she done did it. the thing that yep that they didn't want her to do. Uh, Baldur ascends to take Bayonetta and put her in the eye of the statue. Yes. Now, though, when I talk about this having more false ends than Return of the King, like <laughs> I didn't think it was just going to end with that. I knew this guy was going to one wing angel in some way. Uh huh. I think the epilogue is too long in this game. Oh, it, it's absolutely the final chapter. Um, yeah. and, and credits roll like two times. <laughs> Credits roll multiple times, and yeah. it ends with, like, a scene with Bayonetta dancing, and I don't know if that actually—I skipped it, which I felt like—I was like, I'm not going to skip this, I'm going to watch all this, but, like, is this going to do anything other than just a dance? <laughs> like, we'll, we'll get to that, but, like, boy, yeah. does it—it it ends a lot. Yeah. So— um, 
the epilogue itself. So the HQ, in order to kind of, uh, I guess, get the statue of Jubileus in place, the HQ tower takes off like a rocket, you know, and the statues at the very top. Jean, she has survived um, all this action. She sees this. She's now dressed, you know, like in a, in a white version of Bayonetta's outfit. She leaps onto her motorcycle and rides up the side of the building as it takes off. And we have another motorcycle uh, kind of section with the added benefit, a duet of treasures, a duet yes. of pleasures, uh, both the motorcycle segment and also uh, for driving into the camera and shooting behind you. Yep. Yeah, you don't have to do very much dodging here. Like this no. is um you know not that heinous but again i'm just like i'm I'm, (laughs) Um, eventually you start going forward which is good yeah she makes it to the top there's also like where some of the cinematics were getting in the way of the action yeah um like you you go forward at some point it changes to a side view and the camera zooms way out yeah uh, here but you still have to continue like you still are controlling the motorcycle here you know it's just it's very um like the tv tropes like rule of cool thing uh, which the whole game has been, but here's where it started actually interfering with the, the action to me a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you look, so if you go to uh, YouTube, you know, I, I filled in some of the blanks in this notes or in these notes because I'm not going to take notes when I'm in bed. I'm not a fucking animal. Yeah. Um, but if you look at like just like the world of long plays play of this, uh, A, it makes me feel good because that person is about the same level of skill with this game as that I am, mm-hmm. which is nice. So like, yay, somebody else who sucks like me. Um, I'm sure that mm-hmm. person is a fine person. Um, but like you look at it, and, like most of these chapters, it's like half an hour, half an hour, half an hour. Like, maybe for a boss chapter, it's like 15 minutes. This one, boom, hour. Oh God, yeah. for the epilogue, really? <laughs> I, I I really thought that I was I I was done. Yeah. By this, you know, like I I uh, you know, and and part of it, like I'm not ashamed of saying, like I was trying to get done. Yeah. You know, but this being as long as it was was very frustrating to me. Yeah. Um. You get up to the top, uh, and you pull Bayonet out of the eye socket. Balder panics uh, because now that you've done that, nobody will be able to control Jubileus. The eyelid closes around him, and now we get the final boss fight with with God. Yes. Uh, before we get there, though, uh, not to add to more false ends here, we should add that um, Jean, you know, she didn't betray you on her own. Um, Balder was, like, manipulating her. He used yeah. mind, mind control to get her to turn on you. She's actually, like, your best bud. Like, yeah, she, she, you know, wanted to do everything with you. So, yeah, you know, it is, yeah, it, is get... it, it is, it is in line for her to save you. Yeah. And it, it feels like, you know, I, I assume that they were frenemies at best yeah. at this point. Like, I didn't think she was going to be a villain by this point. Yeah. You know, but it does, it does make that textual. Yeah. And Bayonetta too is like, it's about saving Jean because she dies mm-hmm. and goes to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get this, this, this fight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this very many, many phases. <laughs> It is so this long. Fight. It is a very long fight. Yeah. Um. Was this, I mean, so I played this on easy. Uh-huh. It was not hard. Is this hard? No, it's not particularly hard. There's one bullshit thing about it, which is, you know, one of its many attacks is to kind of punch a hole in the galaxy sphere around it. This is, mm-hmm. this is galaxy brain dot boss fight, by the way. Very much. Um, <laughs> punches a hole in the, in the galaxy sphere. And that causes like a vortex that sucks things out. That is instant death. Okay. Um, and this is a game that doesn't really truck with instant death. And with as long as this boss fight is, uh, you know, and with how non checkpointed it is, it just drops you back to the beginning. So it makes it even longer. Yeah. So even, even if you are not me, it is possible to succumb to fatigue. Yeah. In this. So, um, you know, I'm not going to go through all the individual attacks. There are a lot of different phases. Like he has a fire phase 
where he kind of creates a fire on the ground. You have to go between these different lava islands and fight these faces. Yeah. Uh, to get him to rip out his uh, his his wings, you know, his his uh, his kind of socket things. Then he has an ice phase. It's very similar. Um, this kind of moves on to a third phase when you eventually take care of him. Uh, you you throw him. Um, you summon this dark goddess, which is a gigantic version of Bayonetta entirely out of hair, <laughs> which is pretty cool. You punch him, <clears throat> then you have to steer him into the sun. Um, there's a unique unique cutscene if you hit one of the planets, because uh-huh. it hurts him, but then he eventually gets up, and then he fights you. Yeah, yeah. So you, you get kind of an interesting, like, non-standard game over scene. Yeah. We're, we're, we're calling Jubileus a he. It makes no sense to gender this god. It is explicitly feminine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, apologies for that. It was just because it became uh, out of uh, Balder. Yes. You know, Balder summoned it. So that's what I was thinking. But, yeah. 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 Um, not, I, not a, not a... <laughs> I do like what's what's that summon that Sephiroth does in the, in the at the end of Final Fantasy. Yeah. 7? Yeah. Yeah. It, even him calling down the satellite reminded me that of that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, so I, I didn't want to I didn't want to test this because I was. I was I was just a little bit fatigued as well. I I I wanted to see if there was a special cutscene if you run if you run the into god Earth. into Earth. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I also didn't want to test it because I was certainly not going to do anything over it. <laughs> right, you know here and and this is this is so you know throwing him into the sun like I get why that's cool. Mm-hmm. I I just think that like there's you know you know you have to have again you have to have quiet for there to be loud. Yep, you know like at this point you know this was not cool to me that this was happening. This was perfunctory. Like there's no other way for this to end. Yeah. You know, this, this weird thing that is uh, getting a lot of charm out of being unpredictable and big was now predictable because of the context laid for it. Yeah. It's you know, um, it felt like it shattered itself horse. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. I am self horse. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Hello. Um, so you do that, uh, you get the credits, uh, the credits are rolling, it looks like it's hopeless, but then John shows up, uh, and she's like, hey, you know, you saved the universe only for it to, to end, um, you know, that statue that's falling to Earth, we can save it. Yeah. So there, there's, like, more play, like, <laughs> you know, false ending number two. Yeah. It, it, uh, it It is a very sweet line, though, because, you know, Jean shows up, you know, opens up, opens up the statue, pulls Bayonetta out and says, you're one of a kind, if you're not, if you're not alive, who's going to save the world? Yeah. Right. I just like it, that's it, very sweet. You know, you're one of a kind. Yeah, it's it's a it's a sweet sentiment. Yeah. Um, I I was done. I really wanted to be done, <laughs> and it just doesn't happen. Like you 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 fight the statue, you break up all the parts of the statue. Uh, the remains kind of burn up. <clears throat> Luca swears that Bayonetta, you know, like you can't either. You get to this funeral. Uh, the funeral is a fake out. <laughs> uh, Bayonetta doesn't die, and we get something that quotes the first the beginning. Uh huh. Uh, here, like almost exactly. Right. Bayonetta's in the coffin. Jean is the priestess. Yes. Uh, and they end up having a big old, you know, the the the, the fight continues. We're going to continue. Enzo is fucking there. Yeah, Enzo's there. Like, remember that game? <laughs> you know, like where there was like somebody planted a bug. Doesn't that seem like that was seven? You know, remember that? Doesn't it seem like it was seven billion years ago? Yeah. Like a game where somebody could plant a bug and that could be a plot point. <laughs> you know, it's it's so weird. And it, it's definitely supposed to, I don't know, make me nostalgic or just kind of fondly remember that part. But like. Yeah. It has a really weird effect on me yeah. doing this quote, <laughs> you know, to something that is not like, because it's not something I have tons of affection for that earlier kind of setup. Uh-huh. It's just so disconnected from the series of zones we've gone through that are disconnected. Yeah. Like so much of this feels like it is of a piece, you know, because of that tone, because of the maximalism. But then you see like the like the length, the football field that you traveled and you realize, oh, like these end zones are entirely different. 
Like it, it, it's that it's that bad sandwich. Yeah. You know, it's like it is a sandwich, so it is of a piece, but the spacing between those elements is just so you know so strange. Yeah. It ends with you doing this team up, big angel battle. Credits number one of three start, <laughs> uh, during which you still fight. Yeah, so you're fighting. Which... You're being graded on your fight too. Yes, uh, in very platinum style. Then it switches to second credits. <laughs> then it switches to third credits, which is Bayonetta like dancing, and that's where I literally just turned off my switch and was like, <laughs> you know, I, I there are credits I'm, like, after I... that too. <laughs> I, I really, yeah, there are credits for the different versions. Well. Okay. <laughs> like I know I'm like ninety nine point nine percent through this experience, but like I drained like a whole battery during this last chapter pretty much. <laughs> well, and it's it just kept, it's like, a switch. My, That's not saying much, man. My switch kept like warning me. You know, and, and usually when it warns me, I take that with a grain of salt. You know, because like oh fifteen percent, like I can actually get get some time on that. Yeah, yeah. Um when I eventually just turned it off and plugged it in, it was at like two percent. <laughs> it nearly died just from this like last chapter and series of ending after ending after ending. That is so funny. Here. It is it is very funny in a way that the the joke is on me. Well, yeah, I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing yeah. at me too because I went through it. But yeah, it's 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 just like, and I get how that's funny on the surface. It's just contextually didn't work for me. Right, right. You know, like I I was just already too worn down. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and and there's a there's a version of this. You know, really early on in the episode, where I was talking about the conversation I had with my from our community. Like this kind of Michael Bay Maxillism works for me on a movie scale. Yeah, it just it just doesn't work for me for this long. Yeah, you know. That's that's reasonable, you know, and like so I played this over the course of like 10 days, you know, <clears> here and there a little bit backloaded because that's usually what happens. It's not like I was rushing this. It's not like I was inviting fatigue, you know, I, I want to make a point of saying that, too, is that I was not doing that. Like yeah. we actually moved our recording this a day later than usual. So I wouldn't have to do that. Right. You know, like, uh, you know, I, I did, uh, you know, I, I lost my cat and that did set off my my schedule. Right. So, and it was very hard to want to play something that had this tone while mourning. Right. Um, so I didn't for, you know, but I, I'd started before that, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't just play this all in the last few days. I started and was a good chunk through it, you know, and finished it in the last like three days, which for like a, a 12 hour game over three days when that's your job is not rushing it. Right. You know, that's not getting more than your USDA recommended allowance of Bayonetta. Right. You know, and so like the, the, the thing that I can take away from this, like, is one, like the parts of the combat that I liked, I liked and the enemy design and some of those boss fights, those patterns I've had a lot of fun with. Mm-hmm. I can't, cannot deny that. I came away from this really liking the character. Yep. You know, like I would like a Bayonetta action figure. Like I like Bayonetta. I think so that she is very cool and very good. Mm-hmm. That anime, man, like that's, that's saying a lot, you know, <laughs> I just, the game, I just really wanted it to be and you know better is the word i want to reach for i understand that it would be can be frustrating to people because people love this game mm-hmm. i wanted it to be closer to something that i would like yeah you know if, that, if that's a more neutral way to put it i wanted it to be more in line with like the values the things i like in games the things i even like in other games by this developer and in this genre yeah you know so i come out of this liking bayonetta you know, again, like echoing the things that you say, I like the character. I think the the silliness and even the scale worked much better for me than it did for you. Like, you know, even if I, even if I wasn't laughing, even if it didn't like sell me or paper over, you know, the just kind of the, the very bad pacing problems, the reuse, those those really slack chapters in the middle, things like that. Um, it still, you know, carried carried a little bit of weight for me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, then that's. 
that's something that makes me excited to play Bayonetta 2 because by all by, by all indications it is, you know, a better game, it's better presented, more coherent, etc. and down the line. Like cool, si- sign me up. That isn't about about this game though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I uh, I also had just uh, you know f- f- fatigue is the word and I don't want to repeat that too much lest we get fatigue fatigue. But but yeah, fatigue fatigue fatigue. Um, yeah, so I, I ran into that as well, and I don't know what you, what you do with that aside from just, aside from just edit. And I think that in the broad scheme of thing, like if I am looking at, looking at platinum slash clovers, platinum like efforts on the whole, I, you know, ranking them for my own preferences, like this still falls below God hand and revengeance, even if I like the style of this better than those. And I fucking love the style of both of those games. Mm-hmm. you know yeah i just i just like the, the 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 play and pace of those better as as mon as monstrously poorly paced as as uh revengeances mm-hmm. um and as kind of byzantine as the play is and and god hand i think both of those both of those stack up so it forms this weird little triad where they all have different different str- strengths and weaknesses that complement each other in strange ways yeah i would i would agree that like out of like i love gene uh-huh. In God Hand. And I like uh like Revengeance to the Miracle of making me kinda like Raiden, who is a character who I think is bad. <laughs> every every instance of him other than that, you know? Right. Um this is by far the best character of a character action game. Yeah. This is the most fun person to be in their skin. Right. You know? Um yeah, and I, it cannot be uh, cannot be oversold how joyful Bayonetta yeah. and just kind of like the this the silliness of this is like those moments those winks at the camera just the overall campiness of it sign me the fuck up yeah yeah like the, the <laughs> things know? as as it relates to Bayonetta like yeah. almost always work to me with yeah. for me like I'm you not... know as it related to her enemies or kind of the plot structure yeah you know less so you know like what if uh you know like what if we you, you know rode on a jet ski to the moon and then on the moon we rode the moon into the sun and then when the sun blew up we rode pieces of it to another universe that we slammed into a god you know like that kind of stuff i think is not good that doesn't yeah. feel as a part of the, just the character yeah like the way that she interfaces with the world her posture um the way uh that she talks to people and interacts with things is really charismatic yeah you know, and that's the, like the only word that they really have for it. And that stuff is very good. It's just where they put her. You know, that's yeah. why that I'm sympathetic to the anime is because like maybe they don't put her in that. Yeah. You know, maybe like she's just in another thing. Like, you know, I, I Bayonetta in God Hand mechanics <laughs> is what I want. Yeah. I know that wouldn't work, but I want like, a, you know, scalable fights, you know, a scale that I can comprehend as far as the, the actual stakes mm-hmm. go. Because like if this had been like a traditional narrative game we would also be rolling our eyes at these stakes. Yeah. You know, like going and killing God that is being controlled by an evil corporation is about the most cliche thing you can get in Japanese game development. Right. That exists, you know? So like, it's not like it functions in terms of stakes either mm-hmm. with that. Like it just, I want to see this character in something that I can care about, you know, even the emotional stuff about her childhood and this, this cosmology stuff, like just doesn't work for me. Right. You know, it's, it's a weird thing. I want to extract her. Like I want to save her. Yeah. From it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the sense that I get so far and from reputation, and I know that this is about the first Bayonetta, not, not the second one. The second one is, is very much Bayonetta has learned to care about other people without losing her style. And that makes the, that makes the story and the motivation and the things that you're doing feel much more satisfying than this. Yeah. 
which is an interesting way to take it. And like maybe at some point, once I am, you know, I've I've put savings into my fun account enough to get back up into the, you know, into the black, the Bayo zone, and uh, you know, into the Bayo zone. Like I might be interested in that. As is like the mechanical stuff, which I like that I did have fun with. I like less than Revengeance and God Hand, mm-hmm. and I don't know that that's enough. Right, you know. So I'm I'm gonna go and watch all of her her Smash Brothers quips, you know, on 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 YouTube. Like I want that. Yeah. You know, all those things. I just I just wish I had more faith in this as like a, a you know I know that like people keep saying the second one d- addresses that problem. I just have a hard time having faith in the the team to do that part of the game. No, I guess you know the second one also has a different director. Camilla only which, oversaw yeah. it. <laughs> so which he 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 oh, quote unquote oversaw it. <laughs> you know, with a with a vengeance night after night. Yeah. As a yeah, there was chafing um, involved. Yeah, chafing, chafing the oversaw. So yeah. I also and just you know I I hope that this uh, doesn't need to be said, but just in case it does, me grousing about this does not reflect on the person who requested it at all. No, Steven. no. Um, I was very happy to have a chance to play it, and like I legitimately came out of this. You know, when I talk about having that interrogation with myself, like that was meaningful to me as somebody who thinks about how I appreciate art. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was a really kind of tentpole game for me figuring out these things I've had inklings of, but really kind of solidifying some of these like things that, you know, knowing what works for me. Yeah. So super useful in that respect. And I think this was an interesting episode, even for people who are going to hate it because they, they think that I'm wrong and that, that, you know, is a dumb opinion. I think it at least made an interesting episode. Gary, you know, give, so give yourself more credit. Some people might just hate me. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you liked the thing they, they, liked, they liked. Well, I mean, I didn't say that, they would hate me for this reason. Okay, yeah, I mean, because that's the that's the metric by which people hate that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, but uh, Stephen, I mean, huge thank you. Yeah. You know, and I, I I hope that did not make you feel shitty in any way because that's no. definitely not my intent. No, when I when don't, when you suggested yeah. this, it was like I jumped for it. I was like, yes, we absolutely have to do this. This is our chance. Um, yeah, yeah. Knowing what I don't know, I wouldn't have changed it anyway. So me either. Yeah, even, me either. Like even you know, going into fun deduct, like yeah. I would have fun deduct. I would have <laughs> still wanted to do it. So and just to have the experience, and it is a singular experience, <laughs> you know, as a thing. So like, uh, thank you very much, Stephen. I'm not just saying that because of Patreon reasons. I mean it legitimately. Like, mm-hmm. really, really uh, thankful for the for the opportunity. Yeah. next episode cool well gary next episode we are doing our special for the year kind of our special topics episode about arcades yeah uh, we have done this topic before um but we uh it's been a while mm-hmm. and uh it's, it's <laughs> been some time and <laughs> i hung, I hung the, that uh, one out there for you we got we got a pocket full of coins yeah. And we're heading to the game place. Yeah. Ding, 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 yeah we, ding, we, ding. we got a pocket full of key cards and we're heading to the Dave and Busters. <laughs> yeah. Um, so even that episode that we've done before, that was pretty cursory. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be an entire podcast about just going different arcade games. Yeah. Um, we're not that podcast, but I don't like ignoring something that big. No. Um, so that is episode of the kind of general structure. I do want to kind of uh, revisit the idea of arcades in general. Because mm-hmm. revisiting it with this kind of intentionality has like 
there are just a lot of different concerns that make that different than any other type of gaming. Mm -hmm. Like hardware, I had to go to a different arcade to play one of my games because the one I played had a shitty joystick. Blech. Not a thing that you have to deal with at home. No. You know, like that kind of physicality is very interesting. Um, so we talk about that a little bit. And then we are each also choosing three games to, if not beat, uh, get some degree of skill at and progression. To, be, to become conversant in. Yes. And uh, we'll be presenting those kind of ping-ponging back and forth to each other. Um, and what I know about what we've chosen so far, we each have things to say about the other person's game. So it mm -hmm. won't be like a straight-up book report. No, no. I mean arcades we've probably played at least two minutes of the game the other person's talking about I, i've played like oh, well, at least two minutes of everything in the local arcades oh yeah so <laughs> at all. um also i think somebody asked me about this on twitter um, i want to mention it um and and also we hadn't talked about this but i think it's a good idea um excluding pinball i think we yes. should do a whole episode on pinball oh yeah that's been in the hopper for a while and yeah. i didn't so, say hopper as a pun i'm sorry yeah <laughs> the the uh we'll, we'll be doing a pinball a whole pinball episode I don't see why not next year yeah. for our topics episode. We've been putting it off for a long time. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to be, I know that's a big part of the arcade experience, especially in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, but we're not going to be talking about that. Yeah. So, man, I'm excited for that. I've been getting into pinball, not like I, into pinball, like people get into pinball. I've been playing more of it and like learning to appreciate it. I, I haven't, but I've always wanted to. Yeah. So that, that's been on my list. Yep. You know, um, <laughs> flash forward to a year we're absolute parodies of ourselves. We're talking about the pacing of pinball <laughs> and, and, and we both just murder suicide. <laughs> it is, it is the, is the two of us spending hours making something for nobody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, 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 the intense pinball legion. We'll, we'll, uh, um, after that will be our, our response episode. Um, by the time you're hearing this, I think it is largely too late unless you're getting it on early release. Uh, I, um, I, yeah, probably largely too late. Yep. But um, we'll be talking about that. Yep. Uh, next month, we have a fun theme. Yeah, May is Better Together. So we're starting out with A Way Out, the newest mm -hmm. game by the team that yep. made that made Brothers. Mm -hmm. June. Oh, June. Oh, God, yeah. I'm timey-wimey, my friend. June. Yeah. June. Yep. Um, yeah, so we're doing A Way Out, as we mentioned. Um, we are doing Magicka. Mm -hmm. And we are doing uh, Earth Defense Force 4.1. Yes. Um, I've been researching Earth Defense Force. I haven't started playing it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, just to set an expectation, we're not going to do all the missions in that game. No, God there no. Are hundreds of them. So story yeah. mode, <laughs> story mode. It is. But I'm really looking forward to all three of those games. Yeah. Um, and that will be a good a good month to talk about different ways that co-op can articulate. And I think that you know we didn't necessarily do this that intentionally. I think all three of those games are really interesting ways that co-op can articulate. Yeah. Um. So we will uh we'll we'll talk about those different factors. Yeah. Oh. And we'll have July here figured out soon. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, yeah, if you want to dictate a month or dictate a game or just participate in polls and uh, kind of support us, the best way to do so is to go to patreon.com slash duck TV. That's People what have been very did. supportive lately. Yes, they have. Good. Thank you. Really do appreciate it. So hello, new patrons. Uh, thank you very much. Um, if you are unable to do that, uh, you can also rate and review the show on iTunes or talk about us on message boards and blogs. Mm -hmm. We see uh, that because we are very small, petty people. Yeah, we do. I, I like to see when people are, are, you know, saying nice things or mm -hmm. not nice things. I always like to know. Um, also, and I'm not going to spam this, but I'm going to say it probably on this episode and probably on the next one. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a new book. If you go to uh, duckfeedtv.store, uh, you can buy Atomic, uh, my second novel. Yeah. So, uh, think Souls of Darkness, except this time it is Fallout. Yes. Yep. It is a, an XP 
to use TV Torps terms again, of uh, the Fallout universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a weird book. I hope that <laughs> people are just now getting it. I haven't heard a lot of feedback, so hopefully people like it. Yeah. Um, it is. I think it is weirder than Souls of Darkness. So um, hopefully in a good way. And Souls of Darkness was already inexplicable. Yeah, Souls of Darkness was I set out to make a book I couldn't explain to my mom. <laughs> then my mom died before I had to do it. So, yeah, you, you, like, you set out to make a book that is impossible for me to describe at a table where I'm selling it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I have a very hard time doing it myself. Even so, it is a it's a series of yeses. Like, do you remember this? Do you remember this? Have you played this? And can you imagine this? Like, it is. Uh, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited to uh, to get that into people's hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So that is a place you can get that, and you can get my old book, um, which supplies are starting to become limited. So just if you're looking for a Souls of Darkness, yeah. and that was the time. And the way these things work, print runs are uh, difficult to do. So yeah, it's, it's really expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't, I'm not saying I'll never do a second print run of it, but mm-hmm. I need to have a spare. You know, just I'll let you in on the economics of it. I need to have about a spare two grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, just floating around yeah. and uh, I'm not in an economic space where I just have two grand floating around that I can dole back out to myself over the course of like four years. Right. <laughs> so like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not there yet. So right. the, um, you know, it will be a long time. Uh, digital versions will always be available. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, with digital version and uh, some printer and ink, you can make your own version on yeah. uh, eight and a <laughs> half by 11 paper. <laughs> and then you'll get a cease and desist. Yeah. And then my, my team of lawyers, which are the reason why I can't afford the second print run, <laughs> can devour you like a hair dragon. So, yeah. Uh, also want to tell people we do video content as well on Twitch and oh, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, uh, so twitch.tv slash duckfeed TV and youtube.com slash duckfeed TV to see all of those. Yeah. Keep an eye, keep an eye out on that. Like a lot of, a lot of stuff pops up. Yeah. So, um, you know, free, frequent updates. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that's probably about it. I think so. Uh, so thank you again, Stephen. Thanks to everybody who listened. And uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Watch out for Gusset Cam. It's coming for you. <laughs> it's very, very dark. It's very dark. <laughs>